I think you all know what you're getting into here. Jim and Eric will spoil this week's DC books and make everyone realize how awful they are. Nothing new, but they are not very imaginative. Enjoy. Finally, monsieur, a wafer thin mint. Bah. Oh, sir, it's only a tiny little thin one. Ah, oh, fuck off, I'm full. Oh, sir. Hmm? It's only a wafer thin. Yeah, I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Just getting back from Subterranea, where we were kicking it live with our boy Ukar, your duo of dysfunction are here to lay down all that sweet, sweet DC Comics info on that ass. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is Weird Out Loud, episode number 41. 41. That's not as impressive as 40. No, it's not. Yeah, you, you're coming out like a, a shot out of a cannon there. You like that? Boy, I don't know what you're drinking or taking or whatnot, but uh, I have a lot of caffeine here for myself because I am tired. <laughs> you're always but, tired yeah well i'll start this off as usual by telling you that we are the official unofficial podcast of the weird science comics blogged up what what i just messed it up didn't i yes you did what did, what did i just say i have no idea i don't know either i wrote it out but i wrote it out really odd i'm already out of it Eric. we <laughs> are the official unofficial podcast of weird science dc comics blogged up blogspot.com that's what it's it the is best. Right? we don't even know our site oh <laughs> my god i started reading it i think i i'm having a stroke we gotta well, make a I real site I, I went, yeah i combined it with that our, our site with the comics podcast network and oh hey, we're proud goodness. members of that too yes we are proud members of the comics podcast network and i want to tell you Eric. Uh, when we started this podcast, most people would think that we started it because we are fans of comics. That's not true. That wasn't true for me. That's why we I was started say, the site. I, that's why I thought. You no, know. <laughs> that's why we started the site. I think that you would agree that we're both very, very big fans of podcasts. Oh, yes. In fact, you search out for podcasts all the time. You want new podcasts. You are like insatiable with your love of podcasts. Well, things that interest me, at least. And yeah. I was listening to a couple this week because you kind of got me inspired. I have about five that I listen to normally. Right. And you kind of got me inspired because you're like, I was looking for this. I can't find it. And when you say that, I want to prove you wrong and find like <laughs> 20 great ones. But I found a couple and I, I'm starting to see a trend where these podcasts always start off and everybody has to impress people with these titles. Oh, and what I'm like saying, American Sweetheart? Uh, well, no. Uh, like, <laughs> like I was going to tell you beforehand, you t- you have to announce me as editor-in-chief. That's um, what I want. And you can I be the be, showrunner? You son of a bitch. Yes, you can. <laughs> but yeah, I, I listened to a couple, and it's like there's 10 people on this podcast, and it's like there's editor-in-chief. I'm the vice president. I, oh, it drives me nuts. I, I don't know why. It, it sounds very pretentious to me. Right. Which, you know, we're pretentious ourselves, and I get, I get very angry when other people are more pretentious than us. But I also want to mention, last weekend, we had a, um, I don't, it wasn't a long podcast, it was getting near the four-hour mark. Right. No, I, nobody complained about the length this week in the mail, so I'm, I'm thinking that's a sweet spot. Right. But near the end, it was probably, what, around 2.30, 3 probably. o'clock? Probably, it was getting there. It was getting really late, and we came back from our last break. <laughs> And you really sounded like you were dying. Like I couldn't hear you. I, in fact, I think I started to do a little pep talk for you. I was trying to get you fired up. 
and it wasn't working, Eric. It didn't work, and I just want you to explain what really was <laughs> happening because you were tired. We were both tired. Yes, very tired. That wasn't the that wasn't the problem though. Not at all. Around like I think we're talking about cyborg at that point. I don't. I, I don't think, think I even was. told I you this. Great. Yeah. Uh, no, you didn't tell me until like two days later. I think. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. But uh, in the middle of Cyborg, I could have sworn that I heard somebody bang against my wall. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm yelling about comic books, and somebody's pissed off. So I'm like, so, um, yeah, Cyborg was really good, right? Yeah, Uh, now you're like, and uh, Cyborg, it was like your intro reading. (laughs) And you were fumbling through it as normal, but you were really down. Well, half the thing I was trying to— Come on, we got to get going here. We're going to get going. I was trying to hear if there was any more bangs. I had my headphones you, you on. And I don't know if I heard this, it or not. You couldn't tell anybody this. You just kind of went with it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I wanted to get through. I was tired. Yeah, I was too. That's why Pressing I, through, hopefully, baby. Hopefully tonight we will do it very, very quickly. But we're actually going to do two days. We're going to do some tonight, some tomorrow, uh, just to make it a little bit longer, I guess, and make it a little more uh, able to deal with. We're going to take some enhancement pills for this one, folks. I have right now. I have a coffee. I have That's what I'm talking about. a gridlock. Mm-hmm. Were you talking about Viagra? Yeah, something. Here, Make I'm going to open the gridlock. Boom. And I have a five-hour energy, which I'm about to take. Um, but also, I'm going to mention to you, we're going to change up the format a little tonight. People will realize this if they're long-time listeners, which there's some people out there, Eric. There's got to be you know, a handful. All from Australia, I think. I don't know why, but they love us there. We are big in Australia. I think they like your impersonations. Reggie actually suggested a little bit of a a change, and we're going to try it out. So it's a little game. You can figure out what the change is. You don't like it. It's Reggie's fault. That's right. That's why I mentioned it. I don't (laughs) want to be blamed. You yell at Reggie, which, you know what, Eric? Reggie's going to get yelled at later in the listener mail. Is he now? Finally. Whoo-wee, Reggie. Can you strap yourself in and get ready? But the other thing Reggie said is he's been pushing to have a woman on the podcast since the start. <laughs> he really wants to have, and his whole thing is it needs a woman's voice. And he's talking to me about this, and right before I could mention anything back to him, he said, and Dan doesn't count. <laughs> Eric, I was already on the line with Dan. I wanted him back. <laughs> Dan's also mentioned a couple times in listener mail. The guy hasn't been on the podcast for almost one and a half, uh, like a, a month and a half, right? Yeah, something like that. He really made an impression. <laughs> I don't know if it's the impression you want to make. an impression it was. And are you ready with your sound effects? You are the sound effects guy. You're the official sound effects man of Weird Science, right? I guess. All right. Well, Eric, we're going to start off now with the news. All right, news. I'm Jenny. I'm Forrest. Forrest Gump. From that day on, we was always together. Jitty and me was like peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. <laughs> that's that's the news. Let's see. I actually, I did. Did you know, know that they were like peas and carrots? I did know they were like peas and carrots. I oh. didn't know what you were going to play for the news, <laughs> but you did say you had a news sound effect, and that's what we get. A very poorly uh, recorded Forrest Gump. Was it poorly? Oh. oh, I couldn't hear a thing it said. All I heard was peas and carrots. Uh, Eric, <laughs> speaking of peas and carrots, that's like me and you. Me and you go together like Brussels sprouts and peanut butter. All right, here's the news, Eric. The first news, uh, you told me about this. This was uh, later on in the week, and I don't know how much we have to say about it, but DC Comics announced that they have color coloring book variant covers in January. <laughs> hey, guys, <laughs> we need to save a buck. We can't pay colorists I said, month. when you told me this, I'm like, so what, they don't, they don't want to pay the colorists? And we laughed. <laughs> and then I also said, are anybody going to get these? Like, are anybody going to take these home and actually color them? I could see you laying there, kicking your feet, twirling and your I'm hair. And I'm a terrible colorer. Yeah, I'm not very good either. Do you, when I color, 
I always get the, the line and like say it's going to be blue and I put the blue on the outline first and then I color it in. Do you do that? No, it's very basic where I just color it in. Yeah, also you could probably see while I do when I used to color, you could see where I just lost any sort of, you know, effort involved. I've, I'm done with I'm that. actually quite jealous because my friends, Rich and Merrily, when they were married, they used to get those big things at like art, like uh, art stores and shit where you like you take something and you color it in. They used to like get uh, frame it and shit like that. And they had a bunch of these all over their wall, and they looked amazing. They were so good at this thing, and thought, and I bought one. Terrible. Damn. I'm like, I threw it out immediately. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, merrily, huh? I thought I was the sound effects guy. <laughs> now I am. Uh, but yeah, here's the best part. I got this, I believe, from News The write-up is, following the recent surge in popularity for coloring books. Oh, yeah? Big old surge in coloring (laughs) books? DC will have uncolored line art variant covers for 25 of its titles in January. The recent, who the hell gets this recent surge (laughs) in popularity? They have like a, oh my God, coloring books are up. Let's get it. DC is on the the pulse of the comic book community and the (laughs) coloring book community as well, Eric. All right. Um, Anything else you have to say about this? Nothing at all. (laughs) All right. The next piece of news is that Batman returns actor to reprise his role in Gotham. Mm. And that would be one Paul Rubens, Eric. You mean that Pee Wee Herman? I know Pee Wee Herman. Remember the one person at work didn't know who Pee Wee Herman was? And we got really upset. What is she, 22, 23? She doesn't even know what Columbine is. Yeah, really. uh, Everybody should know who Pee Wee is. But Paul Rubens will be reprising his Batman Returns role in an upcoming episode of Fox Gotham. Revealed during a panel at New York Comic Con, Rubens originally played Oswald Cobblepots, a.k.a. the Penguin's father. Here's goes Robin Lord Taylor. Pee-wee Herman is playing my dad, said Robin Lord Taylor, who plays Oswald Cobblepot in Gotham. I had the immense pleasure of meeting Paul Rubens the other day, and I've been a lifelong Pee-wee Herman fan. And I'm sure you know he played Oswald's father in Batman Returns. I don't know if a lot of people know that, actually. Thanks for just repeating the story there. Lord Taylor told Newsarama, I would just love it if we could establish Oswald's parents and have him be Paul Rubens. That'd be incredible. Well, you get your wish there. Lord Taylor. I'm saying, isn't Carol Kane already his mother in that? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they'll just, they have Pee Wee. Pee Wee. So you got Carol Kane and Pee Wee. I think Helen, Helena Bottom Carter played his mother in the uh, Batman Returns. Really? She I want to say too, so. She seems too uh, young for that. God, maybe I'm wrong then, but I'm pretty sure it was her and Paul maybe, Rubens. Maybe you should parents. do some research, Eric. Maybe I should. Not just spout off things. I said or maybe. You just sit there and go, hell, hell yeah. Smoke like a badass. What uh, What are your other catchphrases? Boosh. Boosh. They're all great, Eric. They're Thank all you. great. You are on top of your game tonight. The next bit of news is actually like a five-part piece of news. This is the big thing of the week. Uh, I just put it that big things are coming in January, Eric, and I'm not right. talking about you in the sack. The first Absolutely part, not. I know, I've heard rumors and seen I've told you I, I'm and showed say, you. I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, Green Lantern Edge of Oblivion was the first book announced uh, this week that actually the biggest one right. and that's DC has announced a new series titled Green Lantern Edge of Oblivion to begin in January serving as a continuation of Green Lantern Lost Army writer Tom Taylor and veteran Green Lantern artist Ethan Van Skyver taking over on the adventures of the John Stewart led Lost Lanterns. Uh, yeah, I, I told you this was going to happen, so stick it, Eric. Yeah, I think that's a great creative team to do yeah, it, Yeah, it is, it is. Um, like I said, Tom Taylor, the he did Injustice and also Earth, Earth too. too. And it's weird because I love him. I think he's great. Now, again, 
I read Injustice. And yes. Injustice, if it's anything, it's supposed to be big and freaking bold. I don't know, explosive. Over the top? Over the top. And he kind of started getting um, criticized for that near the end. Not on not on just Injustice, but also Earth 2, I think. Yeah. And it was weird. He kind of got pegged as this guy. But then once he left and went to Marvel, everybody <laughs> started missing him. It's like that Cinderella song, Eric. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And people were yelling and screaming, well, it looks like he's back. And it was when he left, we kept saying, hey, it sucks. He, uh, he never was exclusive. It no. just seemed like he was pissed and just left. And he's back. He's back in a big way. But uh, this continues. The series begins with Jon Stewart-led Green Lantern Corps still seeking a way home, but with the universe around them on the verge of total collapse. Along the way, they'll face dying gods, worlds torn asunder, and a desperate group of survivors whose only hope is this brand, uh, band of ring-bearing cosmic heroes. And that, again, I, I can't say to you, man, that sounds awesome. You know why? Because that's Lost Army. And I, kind we, of. It's, nothing's it's, happened in Lost well, Army. Well, what I'm saying is this would be this could be the exact solicit at the beginning or the announcement for Lost Army. We haven't right. gotten anything. Um, a lot of people seem a little disappointed, not disappointed with this, but kind of irritated that it's like, oh, you canceled Lost Army and then you rebranded as this. That's a, you know. But what are they going to do? They want the book to sell, and it's yeah. not selling horribly. Um, but I think they really want more for it, and it's not going anywhere. And they got to get their lanterns back in their own universe. Yeah, I just think that it's one of those like, hey, we we need a new creative team. We might as well just go. And I I don't know, could it? I think be... Cullen Bunn has bit off a little bit more than he could chew. With well, all the that's books what I'm saying. I, I think that it's probably one of those where Cullen Bunn's like, okay, yeah, I'll step I'll step back from this. And it would seem like if you would just go, okay, we have a new creative team after this amount of books that it would seem worse than just rebranding it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like, oh, we, you know, just, I don't know. Uh, I had said I'd read something in, in on um, one of the sites that actually people were arguing about this rebranding or whatever you would call it. And they said that, somebody said, oh, this is something Marvel does all the time. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I don't think I, I'm not big on Edge of Oblivion. <laughs> the title, it just seems odd. You said it sounded like a, a straight-to-video yeah. freaking movie. But, again, I don't mind, and I love Tom Taylor. Well, we're talking I love about one of the men's We're talking about one of those rip-off movies that tries to be, like, yeah. take the big movies out there and just, yep. like, repurpose it, like uh, Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow. Yep, the kids I like those. Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Edge of Oblivion. There you go. We'll, we'll get all those kids, transmorphers. Uh, but, yeah, I sent a note to either Van Skyber, who actually we follow each other on Twitter, and I said, hey, uh, congratulations, sounds great. And he says, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks nice. a lot. Thanks a lot, Ethan. He's still mad that you sweat all over him. You were sweating all over uh, that freaking wizard world in Philadelphia. What a freaking jerk. And, it was hot. And remember, he was selling things that you wanted to be, you wanted your part signed for free. Well, yeah. You're a cheap ass. No, it's not, it doesn't cost anything to freaking have him sign it. I just didn't want to buy the rest of it. I just had it there in my hand. Jerk. That's what he's there. That's what, that's where they make their money. Such a jerk. The next Did you thing, go? No, uh, no, I didn't no, go. You know why? Go. Because I know that when you go to those wizard worlds, all you're doing is paying to get into a place to spend more money. So, so I know you're it. No, I'm for saying I know money. it. So I'm not going in there and trying to get free shit. I'm not getting That's free shit. You. Having I'm a guy, sure you I were talk... begging people all over the place, begging people for money, asking people for like guys eating a hamburger, you're asking if you, you could take a bite. That is you, and you know it. Yeah, it is. Uh, the next bit, bit is uh, also Tom Taylor news. They announced earlier in the week, and this broke from Newsarama. I think they actually broke the news, and they said Tom Taylor and Robson Roca 
are the new creative team on Batman Superman. Right. And I said to you that it doesn't seem right. It no. really doesn't. It says, because uh, they kept mentioning this tweet that Tom Taylor had put out, like, hey, I'm doing a super Batman Superman story. That's all he said. Yeah. Oh, new creative team. And it's not really announced fully yet, but he is doing, Tom Taylor and Robinson Broker contributing a three-issue arc of Batman Superman starting in January with issue number 28. It says this three-part epic is an untold tale from Bruce and Clark's early crime-fighting careers, a.k.a. the New 52, Eric. As Batman and Superman are pitted against a menace that will not only test their partnership, but their friendships as well. And uh, this is pre-Truth and Endgame New 52 characters, they say. Yes. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I. And, of course, if you're going to guess that possibly issue 27 ends all this nonsense with the, the truth and things yeah. like that, that there's only a couple. This would be a nice, like, palate cleanser uh, between <laughs> this and some new you art. You really don't like the truth, do you? No, I hate it. But it, <laughs> this would be a great way. You, you finish this, you know, you finish that nonsense, and then you do this 28, 29, 30. Just kind of get everybody back and then see what happens after that and possibly a, a creative team change. And possibly, if it goes well, Tom Taylor and Robinson Roker would be on it. I'd love it if they were on it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, it's it, going to be fun enough. I kind of gave up on Batman Superman. The only reason I read it anymore is for the podcast. Yeah, I, I think the only weird thing is is that this kind of is going to blend in a lot with, like, say, JLA and also uh, a little bit possibly, well, no, not really the Lois and Clark we're going to talk about, but it's, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I like these fun little stories, Eric. So do I. I like fun little stories. And here's one that's going to be a fun little story. They also announced Swamp Thing is indeed coming out. And we had talked about this. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And Swamp Thing. And I was wrong. I had said to you that they hadn't announced a artist. They had before. It was Kelly Jones. And the reason I realized this is because Kelly Jones was the same artist that was on the Convergence title with Len Wein. Right. So it makes sense. But uh, And we love that. Yeah, I did. And uh, the one thing about this before I go on that, that struck me a little while I was reading it, does not mention anything about this being a six-issue mini. And um, You trying to break some news, sucker? I think so, because it really points that out in the Poison Ivy that I'll talk about next. This does not say it. It says, uh, here we go, it says an ongoing series. Uh, following the announcement at San Diego Comic-Con, January debut, an all-new Swamp Thing series written by legendary co-creator Len Wein, with art by comics icon Kelly Jones. In this ongoing series, Swamp Thing receives an ominous warning and finds himself under attack from the forces of dark magic. There, These are more than just your average dark monsters, magic. however. Dark magic, the worst yeah, kind of magic. It is the worst. And if that's not enough, there's something much worse looming on the horizon for Alec Holland. Now, that's that's actually the official uh, announcement from DC. You think it's going to be all DCU about it and like not be in continuity with the previous Swamp Thing arc? I don't know. I don't think it'll be completely, no. I don't think they're going to have, like, the, the machine and, and all that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We're going to have to see. I'm interested in seeing it. I'm also interested that it does seem to be ongoing. And that, you know. We really like Swamp Thing, so I'm yeah, happy to have it yeah, back. Yeah, I love Swamp Thing. It didn't sell well. and But it's one of those where it has a core following that, you know, they'll buy it. Probably, my guess is after a couple issues, it'll be down to the 19 area that it was before. <laughs> And especially because you had um, uh, Scott Snyder and Charles Soule on it, the yeah. two great writers, and that still couldn't sell it. So I'm hoping Lem Wein 
does well because I really did like the Convergence uh, title, and I love Kelly Jones's art on it. Yeah, it was but really yeah. dark and worked really well yeah, with the greens. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I know next... that's more of a coloring thing, but still, yeah. it just works really yeah. well. Yeah. The next bit is uh, Poison Ivy Circle of Life, which I think you agreed to review, right? No, I don't think I did. I think Joel agreed to review it. Joel or Reggie. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> We're going to slide it on to that. <laughs> also announced that San Diego Comic Con and revealed during a panel at last week's New York Comic Con was Poison Ivy Cycle of Life and Death, written by Amy Chu with art by title. Clay Mann. In this six-issue miniseries, Dr. Pamela Isley joins the prestigious plant sciences department at Gotham Botanical Gardens. But when a fellow scientist is murdered and it looks like the work of Poison Ivy, what happens next, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> what happens what next happens is next I remember, I remember seeing Clay Man at the Wizard World this past uh, June or Mar- May, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Some, I was not familiar with his work, but I think he did some stuff on Batgirl before, and yeah. I really liked it. So, yeah. I know what happens next. I give the first issue a seven out of ten and get run out of town with pitchforks and things. And the next bit, this continues. A bunch of books were announced. Next one is the Legends of the Legend of Wonder Woman. And DC says January also brings new digital first series featuring the Amazon warrior princess herself. Wonder Woman. The legend of Wonder Woman isn't, it says that in, Wonder Woman is capitalized with an exclamation point there. The legend of Wonder Woman is a nine issue digital series written and illustrated by Renee Delis, Delis with inker colorist Ray Dillon. And the begin, this is how they explain it. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, there was only chaos, but hip. <laughs> Say it. Come on, baby. You can do it. I always pronounce it wrong when I think. Baby steps, man. Come Hippolyta. on, sound it out. Hippolyta. 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 I almost said, I always doubt myself. <laughs> oh, jeez. But Hippolyta, queen of the Amazon, sees a better future, and eventually her daughter is destined to bring that new world to life. But before her ultimate destiny is revealed, Diana Themyscira must learn the important lessons of an Amazonian childhood, Eric. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm not very interested in this. Um, it's like Wonder Woman, the college years. Yeah, yeah, really. It does not sound very good to me. Uh, it's like Fuller House. Uh, Stand by bit, me, Did, did I put the next bit in your notes, or did I add that afterwards? I don't uh, know. Uh, it's unknown whether The Legend of Wonder Woman will be considered in continuity with the main DC Universe, but The Hollywood Reporter reported this <laughs> book will fulfill a need for a standalone origin story for the character coinciding with March's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice movie in which the character will appear. Oh, that fucking pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. I saw this. Uh, like again, I was looking at different versions of this story. What Wonder and... Woman doesn't need is another goddamn origin story. I know. I, I just this doesn't sound very good to me. I like the new Fifty Twos. It worked. It made sense. I dug it. It was fun. Let it be. Yeah, and and got in, it. in this digital realm, you have the um, Wonder Woman seventy seven, which I yep. really enjoy. But obviously, they either don't want to press that too much to get it uh, to a point like Batman sixty six got a little tired. Right. Um, and then they have Sensation Comics. It kind of goes back and forth. Sensation Comics actually came back this past Thursday. And, nobody uh, knows. No, nobody knows. Nobody ever knows. Uh, but, yeah, to throw this in again, just it seems weird. We we had talked before the different um, digital books that we wanted, maybe Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Superboy. We, there's so yeah, many I, other options. I don't know what they would have to do to get a hold of Tim Burton, do a Batman 89. Yeah, you want that. that would and be continue cool. his world after Batman Returns. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It'd be amazing. Now, yeah, I'm saying it might be shit in the long run, but I just want yeah. to see what that world would have looked like if the series would have continued under Tim Burton's helm. That would be pretty cool, I think. 
(laughs) But yeah, in the um, all of this, still have not heard anything about Metamorpho, Sugar and Spike, Metal Men, Raven, or Firestorm. Firestorm, come on! I know. Well, the solicits will probably drop. The solicits for January will probably come out. uh, I'd say Tuesday, somewhere around. Yeah, somewhere next week. And maybe some of these will be announced, or maybe we go Monday and another couple are announced. Or we but find out funny. that they don't want to put the money out for them. Yeah, they well, drop them. Like I said, the only thing that's f- funny about this, well, there's nothing really funny about it, but what I think what you said, these are the two books we said would definitely come out. We said to each other, Swamp Thing will be out, Poison Ivy will be out, but all the rest are like they're kind of up in the air. And, and I'm really uh, surprised they're not doing what they did with Katana and Dead. Uh, Deadshot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, That'd be a great double book, Swamp Thing, Poison Ivy. Yep, but I guess they figure these two will be able to sell. And again, there's, there's that other thing that Swamp Thing actually looks like an ongoing. So yeah, we got that we'll go as well. That. Um, yeah, but Eric, that is the news. Oh, that's that, the news. That was quick. We were right on it. We are going, and uh, next, where this is one of the shifts, we're going to go right to Reggie's recklessness. Now oh, that shit. he doesn't have a mail to send in and yell at me about things. Uh, we'll go <laughs> Make to you pronounce words. I know, like Hippolyta, Hippolyta. Hippolyta you I know, I'm just going to say it all the time. Every time I know it's Hippolyta, and every time I go, no, I, I know I say it wrong, and I go against myself. Hippolyta wasn't in, uh, what's it called, Clash of the Titans way back when. No, that's where she I wasn't. learned. That's where I learned all of my mythology, Eric, <laughs> from, from freaking Clash of the Titans. Um, yeah, we're going to go Reggie's Recklessness. He's actually going to talk a little TV shows. We don't oh, talk. Cool. We, we talk. We want to get Jody. Jody does the TV show reviews on the site, and we wanted to get him involved with maybe doing like a five-minute thing on what he thought of each show, mainly Gotham, Arrow, and Flash right now. And Supergirl coming out in a couple yeah, weeks. And he's a busy man. So he said that he's going to try to do it, so maybe we'll have that a uh, couple weeks from now. But we'll see. But instead, Reggie's going to talk, and he, he said that what he's going to tell people is Arrow and Flash rule and Gotham drools, Eric. <laughs> Which kind of what we, that's what he told me, and we kind of agree with that. Yes, so you I do. Have just started kind of watching Gotham more. I fell off again already. Did you already? Two yeah. two episodes you watch, right? Yep. Now you're off. Oh Jesus Christ! Maybe three. I don't know anymore. All right. Well, let's take it away, or you take it away, Reggie. enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Boring. The 2015 television season has just begun, and we've seen the first few episodes of our beloved returning programs adapted from DC properties, Arrow, Flash, iZombie, and Gotham. Many of us, myself included, eagerly await the debut of Supergirl on CBS in one week. I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it because Greg Berlanti, producer for Arrow and Flash, has been successful in creating entertaining shows around core DCU concepts in the last few years. I mean, he introduced a network television audience to the concept of the multiverse in last week's episode of The Flash, which comics fans know means a team-up between Barry Allen and Captain Carrot must be just around the corner. My enthusiasm for shows like Arrow and Flash 
as well as my waning enthusiasm for Gotham, and I must confess to not having watched iZombie as yet, evinces what these shows do correctly, how they scratch the comic book itch while simultaneously appealing to my wife, who is not a thorough comics enthusiast. And they may teach some important lessons about storytelling and licensed characters that DC Comics publishers can heed. I can recall when Marvel Studios' Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, came out. A retailer at my local comic shop exuberantly exclaimed his love for the movie because it adhered to the comic book slavishly. I love Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. Indeed, I think it is the best of all Marvel Studios' movies by a fair margin. But it isn't because they used the originating comic arc as a Bible, a series of storyboards that could be translated to screen exactly. Go look at the comic and compare it to the movie. There are many similarities. The film is certainly respectful of the printed work, but they are not the same. The movie's plot has been tightened and rejiggered so as to be meaningful not only to viewers unfamiliar with Captain America's illustrated history, but to create an insular tale that doesn't need a whole lot of supporting information. Sure, if you watch the first Captain America, you're familiar with who Steve Rogers is. If you watch the Avengers movie... You're more knowledgeable about some of the characters and concepts that Cap comes in contact with. But you don't need to know any of that. You can watch Captain America 2 Winter Soldier and make perfect sense of it. And better yet, you may be genuinely entertained. The Oliver Queen in Arrow resembles the Oliver Queen in DC Comics in very few ways. Indeed, most comics fans have rightly suggested that it's more of a teen Bruce Wayne show than anything Green Arrow. I suspect that's more true than Warner Brothers is obligated to reveal. That turning Oliver into a sort of ad hoc Batman is as best as can be expected when there's a Batman-related show on Fox television and another Batman entirely about to debut in the upcoming film Batman vs. Superman. Once you start listing the similarities between Arrow and core Batman concepts, you can't stop. Suffice to say... Green Arrow has not been known to have a computer-bound woman dispensing intel to a group of vigilantes armed with kung fu prowess and a batch of gadgets used to dispense with super-powered villains, while a certain orphan billionaire Dracula has. But Berlanti did better than to slap a domino mask and archer's bow on Batman and call it a day. He created an amalgam character that embodies the obsessive need for control of Bruce Wayne with the hopefulness and naivete of Oliver Queen. And better yet, over three seasons, Berlanti has grown television's Oliver Queen into something wholly separate from the comic book versions of either Ollie or Bruce. Someone who stands on his own in a fleshed-out world that draws inspiration from the DC Universe, but has its own flavor on the small screen. The Flash is by far the more comic bookish of the two television shows. Besides the titular character having superhuman abilities, there are more trappings familiar to fans of the comic series. Much of Arrow's supporting cast was created specifically for the program, while The Flash came with a cast of characters at least nominally familiar from the comics. But when you start to pick it apart, the Berlanti version diverges from the printed version sharply. Iris West has never been Barry Allen's adoptive sibling in any continuity. Cisco Ramon does not work for Star Labs and, for that matter, Neither does The Flash. As the differences stack up, you see a formula that shouldn't sense the continuity-obsessed comics enthusiast, but by and large, this doesn't seem to be the case. I believe it's because, at its core, 
The television flesh embodies the same selflessness, the same wide-eyed belief in justice and the inherent goodness of people, so much so that an entire hour could be built around his mistrust of Jay Garrick in the most recently aired episode, because we have come to know Barry as someone who is outwardly optimistic. This is what we call character-building people. When we see a character do certain things or behave in certain ways consistently over a period of time until we feel that we know them. Whether or not the people and events on the show mirror those in the comics is irrelevant, because those on television are well curated and can stand strong alone. Contrast that to Gotham, a show that I may not continue watching depending on scheduling conflicts. The premise seemed interesting enough. Bruce Wayne... James Gordon and the cast of Gotham City long before Batman hit the scene, right after Bruce witnessed his parents' death, in fact. To be sure, a total adherence to comics continuity would make this a fairly bland police procedural, considering the Dark Knight's rogues gallery didn't manifest until, well, until Batman did. Here was an opportunity to create a story independent and irrespective of the comic book, something wholly new using the most basic building blocks of the four-color funny book. But from the outset, Gotham has played with the sensibilities of Batman comics fans while garnering no goodwill from the uninitiated viewer. There always seems to be a nod and a wink about who a character might become down the line, or some kind of call-out to a bit of Batman arcana that isn't germane to the episode. Most recently, they played a is-he-or-isn't-he game with the character implied to be a proto-Joker, but it was unceremoniously killed near the end of the program. So I guess that he won't be the Joker, but more importantly, who gives a shit if someone is going to be the Joker? If he's not infecting Gotham's citizens with laughing fish, then I don't really care about his sadistic tendencies before he became the Clown Prince of Crime. Same goes for the Riddler, depicted now as Edmund Nigma, sniveling clerk working the stacks at Gotham City Police Department. We've been building to this budding madness for a full season now, and I'm to the point I don't really care about this creepy guy with poor social skills that keeps mumbling to himself. I could get that from the guy in my office mailroom. I don't need to watch Gotham for this. It seems like the show is predicated upon teasing us with what might happen down the line, probably long past the series has been cancelled. And this strikes me as a poor thing upon which to base any work that hopes to grab its consumer in the present. Frankly, the comics could take a cue from Berlanti's vision. DC has subjected itself to several reboots over the years, but often they fall short of being new and unique by keeping one foot in established continuity. There's a way to be respective of the works that came before without being devoted to them, and if you're going to bring Bart Allen into your newly created universe, but make him an unrepentant criminal asshole, then you have missed the point entirely. Characters are more than merely name recognition, they have principles and qualities that resonate with us, and when these elements are changed but the name maintained, then you have pleased no one. Berlanti seems to understand this, that we can have a Green Arrow that tussles with Batman villains or a Flash that works with a team of crime-fighting scientists because the core elements are in place. These characters are heroes. They behave heroically, and believe it or not, this is what people want to see in their stories about people that swing around the city rooftops or vibrate at super speed through solid brick walls. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Boring, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie, 
or in care of this podcast. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. All right, Eric, and now it is time for listener mail. All right, listener mail, Eric, your favorite part of the night, your favorite part My of favorite. the week, your favorite part of your entire life, and as we all say, life's getting kind of sad. It is. Your life is pretty sad. Uh, I'm gonna go play some Imagine X. Fuck Imagine this Imagine X. I thought you were gonna say like some video games or something. Imagine. You know, I don't play video Sit games. Sit there and talk. Give me a little voice that you give. If you were gonna play right now and you had the Riddler, what would be his voice? Give a little. Ah, voice. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never do. Give voices. me a penguin. Honestly, I just have them in my head, and I do it off the animated oh, really? series. You just go with it in your head. I don't oh, talk out loud. I don't head. want my girlfriend to really? think I'm more insane. Think, so you're just playing with toys silently seems more insane to me. (laughs) So I don't know what you're talking about. You know what else is insane? Trying to get a listener mail-in by any other means but email, Eric. Why? Everybody does that. That's what, no, I'm saying any other means. You you have to use the email. Damn right. Listen up. So if you want to get on listener mail, you have to uh, email us at weirdscience.com. DC Comics at gmail.com. The problem is I didn't write that down. I write everything I have to say down, like that sort of thing. And you saw what happened earlier. <laughs> everything gets messed up in my head. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to take it. Sound through. like that girl on Evine Live trying to give our address. Yeah, really. Oh, my God. That was the worst. I'm going to sip some uh, $5 energy, Eric. So uh, tell us a little about what uh, ImagineX you would like them to release. Uh, Parasite and Cyborg Superman. That'd be amazing. Keep going. I, I only take a sip. <laughs> Did this you stuff smoke? Goes, no, this stuff goes down very, very slow. It's Sounds go, like you're go. drinking Jaeger. It, it actually tastes a bit like that. But oh, that's what gross. Else? How can what you else? do that shit to yourself? What else do you want? Shazam, Batgirl, Supergirl. Come on, there's a whole big list. Red Hood. There's a bunch Did of stuff have a out Black there. Black Adam? No, Black Adam would be cool too. Come but on, if they had a Black Adam and no Shazam, they'd be um, stupid. I think that'd be hilarious. You know what I'd do? I'd have a Double par- pack them. <clears throat> I'd have a parasite and he'd have like a balloon around him. I hate you so and then much. he can blow him up when he gets other people's energy. You don't even understand what these toys are. Thank God I don't. I'm an old man, Eric. What the hell would I want to know about these toys? Jeez. The last Joyless toy, fuck. Last toy I, I think action figure I had, it was G.I. Joe. He had that freaking afro and the kung fu grip. I like that afro, though. Remember that one? Did you ever have that one? Like the the standard old GI Joe. And he the had big that, ones. Yeah, and he had that like really. Uh, I know the one you're talking about, but I'm I used to rub the hair against my chin and my Jesus my. Jesus uh, Christ! And I'm the weirdo. No, it felt good. Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. How good it feel? It felt great. What other fetishes you have? <laughs> it felt great, Eric. And then Fun I, boy. Then I dressed up in chaps and I started a, a video porn site. Ah, the first email is Your from... Your cam girl, Jim? <laughs> the first email is from DC Fanboy. And DC Fanboy wrote in last week and told us how much he liked the Flash... Re- oh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Said he liked Professor DC. Oh, okay. Uh, but he uh, wrote in again. Hey, guys, love the Professor again. And really am enjoying the podcast. One thing I have an issue with, Flash Reviews. I was going to say before, you're like, who said anything good about the Flash reviews ever? Again, we kind of, everybody kind of died off in this Flash reviews. I don't know if DC Fanboy has been listening uh, for a long time or if this is just his new thought. He thinks he's the first one who came up with it. <laughs> Why do you pick my favorite books to, uh, to feature in Flash reviews each week? Because we don't know you. I'm sure this week we'll have Batmite, you assholes. 
<laughs> Fuck off. Keep up the great work. Love DC fanboy. I don't know. I didn't write the full out outline error. Right. Batmite in the flesh reviews this week. Absolutely. Oh yes. Bat Batmite is the first one we said. Yep, Batmite's in number one because Reggie reviewed it on the site. Yes. Uh we didn't review it. So we will put it it's I'm telling you, when somebody else reviews it, you're lucky it's getting in the flash reviews because <laughs> me and you were lazy. If we can Very. get out of any work, we will. And in fact, today on the way home from work, uh we were not arguing but trying to pawn it off on the other guy. You kind of gave me the like, ah, so who's doing the Batmite in the Flash Reviews? I'm like, if I do Batmite in the Flash Reviews, I am the Flash Reviews, you jerk off. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know you are. And then you you won't even be involved. You'll just have me record it on my own. I'm going to sit back here, sip some soda pop, read my emails. Smoke like a badass. Won't Smoke I? like a badass. You jerk. Now, the next email is Chisanga. <laughs> And I have to admit, I got this early this morning going to work. And I was getting in my car. I saw I had an email. And before I got on, I get this email and I look. And I, I might be more pretentious than people calling themselves an editor-in-chief. <laughs> because I read this email and I really at first thought he was talking about me. And it makes no sense. Because he goes, hey, guys, do you think Jim is being given some of the Dionysium stuff from Endgame to recover from his beatings? And I'm telling you, at this point, I still think it's about Mir. I'm like, what What did we talk about last week? What, did I talk about getting beat up or something? And, I, and the other problem Jim Gordon, is, you asshole. Well, the other problem at this point, I hadn't read Batman. I read Batman this oh, afternoon. Right. So I'm like, huh, well I, well, I have been sick. And I've been, so maybe he's like making a joke that I took Dionysium. No, it's because you never listened to me. And I was hoping, I'm like, There's... maybe if I take Dionysium. Oh, I know. Then I realized, because you had told me. But Thursday I thought morning, to myself, told you all about it. Yeah, I thought maybe I, if I had Dionysium and I can kind of get it in my skull, I'll forget I ever met Eric. My life will be better and I'll work at the rec center, Eric. Working at the rec center. But yeah, it continues because from what happened. No one's going to let you around, children. Because from what happened at the beginning of this week's issue, he should easily be dead or in the hospital for months. What Agreed. do you guys think of his insane recovery speed? And yeah, I would say that Dionysium is a pretty good uh, option of what has happened. You just came in kind and said, of. you came in and go, yo. I was reading Batman, and Jim Gordon's got a, a freaking... He's Wolverine now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a freaking, what is it called? Healing factor. Healing factor. I was going to say recovery factor. Yeah, you're like, hey, he's got a healing factor. I'm like, really? Yeah. They never talk about it. It's there. We'll get to it when we get to Batman later yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's very odd. Very odd indeed. Well, let's go on. We have Manship. Manship has got some issues. We kind of uh, had a lot of fun with Manship and his <laughs> love of Jughead. He's waiting all his life, Eric. All his life for that jughead. <laughs> Manship goes, you mother truckers. This is an attempt to prove how wrong you two are. We already know that you guys are never right. Yes. Jughead may be an immature, lazy glutton who may or may not smoke too much weed and could be into dudes. I, I think he smoked weed. I never thought he was into dudes. But I was yeah. a young guy when I read that. Well, Jughead. I'm saying that's a reference to Chasing Amy. They talked about his uh, love for Archie, how they're fucking. Yeah, yeah I, I never thought that, though, as a young dude myself. What state is Riverdale in anyway? But for some of us who had trouble fitting in, Jughead was the character who we related with the most. Forsyth Pendleton Jughead Jones III must always have had that letter S on his shirt and is never without his trademark crown. Call this stupid and unrealistic if you want, but we all know some people like this, don't we? Here we go. Helmut Hans Gruber, Kremelkin, Gunther, Eric Shea Fourth. Most always had a comic character on his shirt, which is true, and it was never without his trademark headband. At one point, he wasn't. Now I'm actually rocking it right now. Are you? Yes, I am. Just for this email? 
No, I, in general, I put it on right before really? the podcast. You didn't even wear it to work today. It would have made me so happy. For those <laughs> not familiar with Eric Shea, Eric is an ongoing character from the weekly Weird Science comic blog spot blog post blog show. <laughs> Audio only. Jughead, uh, Jughead's first appearance was in Pep Comics number 22, 1941, along with his signature S and trademark crown. Hundreds of Jughead comics have been published over the years, but in 2015, Archie Comics just released Jughead number one with rave reviews that looked to be another hit for the Riverdale crew. Eric's first appearance is on the TV show Evine Live, 2015, with a signature Flash t-shirt. What? Correct, America. It was a Shazam T-shirt. It was a Shazam T-shirt. A guy at work got that upset, uh, mixed up too, right? Yeah. No way. Who was it? No, it was a girl at the bar one oh, night. Oh yeah, you told me that. No, at work you just yelled out. To and a I guy, tried to impress her. No, this at, is Shazam, baby. At work what you, you doing just later? yelled to a guy, Shazam, out of nowhere, because you <laughs> thought that I told you that this guy was in the Shazam. He had a Shazam T-shirt. Eric, this guy was a Hispanic guy that did not speak English, and you just pointed at mean, him and yelled not... Shazam. <laughs> And he, he got so scared. You and got the hell out of there. Ah, yes. A flash T-shirt and trademark headband. Unfortunately, this was Eric's last TV appearance to date, but something great happened that day. During the Batman J. Lee limited edition cover segment, Eric was joined by blog mogul James Clickbait Werner. With an extremely odd but highly negative chemistry, the two have taken off with their weird science comic blog spot blog post blog show. If Jughead is your thing, then you most likely will dig Eric Shea. I, I, I disagree. I like Jughead. However, if you can Fuck tolerate you. <laughs> Eric, then you probably will not like Jughead. Grab Jughead number one at your local comic shop, but you're probably better off ordering it online. See Eric, whoops, hear Eric on their weekly Weird Science comic show. Will Helmet Hans rip apart Scott Snyder's Batman again? Tune in to hear for yourself. Dead Man Ship. And Dead I, Man I, Ship's I, writing uh, like, uh, advertising copies there. I have to say, I have another correction here. No. Eric Shea's first television appearance was uh, in how? That's huh? wrong. He doesn't say first. He said that was your last. I knew you were going to say this. You just no. cannot. You can't wait to mention this other appearance. He said that was your last TV appearance. Never said it was about, your first. He talked about the first. No. He talked he about didn't. Jughead's first. Yeah, but he didn't say your first. Oh, yeah, he did say Eric's first yeah. appearance. You're right. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. It Here was, we go. It was a commercial for the Bethlehem Discovery Center's Halloween display, which I built. Oh. Back in 2000. Wait. Suck it. I was going to say, are you trying to find the crickets? I was desperately trying to find the <laughs> Oh, really? The Discovery Center. Yeah, the Bethlehem Discovery Center. Get mm. some culture, fuck. Yeah. yeah, that's great. The Discovery Center. All right, the next email is from Brandon. Brandon was a late email, too, Eric. I got it right before the podcast. Yeah, I don't even have this on my list. Brandon and... Uh, like I always do, Eric, he emailed us, and I emailed him right back and found out he's from Buffalo, and he's a uh, Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres fan. I don't think anybody was a There's Sabres fan. There's not many Sabres fans out there. Um, so is he new, your new pen pal now? Yeah. I actually even told him. I put P.S. Uh, Eric is not joking when he says that I hound people. And, <laughs> and listen, Manship, don't get, don't get jealous. What he says? What up, guys? Just I'm wanted to take to a drink here. <laughs> Just wanted to drop a few lines for you uh, to let you know you do get new fans too once in a while, even after the Batman Forty Four review and Twitter disaster. Oh, so bad! And I stumbled upon the site I think through Comic Book Roundup or Porn A Hole and found your reviews to be the most honest of what I was reading. See that, Eric? Yeah. There's people like you. 
They, I'm not honest, though. I, I think they mean you. I'm not honest. I make things up. By pure luck, I gave the podcast a try. Pure luck. He gave the podcast a try to make time pass at his box factory and found there are other people out there like me that read comics, have jobs like football, have a miserable mouth-breathing child, which I told him I have five, and women that drive them crazy, too. We call it love, right, guys? <laughs> you don't. No, not at all. I say, ew. Yeah, your girlfriend says she loves you when you either say gross or ooh. Yep. Anyway. I'm an adult. Anyway, I got back into comics last year after a long break since the late 90s, starting with Amazing Spider-Man 1 reboot, but I have gravitated more towards DC since then. Your advice, in quotes, has started me down new character paths I didn't think I'd uh, like, mostly Grayson and Nightwing, who I've never been a huge fan of despite being a giant Batman fan. I just always ignored Robin, all of them for the most part, but have a new interest or four in Dick, Jason, Tim, and Damien. Um, he's like you. He has a new interest in Dick, Aaron. So I guess you can say <laughs> you're doing your job despite what those hate-filled creators, inkers, pencilers, and letters now think of you. Sure, everybody hates us. And really, we're just trying to spread the word. It's because you keep emailing them. <laughs> spread the word. Yeah, every time they like, oh, God, we just got announced on a creative team that Jim Warner from Weird Science is going to send us a lame congratulations. Hey, guys, uh, what you doing? Hey, I got five I kids. To, I, you know that I'm always trying to... to push it into something else because I'm like, hey, Ethan Man Skyrim, hey, uh, I really look forward to it. I'm waiting for him to put something back like, yeah, we really have some great ideas for the Green Lantern. And I was going to like, oh, really? Like what? You had the whole conversation mapped out in your head beforehand? And it never works out. These guys are too (laughs) smart for me. Uh, He says, my pull list of late has been mostly the Batman titles, Superman titles, Justice League, and events of interest as well as still reading Spider-Man and following Secret Wars. Main title. But like I said, I'm going to start digging into the world of Grace and Nightwing, the Green Lanterns, and maybe one or two of the more or less popular, one or two of the more or less popular Gotham-based tales, which I would say for him right away, go Red Hood. I would as well. Right? That's what I'd say. Uh, he has a question, though. Where would you suggest someone starts to get an idea of the Green Lantern universe? This is all for you, Eric. New 52 starting point, a good jump uh, point, or do you have any better ideas? My library has a nice collection, so cost wouldn't be an issue. And what the hell is a White Lantern, and why are they so special, Eric? White Lanterns have like the, the ability of life. They can harness any of the emotional spectrum. Yep. Uh, where would you say he should jump in? Jump um, in. At, I was actually, it's a great question for tonight because I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on uh, Lois and Clark. No. But start out at the New 52 Green Lantern because as we find out in that book, shit is not as weak we thought it would be. Yeah. So you would just say for him, just start out New 52 Green Lantern. Yes, it picks up after uh, Darkest Night and Brightest Day, but it's still, it's okay. You, you'll pick up all the stuff in between. Okay. And like all the Simon Bass stuff and things like that. Oh, I love the Simon Bass stuff. I do too. That was one of my biggest things that I was excited about this new uh, thing with Tom Taylor, the new Green Lantern. Simon Bass is front and center. Front and center. Actually, back and center. Yeah, it's about time. And he continues. Keep up the good work. I I remember when that came out in Green Lantern. I can't remember which issue it was now when he was first introduced. And I'm like, I'm looking at the goddamn comic book cover. Because I think this is... Actually, I think if you, if you would uh, pin me to it, and the, the next email will say, I, I do not research, Eric, but I believe it came after the Zero uh, issue, or it was, I think it the, was. Like, or it was the Zero uh, issue. 
That could be, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's how it happened. They had the how with um, Sinestro, Sinestro that, uh, the before that, and then when that hit either the zero issue or the one right after, like, 13 or whatever. And Simon Bass became front was and center. Simon Bass, yes. And it was badass. Because, remember... uh, what, Hal and Sinestro were stuck in the dead zone, right? Yes. Yep. I See? Say, I who looking... needs research, Eric? I, look, I remember looking at the cover, though. I'm like, who the fuck is this piece yeah. of shit? Oh I don't want to read this even, guy. And I think what happened to you. Wearing a ski mask? Yeah, fuck you came him. into work and started explaining it to me. And I'm telling you, from the the initial bit, we were like, what the heck? And then it I really read it, It did man. seem kind of forced. Yeah. Like, it was really forced. Because remember, it was all about, like, terrorism. Oh, yeah, the guy was frigging from the Middle East. Yeah, and it seemed really awful. Like, it seemed bad, like, racist bad. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know where they're going with this. But, yeah, we, we fell read in love with them. It. And it's weird because I don't remember offhand people loving it. As much as we did, we weren't People reviewing it at that point. Best. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But then when he left, there's been just a cry for him to come back since. As it, I as it went, yeah. Oh yeah, people are always yelling for him. That's why he, people. Have I been thought we were like, like no, was, I, I see it all the time. Us. In fact, when this book uh, was announced, I saw certain uh, websites and I'd see in the things. Everybody's excited to Simon Bass being back. That's awesome. Yeah, but he says, keep up the good work. Brandon from Eternal Comment Section. And yeah, that's where he had uh, commented on Batman and Robin Eternal. And I told him, hey, you comment on, you better write an email. And he did. Okay, see, I saw that. I had no idea what it meant. Yeah, P.S. In your backlog of podcasts, what the hell is... Oh, this is great. Uh, P.S. In your backlog of podcasts, what the hell is up with that Dan? I think his name is. The Apple fanboy. He's awful. <laughs> and I actually told him, when I emailed him back, I said, thanks uh, for writing this, and we are going to slip it into the 19th. We're about to record, but I'm going to put it in, and uh, we'll answer all your questions, especially Dan. And Dan is no longer with us. Dan hasn't been in with us for a while. He's listening back. Is he dead? No. <laughs> no, not yet. Um, Dan was a younger guy who just asked us to be on the site. And that's how we roll, Eric. We yeah. let people, if people say, hey, I want to be on the site, you're in. And we tried to find things for him, and I should have known right away. And I'm not going to be mean about Dan. I actually like Dan. Anymore. But, yeah, I've been mean enough. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, it, it was – I mentioned this before on the podcast probably a hundred times. But, yeah, we, we tried to find something for Dan to do. He wanted to be on the site. Hey, can I be on the site? Yeah. How about you do this? No, I don't like that. How about you do that? Eh, I'm not into that. Eh. And we just kind of tried and tried. And it was more of an effort for me to try to get him – involved and then we started the podcast and i said you know what dan dan should do like a geek news he's really yeah. into other things other than comics and it'll get us the stuff away from the news we don't yeah, have to do it and no more that's and it was and we wanted him to do like say he had five news stories four dc stories and something that he's also interested in which happened to be apple at that point i don't even know if he's that in apple anymore he he goes he he whatever the wind takes america he's he's involved with but yeah he kind of mailed it in a lot and he was not very good so uh he says that we kicked him off uh but i think he quit her i'll go with quit he quit because you know why we're too much of pussies to kick him off yeah we didn't and reggie would email me all the time he's like listen you gotta either tell dan what to do or kick him the hell off you guys gotta (laughs) grow some balls and we didn't we never grew balls. we never grew balls just wait till i kick reggie off just let it work itself out. It'll because, be fine. As you can see from this next email, Eric, 
Not everybody loves Reggie. I thought everybody mm-hmm. did. And I told you I was getting a little jealous of Reggie. Yes. Because we would get bashed all the time. We spent probably 30 episodes just getting the shit kicked out of us. <laughs> and finally, it's coming around. And My now, emotions. Yeah, and Reggie, since Reggie joined in, never got anything bad said about him. Well, here it goes. Red Robert joins in, Eric. And he, I just want to say, his subject line of this was, Dear Abby, and I think he's ripping into your old girlfriend. Dear Abby gave me a Dear John. (laughs) Dear Jim and Eric, this is my first time writing an email to you, and I just want to say that you're welcome for this blessing. I like that. I've been listening to you guys ramble on and on. And on about somebody's comic trying books. to take the new Reggie spot. I know about comic, but it's like it's like the fight for the cow, because <laughs> the <laughs> battle for Reggie, Reggie's spot. Uh, we go on and on and on about comic books and diarrhea for months now, and I burned through every single episode of your podcast. Kudos on the improvement you guys have made. Cool. Thank you. We've said we we hope that we've gotten a little better. So I needed a new podcast to ease the boredom of my day-to-day existence now that I'm back at school and have to commute almost every day. So I downloaded a couple of different podcasts just to see what else is out there. And oh boy, all those I listened to were just horrible. They were, <laughs> thir- they were 30 minutes long, completely unfunny, horribly scripted, and filled with ads and endorsements. That's what we need, ads and endorsements. And I told you, I listened to this one food podcast. This thing, it, this is not a lie. This podcast is a minute and a half. With three minutes of endorsement. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, and I just laugh. But again, it's still only a couple minutes long, so you just listen to it and go along. But geez. That was like that one paranormal podcast I downloaded. Yeah. yeah five, said, five minutes of material, then 10 minutes of ads. That is that is it. Now there's a business plan. Seriously. What are we doing? Uh, honestly, you guys do a great job. Every now and again, you could stand to do an extra bit of research before you state something as fact. But I can't blame them. Research, Eric. It's my show. I can do what I want. That's your show. I'm the editor in chief. <laughs> I'm I, the showrunner. Seriously, research takes so much time. Fact checking. That's for suckers. Seriously. But I can blame that on the sense of entitlement inflicted upon you by the American education system. That is true, Eric. Yeah. Luckily, we were out before No Child Left Behind. That is true. Luckily, I'm not American. He's Polish, Eric. Oh shit! So really? I actually have a bit of knowledge somewhere in my brain. I, I read a joke book about a bit you of research. I'm telling you, the Polish jokes were big when I grew up in the 70s. They were They're not big when I grew up too. Really? Did yeah. you ever hear the one? Why did the what happened at the Polish uh, javelin team? Why they had to end the match? No. Uh, they elected to receive. <laughs> I'm the worst joke teller. Hey, that was terrible. I did like that one. Uh, yes. You got the punchline all right, but the yeah. fucking build up. Yeah, no, I, I forgot how the joke went. Oh, yes. We all know you have the time. It's not. Oh, wait. uh, See, I tell a joke and I'm messed up. Luckily, I'm not American, so I actually have a bit of knowledge somewhere in my brain. I can tell you that a bit of research will not hurt you. I disagree. It it does. There's only so much. I think they've proven there's only so much room in your brain. And when you start adding all this other stuff, it pushes the important stuff out, Eric. Is that like that fact where you only use 10% of your brain? You know that fact? Yeah, that that fact. Uh, That that might be one of the most... uh, overused uh, <laughs> myths ever it's again limitless the tv show now based on the movie they freaking every minute i hear that my family loves that show i don't know i think the female orgasm is because i've never seen one <laughs> where's the crickets <laughs> we all know you have the time it's not like you're actually taking care of your kids or spending time with your girlfriend warmest regards to mike <laughs> and i, I want to stop before we go on i'm telling you 
Robert is right on with this. Is a, a really good first male. He is pointing out the in jokes and everything. He is trying to take Reggie's spot. Nonetheless, I adore your podcast, especially since I'm no longer verbally assaulted by Dan's geek news every week. Even though Jim's impersonation of Dan is, to- Dan is top-notch, really worthy of an Academy Award. I agree. It's spot you on. agree? Is it spot on? Yeah. Hello, Weird Science. Dan, what are you I doing could... back? Uh, I'm in the middle of making a, a screenplay. Oh, yeah? What's that about? It's about this guy who was on this uh, podcast, and the guys were assholes, and then he went and killed them by slicing their throats. I, I, I don't think I want to see I'm this I'm in my movie. car right now. I'm heading oh, towards Quakertown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Of course you are. You're recording. Of course you're in yes, your car. Yes, I'm recording in my car. You can hear the honks, and um, I'm coming from Baltimore. The best I'm part is you there. have crickets. You have crickets <laughs> you could use over top of that, and you don't even do it. I'm in my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had car horns. I don't know what. I'm going by a uh, – oh, my God. I just I just went by a farm. A rooster just went off, Eric. I don't know. Oh, my God. A rooster a, just a went off. whistle. What does that mean? A rooster went off. Is it yelling at you? Is it pissed at your driving? I don't know. I'm going by an army base. Oh no, they're doing Reveille. Oh my god. That's enough. Why did you even get me started down that road? Because it Hello, makes me laugh. Hello, Eric. Hello, Eric Shay. Hi, Dan. Hi. Oh, God. Why don't you ever talk to me? I only ever talk to Jim. Because I'm not dealing with that and, nonsense. And Jim acted like he was my friend and then actually became the worst person ever in the world. That's because Jim's a sociopath. Yes, he is. The one <laughs> problem I have now that Dan is gone is surprisingly Reggie. Ooh. Here we go, Eric. We're Gloves back. coming off. We're, we're about to get real. <laughs> Reggie, just relax. Uh, actually, I, 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 asked you today, I, asked you, I asked you today, and I said, do you think Reggie has thin or thick skin? And I thought, I'd really think that he has thick skin, that he can you take have it, to be on this never, podcast. you never know, Eric. You never know. Oh, my God, it's suicide. I don't know what's going on. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the uh, sound effects guy. Uh, here we go. I blew I know my I'm load made... already. I got nothing. <laughs> I know I'm here. You only you're the sound effects guy with one sound, and it, it's a freaking uh, a sound Easy clip carrots. from fucking Forrest Gump. Most quotable I... movie there ever was. Really? Yeah, I would yeah. say that would actually be. Um, I don't know. I was gonna say like uh, a few good men. I know I may be in minority on this, but I just can't stand that we're talking about Reggie again. I don't want anybody to think we're talking about me or Dan. I just can't stand his dronish monotone, his pretentiousness, Ooh. and his faux intellectualism. <laughs> we get it, Reggie. You can use Wikipedia and have a very, oh, no, they didn't, understanding <laughs> of social issues. In all of his segments, there was literally one moment when I didn't feel like slitting my own throat. Wow. His thoughts on white privilege, the one on-point observation he's made so far, plus that tiny little pause he makes after every one of his fake last names, like he's on a stage and expects an actual laugh, just drives me up a wall. Funny thing is Reggie was on probably, what, six, seven episodes? Uh, you know, whatever it was, it took me so long to realize he was given wrong <laughs> I kept saying, I, I, kept I told saying, you every time. I don't, I'm like... I think he said his name wrong. I, I don't get the joke. And luckily, I had a freaking trade in my backpack. I had it work. I, I put up, look, Brayfogle, it's right here. He's using freaking hardest names. Yeah, I, I didn't know, Eric. I don't know that stuff. And he says, hey, this is a safe place of honesty and all that shit, right? And it's right. true. We say. Um, 
I read this email to my wife, and she wanted to have a rebuttal. She wanted to send in a rebuttal to did, um, defend Reggie. I did said, you hit her? No, I didn't hit her. Oh, good, good. I, I gave her a mean stare. <laughs> and then I said, listen, that's what this whole thing's about. That's, oh, yeah. This is what it's all about. And also, I had to remind her that her and Reggie were mortal enemies uh, way back when. <laughs> and I said, you know, you were the worst, and both of you should just, I don't know. Jim, I heard great job on the podcast. I'm looking forward to your next episode. Reggie, get your segment to a more interesting place. Either be fun or funny or actually hard-hitting. I hope he likes TV. <sighs> Greetings and all that, Red Robert. Red Robert. Yeah, I, I hope he does. <laughs> it's going to be odd. I, I don't know. I, I hope Reggie doesn't take that. I remember when we used to say this about Dan because I'm telling you, when Dan, all those times, three emails of episode, it seems, in my yeah. mind, were always about Dan and how bad he is. And we kept saying, like, Dan, don't jump out. He never listened. I no. know Reggie listens. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to send me a nasty nasty message about red robert <laughs> tomorrow and, and maybe even have a set it would be it, reggie i could see having a full segment about red robert that'd be hilarious so we'll see but we're gonna get on uh, after a break here we're gonna get on with the books eric here the meat and cheese of the podcast but meat let's cheese. take a quick break and we'll be right back they call me up now because i don't brush oh i like my teeth like this they call me up now no, I won't brush. How's about a little kiss? I got most beef in my teeth, got some chicken too. Ouch! That's a cavity. Hey, that's new. Well, if you don't brush your teeth, then get you too. Can be a yuck mouth. Don't be a yuck mouth. I'm not All right, Eric. And like I said, we are now going on with the meat and cheese. Meat and and cheese, like baby. I also like to say every time, if you want to read our full reviews. And uh, what was the phrase you used? What was something you were particularly uh, proud of this week? Any phrase or reference nope. in one of your written reviews? Not at all. None at all? Nope. I don't think I was either. We were just, <laughs> so you put just, me on the spot. I have no uh, just idea. Just clocking in at work here. Just putting <laughs> in the card, punching in, and doing the reviews. But you can come to our website. I've already mentioned it before, but I will again. It's Weird Science, DC Comics, blog.blogspot.com. Read those full out reviews. Now we're just going to nitpick, right? You're changing up the format, and then you just throw something at me. I'm like, I have no That's idea what right. the freaking thing was. I'm going to throw stuff at you all night. We're going to start with what you told me. It probably wouldn't have been the first book tonight, but you told me last week, huh, the weeklies are always first. With Weekly, and it's an event book. It's you. amazing. I've been reading comics all my life. Mostly, oh, thanks, yeah. Uh, thanks, Eric Shea. America's in chief. But yeah, <laughs> showrunner you are. Uh, but you said that the weeklies always go first, so again, that's what's happening. Hey, we're that's how start. it was when we were doing it before, so I, I always had to go first. Well, we're going to go with Batman and Robin Eternal, number two, written by Tim Seeley. I'm not even going to mention, well, I am going to mention that the story plot or whatever is by uh, Tinian and uh, freaking Scott Snyder. I'm just going to go with who writes the script from now on, Eric. I know, go with that, because that works in something I want to talk about then. Okay, well, well, it is, uh, all this is basically from the story by... Uh, Actually, Tynan. Yes. Tynan. And Doesn't Scott feel Seeley, right. But it's written by Tim Seeley. Art by Paul Pelletier. I don't like the way Tynan feels in my mouth. Either. I don't like it either. He feels a little limp. Tony Cordos, Rain Barreto, and Carlos M. Manguel. I didn't realize we were still on the goddamn creators. Yes, we are. What, do you think I was speaking in tongues? This issue gets right to it, and we get a ton of action. Harper Rowe begins the issue with the crap beat out of her, and it's lucky that my new favorite, Cassandra Kane shows up to fight Orphan. 
while those two disappear into the Gotham night. We get Dick Grayson, Stephanie Brown, and Tim Drake joining the party. And after another flashback showing us a young Dick's biggest fear, the issue ends with a badass-looking Jason Todd <laughs> pointing a gun at Cassandra Kane. I don't even want to know why you're laughing. Nope. While, this, while this type of setup issue is very common in the run of a weekly book, I totally agree with Brendan Murray on the site when he wrote, All in all, I enjoyed it. Just didn't expect an issue like this so soon. And I agree. What, what are you laughing at? <laughs> young Dick's biggest fear, the creepy <laughs> uncle. <laughs> young Dick's biggest fear. Ah, you are a child, my friend. You're yes, a I am. Child, six foot five, and the brain of a two-year-old. With, <laughs> twelve. Uh, yeah, come on. I'm telling you, twelve. Yeah, man. Uh, last week's first day, that was one of the best first issues I've it was ever amazing. in my life. It was so great, and it had the one of the biggest. I mean, that that cliffhanger of a Batman. There, you think he shot that kid's parents, the smoking gun, everything. I'm like, holy shit! And Did it give I'm you chills, you, Jim? Did it give you chills? It gave me chills. It gave me uh, dreams and nightmares, Eric. <laughs> or nightmares and dreams. There you go. But the thing about these books, you, you do get in this weekly uh, format that you get. But why? Why can't we have kick-ass shit every week? Why can't it just be balls out every week, Eric? Tell because me why. It, Tell me why. Because you need exposition in the story to move it along. Well, I guess. But you can have exposition. Like I said, I told you today at work, Jeff Johns is very good at He moves that story along, and boy, everything is just balls out but yeah you don't get that this week uh this is a lot of setup and i was a little disappointed but um as it goes you do start out um harper's just the crap's kicked out of her from the end of last issue to orphan showing up and basically saying you know scene oh, missing you, I'm thank gonna get god you. yeah scene missing because boy she is worse for wear and the, <laughs> one of the things that makes me laugh is i i get the idea that and this has to go with it doesn't make sense, but I get the um, Tim Seeley and Paul Pelletier. He, Tim's writing the script, and he's sending it off to Paul. And then in the middle, he's like, wait a second. Somebody like mentions, hey, uh, where's Cullen? Ooh, I forgot about that guy. Uh, and or- Orphan says in the middle of kicking the crap at her, you're lucky your, bro- your brother's lucky he ran away. Like, really? That's he what is, you're going to get? He is the worst brother ever because yeah, before he he's yelling at freaking Harper about how worried he is, but he's not looking at her. He's playing the video game no, the whole time. No, he's playing the video game. Dude comes in, starts beating the shit out of her. He hightails he it. He hides. And you know what makes it worse? It's because usually in a, in a book like this or anything like this, he would show up near the end. He'd yeah. at least show up in this issue and go like, oh, I brought him. Or you find out that he's the one who got Cassandra. Like, oh, did she come? And whatever. No. He went to the movies. I think he, he heard that there was a midnight release of Madden. He went off the GameStop. <laughs> he, he needs Call of Duty, Eric. Uh, but yeah, she is getting the crap kicked out of her and Cassandra King comes in. And again, you don't get Cassandra King does not talk. She kicks ass. I love Barely. her. Yeah. I really like her. And uh, in this, you get the idea of two things. One, Orphan's pretty badass because he is – they're going back and forth. It's not like Cassandra King comes in and just beats the shit out. They're yeah. going back and forth. But you also get the idea that they have a, uh, a history, which you, ha- you had that idea before. But I get the idea once she breaks that fool's mask that – he is also an orphan of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he, he looks, looks exactly like, him, like everybody else. And I, I bet you you're saying that, and I bet you this was one of the people that Bruce went and got at some point for mother, and then is like, this might be that. You might be right on with that. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, he looks like it. Who do you think that Bruce fucked to make him? Mother. 
<laughs> I hope mother, that mother ends up being so crazy. To Listen, oh, way. you stop. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, Cassandra kind of goes, they, they go off. And then you have Dick Grayson shows up. Yeah. Uh, after talking to uh, Helena Bertinelli about Poppy. Oh, Poppy. Oh, Poppy. I remember last week, you're like, was Poppy in before? I'm like, no. There's another uh, freaking... Fact check. Yeah, I don't fact check. Red Robert's right. I don't fact check. And I'm telling you, what you do is you state something so convincingly as fact, and most people believe you. But Yeah, yeah Poppy, I'm down with that. Poppy was in uh, Grayson number two, and once I saw this, which is a weird second issue to call out who she was after she's gone and, and all this. But she was the one, if people were reading Grayson, where they were getting the Paragon organs, she got the stomach and started using it. And that's what made her, she needed protein and kind of became a cannibal, Eric. All right. Yeah, I, was, I actually went back and looked. And then it's funny because she stole the Paragon stomach, was come, becoming a cannibal, so they just invited her in the spiral. That's part of their interview process. You have Makes to be, sense to me. You have to be fucking crazy or fucking insane to be. You there. eat people? Hell yeah! All right, you're in spiral. Um, but yeah, this issue was off to me almost the whole way, uh, and it started really at this point where you see Grayson jumping up uh, the uh, fire escape, catwalk. Yeah, fire up escape. The deal, fire sure. escape. He's jumping up, doing all these kicks and flips and whatever. Stephanie Brown is coming. What looks bad? She's coming from the supermarket. And she sees him and drops her her groceries and then says, kiss me, sexy Batman. That's a weird it, thing to say when you see somebody do some acrobatics. It doesn't make sense to me. He is not acting like Batman. He doesn't look like Batman. Why would she say this? Honestly, without the mask, he looks a lot like Batman. Yeah, but not what she would know. I know, I know. He doesn't look, I'm telling you, like I put in my notes, he's acting more like a male cat woman. At this point, doing Kiss what he's doing. Catman? And in fact, at this point, Batman is a robot, Eric, and a, a robot suit. I, I, it's just so stupid. It's just a stupid line to have her. That I, ruined I really your whole did, reading experience, didn't it? I'm t- it did. It really, well, it started there and it, it continued, but it really threw me off. Like, okay, we, we're in the second issue. We have to get something for Stephanie Brown to do or say, and we're going to have her be this like fangirl uh, horned up. I don't even know. Just didn't make sense to me. Everybody's horned up when they see Dick. That, that is true. I am, but yeah. I know. Then you, you continue, and then um, uh, Cassandra and Orphan go out the window. Uh, Harper actually shoots uh, Orphan with her crazy taser gun, and they run off. They uh-huh. run off into the night. Uh, and it, again, it was kind of weird. Story and, could have been over, but Dick saved Orphan from falling. Yeah, he tried to save him. Yeah, really. And then he got kicked in the face, and then they <laughs> ran off. So then they go into the apartment, and there's Dick, who to me looks a lot like Jerry O'Connell in this <laughs> issue for some reason. But and what's wrong with that? Nothing, Eric. Nothing That's at all. That's right. Except, uh, for that some little reason, fat boy. He looks like a the fat flower. boy. He actually looks like the fat boy in Stand By Me. <laughs> and uh, so they're there, and Harper is really, she is worse for wear. And I'm looking <laughs> at it now. She, her face is, is what you see the most, but she's also bleeding from the side. Like, he has really kicked the shit out of her. She is and all messed she's up. She's also s- somewhat delirious. 
She was like <laughs> saying crazy. Uh, that's my secret. Uh, I'm Bluebird. <laughs> and then it's weird because he's like, are you, you're Harper Rowe? Uh, that's my secret. You, no, the secret's out. You just got the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> and then out of the, Stephanie Brown went and decided to fuck the groceries. I'm going to dress up as spoiler. Yeah, you got to costume up for this shit, man. In. And again, did you like the line, the dick's big line? Uh, what are the, what is it? Everybody, you know, they're giving out costumes and cereal boxes. I thought that was weird. I really I, liked it. I didn't like that. I did. Because he's he was one of them. You know Saudi. what I mean? He was no, a no. young hero yeah, at one point. Yeah, he was. Point. He was the second hero in Gotham at that yeah. time. Now they're everywhere. Yeah, I just I didn't like it. It didn't seem like him. Uh, I don't know. And quite frankly, I think with this thing with Spiral and all this, he would have been aware of, of uh, Spoiler by now for some reason. But yeah, she sees him. Somebody he put even, that on anything. I'd be like, yeah. oh, Dick should know uh, Spiral. I know. He should know. They, they should know, know everything. I don't know. But uh, th- this was something that somebody commented on the site, too, because she goes in. She's like, oh, my God, I knew you were a sexy Batman. And Okay, that's not that bad now because of who she sees he yeah. is. But she's like, you're Dick Grayson, Nightwing. And somebody on the site's like, I think that that's alluding that they're going to be back with Nightwing. And no, that's the last time that they yeah. saw Dick on TV being exposed. And uh, so they get there. Well, they, they have to save Harper. Uh, Harper's bleeding out all over the place. <laughs> she is having problems. She actually tells him, oh, Cassandra. They, the guy said her name was Cassandra, which that's going to lead, yeah. of course, to this list. He's trying. That's, to why, that's why Dick came here. He's yes. looking for freaking Harper Row, And then Cassandra Kane is the person on the yeah. list as well, yes. gave him the list. And that'll be good. And again, then um, there's the whole thing. Do you smell something? He smells fear toxin, which Orphan must have fear toxin, right? Well, yeah, and he she looks, broke his yeah, freaking mask broke. open. That's what goes. So he's actually seems to be like uh, sustaining himself. He's huffing that talk. shit. Yeah, he's huffing. And they go back to another flashback with him and Bruce uh, when they were going after Scarecrow, which you're going to get this the whole time. That's the whole the big story behind it. everything is, uh, you know, when they first went after Scarecrow was how this whole program started. I'm telling you, did you get the beginning where it looks like he's in the Warriors? Yeah. Wait, Dr. Crane. Come out <laughs> to play. He's, he's, you like how he acts, right? You, I love you, it. It's very young justice and I love that portrayal I just, of him. I just think with Batman there, it seems really odd that he that's wouldn't what even the let great, him get this far with yelling this stuff. That's the great thing about Robin. He's a freaking lightness to his darkness. Yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, you, you told me you didn't like really like Batman here where he's... Batman uh, came off very uh, Batman 66's. Huh? I got the thing right here. The Corn, it's overlapped as, it's, as if it's been stamped down in progressive columns. A similar technique is used by hoaxers in the creation of crop circles, Robin. Uh, yeah. Old is, chum. Yeah, so it is weird. And then they, Shut they, up, Batman. They go back and it does show that he has, like, I am fear in this uh, cornfield. But then they, I'm telling you, I, had, one, an Scarecrow. Issue. I had an issue with them because they're like, there he is. And they go to attack him and it's just an actual Scarecrow <laughs> Batman. Man, it's it's Batman hard to see through shit through corn. Like, Batman doesn't get fooled like that. And it's also great because at the point, Batman's like, it's not like they just jump. He is trying to beat the shit out of the scarecrow. <laughs> and then the actual scarecrow comes, gets the fear toxin. And then you get the whole gist of what we've gotten for two issues now is that Dick Grayson has been afraid this whole time that he was uh, like Bruce's. It, Bruce never liked him. He didn't trust him. He didn't uh, measure up. Thing. Yeah, and it's going to keep going with this. And, and I don't know. I'm I'm already. I'm telling you, it's already forced too much for me. We now get... I want to say though, freaking for all the people out there, loving Batman number forty four, yeah. who also love the freaking this issue, this has some continuity errors because mm. as we saw from Batman number forty four, 
that was right after Endgame, like a few months after Endgame. And here it's obviously after that. And uh, in Robin's mind, through the fear toxin, he can't measure up because he's preventing Batman from spreading the fear because of his childness and stuff like that, his laughter. And Robin shouldn't believe that Batman's trying to spread fear, as we saw in Batman number four, where he decided, I'm going to be a hope-inspiring hero. You're just never going to give this bullshit. up, are you? This fucking is, and bullshit. it's not even Scott Snyder you're mad at. It's about the people who commented to you about this and them reading that Scott Snyder interview. I hate so, it so yeah, much. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, in fact, you are mad at Scott Snyder, and that's why he hates us, Eric. It's all yes. because of you. It's all no, it's because actually because of, of you. you. Yeah, I used to say that he thought he was spent, the smartest guy in the world. You spent a year and a right? half reviewing his books it's funny too because i do a review and i'd give it a nine eight but i'd still manage to bust on him and we're gonna get to it later because uh when we talk about batman i have i always have the same issues with him um but in this again we get out of that and before like i said this is now two issues the last time what he uh got what we got was when those little kids were being controlled and they were telling us the exact same thing that we're getting here Bruce never trusted you. He didn't like you. They, you held him back. I, again, we get it. We get that Dick is insecure about this. Uh, or at least he was. Yeah, he was. Motherfucker's been Batman at this point. I know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, at the, we get the idea that at the beginning. But yeah, then there, it's um, basically Dick and, and Spoiler talking. And then enters our favorite guy, Eric, Tim Drake. And he enters in. First off, right away, you said he looks huge. He looks, looks very big. And we really liked last issue because they really did a good job of like the ages and the sizes. It was yeah, really the body good. type. And the body, yeah, this he is a little too big here. He's bulked up in a week. He and looks just as big as Dick Grayson. It's so weird to me. He shows up. And in if Eternal, not bigger. And Eternal, who was he kind of paired with through, throughout Eternal? paired with spoiler and harper row and ha- mainly harper row yeah so harper row is a friend of his good friend he, a very good friend <laughs> he shows up she is the, the shit kicked out of her she could be dying and i want you to do the impression she looks like she's been hit by a she's goddamn laying car on the floor, blood everywhere and what does she say hey red robin gang's all here <laughs> And he ignores her. He hey, never Dick. asked how she is. <laughs> There's no part of this. She says, uh, I don't see it. Right away to, to, to Dick. I don't see you for months, and now I can't get away from you. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dick, nothing's happened to Dick. And it's Just, like, I'm telling you, it, it's so weird. I want to think he kicked about, her as he walked yeah, over her to get yeah, the dick. I think that at the moment in this, he's stepping on her head. <laughs> he nothing happened to Dick, and in fact, in the the panel, it actually looks like he's rubbing his neck. Like ah, I got a little kink in my neck. You might want to, uh, you know, can you give me a little massage here? And he's like, ah, and they're all chummy and they're laughing. The next panel, Dick's got his arm around him. Hey, what's going on? Uh, hey, good to see you safe. Something weird is. Wait, how'd you know to come here? Eh, bugged Harper's pad, cameras and sensors, Eric. <laughs> and now it makes sense. He's seen her do stuff in the apartment that he can't look her in the eye anymore. What is she doing? Butt Colin's stuff. there. I think it's Colin. He's like, oh, I saw what Colin was up to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. More butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he never once says anything about her. It's and, fucked up. And in fact, the next, the next deal, he's like, yeah, I bugged the, bugged the apartment. Stephanie's like, you did what? And he looks over, and there's Harper. She has blood Quiet all down, over her weird face. Nipple. She's grabbing like this bloody fucking stomach, and he and he's just like, "Hey, I'm no peeping tom." He, now he's in defense mode. Still hasn't <laughs> asked how she is, and he is a peeping tom, Eric. Oh, he yeah. has been watching. I don't care what you say. He is 16. 
did they say last issue in this 15 uh, yeah, or 16? I want to say 16. Even in 15, 16. 15 or 16-year-old with a bugged apartment of two, you know, 19, 20-year-olds. Yeah. He, he's watching shit, Eric. And he might even have it on the internet and he's getting paid. Well, how do you think he pays for all this shit, Eric? He's got, <laughs> he, they're cam girls without even knowing it. Oh, uh, yes. You love those cam girls. Yes, I do. And then he said, did you monitor the girl? And I think what he's saying is, did you get Cassandra Kane too? Because I think there'd be a lot of money involved with her. Ooh. But yeah, he's like, oh, oh, yeah. And it's such a she forced She seems younger. Let's get off that one. Yeah, really. It's such a forced way to like kind of know what's going I don't know. It was just weird. This whole bug thing, was. it didn't need to be. Whatever, man. It gets the whole gang back together. It got them back happy together. as hell for that. Yeah. So, and then they, they're like, oh, no. You know, there's one one more guy that we're not thinking of, and he goes to call Jason. Dick calls Jason, and he's at Noonan's bar. Noonan's sleazy Noonan's bar. Sleazy Section bar. Eight and shit. And he's like, "Hey, there's an assassin after you," which he's obviously. Oh shit! Obviously, she though, he, he means orphan. That's the worst part of it. And he's like, "Yeah, I know." And he's got Cassandra Kane. They're not after. They can tell Cassandra Kane is is trying to help. They mean orphan, but he's got Cassandra Kane. I don't know how she would get there. And have him with a gun to her, but there you go. I'm sure we'll find out next he issue. He looks pretty badass, though, doesn't looks he? really badass. I and still don't like this new costume, but still looks badass. Yeah, I think it looks real badass. But yeah, uh, this issue to me was a I lot of I want the bomber jacket setup. back. Yeah, it was a lot of setup, though. Um, yeah, well, again, last issue had a lot of mystery and intrigue to it. Like, really, I thought that... This was going to be a six-month deal where you're at the edge of your seat hey, the Red whole Robin. time. <laughs> hey, Red Robin. Gang's Gang, all here. Gang's all here. Next thing you know, they're at their their uh, pallbearers at Harper's uh, funeral, and uh, Red Robin is. I don't. What would he be doing? He's not he, even paying attention. No, he's, he's a looking on his phone. He's talking over the coffin to Dick. <laughs> hey, Dick. Haven't seen you since last week. Tim Drake is is almost the biggest dick of the week. I have somebody else who's even worse. um, I didn't like the art as much as the first issue. I love it. It was okay. Here's the weird thing about this is there's parts that I really liked and parts I didn't. I didn't like the the dick's look. I I told you that. But when when Spoiler comes flying through the, the window, thought that was awesome. The Jason Todd at the end, awesome. So there were bits and pieces that I really liked. But as a whole, I was a little bit uh, down on that as well. I ended up giving this issue a 6.8 out of 10. I would have given it an 8. An 8? Yeah. Yes. I didn't like it as much. I thought that there was a lot of uh, uh, force set up. And I had a great time reading it. Yeah, it was fun enough. But yeah, I didn't enjoy it as much as last week. All right, what's next? Next, we have Batman number 45, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, and FCO Placencia. I hope you didn't give this one a four. Shut your mouth. Was it a four or a four five? I just shut your mouth. What was it, that 44? Oh, four. It was a four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here. here we I don't go. want to talk about it no more. Here we go, Eric. After having himself a rough and tumble with some of the devil pigs, Jim Gordon is asked to give in his resignation. Through the most cryptic allegory that I've ever heard. But maybe this isn't the last we've seen of Jim Gordon, Batman, because Mr. Bloom has upped his game and crashed a Powers International function where he straight up murders fools. All of this and Batman might still be rattling around Bruce Wayne's head when he, st- when he creates the most terrifying playground you've ever fucking seen. You crack yourself up. No, it's because I lost my place. So I was just trying to remember what it was, and that's my oh, way of getting over that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, like I said, we're talking about what your song is now. What the hell is up with Jim Gordon's healing factor? I don't know. We and start it- this goddamn book off. He is in a goddamn crematorium. 
His first line, I believe it's his first line, another thing we're going to state as fact without checking. If it gets any hotter in here, uh, like my bo- like bo- if it's any hotter, bones are going to be able to be destroyed. My suit's going to fail. I'm going to die. Yeah, it's like it's, it's cremation level. It'll just yeah. be burnt to dust. It'll be done. And then he starts thinking of a way out and then starts talking about how much hotter it's getting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing that I thought was uh, it, maybe it's a neat juxtaposition, but when he's talking about the stuff that he's think like he's like oh i have everything in order for barbara like he's thinking i'm gonna die here yeah and it really made him seem like batman was more human at the same point where he is freaking not immortal but uh, invulnerable it, it seemed very Bullshit. odd and this you, motherfucker had told can't me, die. you had told me about this beforehand and then i again i forgot about it got chasanga's mail about that and yeah there's there's something going on and dionysium would be the the most logical thing i don't know but also you would think that people would realize this and there's no comment about it especially from daryl later because he's the one who's fixing the suit he sees what he has to know what's going on he has to know that that jim gordon is up to something with this if it's official if it's not official whatever but yeah not only that but you even mentioned to me before he also gets stabbed right in the the gut Looks like many times. Yeah, he's just getting it, and it's obvious Scott Snyder wants you to see that he should be dead with no and repercussions. He is not. And uh, but I did like well, the just, idea. Just think of the Batman like cow, right? He's got yeah. his freaking nose and mouth exposed and chin. He should look like Freddy Krueger right there. I could say yeah. if you want to tell me the rest of the suit protect him, I'm fine. Right there, his open flesh. Yeah. No, I think that it's supposed to be that you know that he has some sort of bullshit superhuman healing now. And they haven't mentioned it, so I, I would. You guess, think he would mention it though? Well, I would get. Well, I, it, again, it almost seems in this like it's like old hat that people. It's just known, but we're not privy to it yet. It's just weird. It just came off as weird, especially because um, they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, then I did like the fact that he's talking about oh Batman, you know, I, I, this is why I need a partner and all this, and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Kind of thinks that you're. It's leading to like a Robin, but then it ends up being the bat suit. Yeah, I like the that. bat suit. And when it sure as hell seen a lot of new functions on the bat suit. I lately. know it's freaking Daryl's busy, but then Daryl explains it. It's the nimble auto programmer. Yeah, the autopilot. nimble auto programmer. What? It's just weird. And it, Scott Snyder had tweeted earlier this week, like, "Wait, do you see this? Batman hits people with sharks." Great. Did, <laughs> did that impress you? I don't even remember that. It was, it was just when he's hitting the, the freaking guys at the beginning. He's yeah, I don't recall. Sharks. It's, pish it's, posh, pish posh. Pish posh. It's like seven panels. <laughs> you don't pay attention. I can't see, goddammit. <laughs> so, yeah, but I really like the suit uh, being his partner, but really, I I like to call him rookie, too. It actually, yeah. it really felt nice. It felt real for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, li- I really like that. I'm telling you, that whole first part, part I liked, except for the fact that... He's immortal. It seems yeah. <laughs> he can't die. It's very. He's more powerful than Batman even, ever was. Even the part later when Jerry is going like she should know something too, right? Yeah. She. You would think somebody would mention this along the lines. I, I don't know, but then you go to Bruce, and like you said in your intro, uh, he comes off as kind of. I, I I get the idea that you can say he doesn't remember anything, Bullshit. but yet it's almost well. He they have that dump 
with all the shit that happened right next to the rec game, center right, out of nowhere. right next to the rec center and i don't remember the, that being there before and, and no i don't either and the, you know he wants to get rid of the shit and the, it's a weird i thought it was a weird thing with julie when she's like well you know they they the government it seemed weird it's just very weird. odd, and uh, so he's gonna. He tried to get rid of it, but he couldn't because they. It just. Well, he's no up, longer a millionaire. He yeah, has no pool in his can't business. Do that. I'm telling you though, I don't trust her. I think that she's up to something. How else. dare you? I do not trust her. She's I think, an angel. I think she is there almost like in Total Recall when yeah. Sharon Stone was there to make sure when he oh. remembers something that she can get uh, get on him. And I was going to call her the big fat is. guy. No, no. I I think she's there. <laughs> To either try to make it so he's also like the fact I told you not to call recall. I <laughs> you think went to recall, didn't you? you? I to told recall. you not to. I think she's a combo because I think she's there to kind of make sure he doesn't remember. I don't know. She does <laughs> tell him stories, but again, I'm thinking this. Now, did story... you watch Shadow Recall this week? <laughs> no, I didn't. But it reminded me. I'm like, I, I just don't trust her. I really don't. And uh, she says she's like, oh, and. Let's get back in uh, since there's nothing we can do about this stuff. And she, like, closes it up. And then how upset she looks when he gets all the trophies out. Uh, but then you Dude, get the... I would look upset, too. I know. I just don't trust her. I think that she's up to no good. And then you get a little bit of Mr. Bloom um, that I like. Actually, if anything in this issue, I really like the fact that Mr. Bloom, come, he's pretty badass. He's really badass. And I really like that. I like that you get this idea that he means business. Up until now, to me, he's been nothing. You know no, what I mean? I'm saying he's, he's just, just stood there and there. then became that freaking uh, slender mean. man at this the end. Is, yeah, this is the issue where I'm like, okay, he's a villain. He's pretty, you know, vicious. Now, and, uh, tell me, though, did that look like it would be like a black man of airship to you coming yeah. in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it really did. I put in my notes. My exact note is like, uh, Bloom's airship looks like black man. Because <laughs> it does. Uh, but yeah, then you, you get this, and I'm telling you, all of this that we've talked about so far, I really like. Yeah. I do, because it's it's and it's odd, that the whole healing factor thing, but it intrigues me, at least. I want to see them if they talk about Especially it. Especially if they play into it some, well, but the right now, this, I think it's just going to be a throwaway well, thing. Well, that's the th- It can't be. But that's the problem. When I read Scott Snyder's stuff, sometimes he gives you these big things and then never gets back to them, and I am always worried about that. But then you have this whole thing with Jerry Powers. And oh my God. again, Gordon shows up and basically wants to say, hey, I'm sorry I went off the grid and went after this Mr. Bloom, but I think he's a bad thing, and I know I, I had to do this. I'm going on a hunch, whatever. And and she she's going to fire him. She wants him to resign. But instead <laughs> of just saying, listen. And also, did it seem weird? I know that she is the program, but is that, does it seem weird that she could just go to him who's a police? It's part of Gotham City Police as well and mm-hmm. just say, you're going to resign. It seemed weird to me. I know, like I said, she's in the head of the program. It's OCP. They're taking over the freaking uh, know, but the just, police department. It just seemed, it just seemed weird. And uh, also, I thought, if I was her, why would you even talk to Gordon? I'd have that bat suit up there with somebody in there and just go, I retire. There, there's no, nobody knows it's Gordon in there. Why would they even care for him to go because up? Because they don't have a speech function with it yet. I guess. Just, you <laughs> That's just next get, issue. You get somebody else in there and That's say That's next it. issue. But That's instead that. of her, like, again, it's like us with Dan. We didn't, we can't just fire Dan. We have to have an elaborate plan. She brings him into this collider. And they walk on a, a fucking 
floor that lights up goddamn the periodic table and they talk about these it's like the video from billy oh Jean. my god yeah it is ding, 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 ding. they're lighting it up he's fr- oh my <laughs> god so you told me about this earlier and when i read it it did i'm like this is real extravagant the teleguy's got to freaking get out of it and she's like oh and we're working on these <coughs> new things and we were going to give this to you but you didn't show up it seems like they're really she's really pissed that he didn't show up to that gala event that that's all that happened. She was going to give him this new uh, Batmanium 206. Now, tell me something. Does she ever tell us what Batmanium does? Is no, it ever said well, or did I just fall said, asleep to that goddamn speech she, she was giving that, to the um, She said that it's a, a conductor itself uh-huh. and that it's very heavy. Okay. <laughs> I think she's like... Um, cool new went higher. They were talking about the two. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, higher, but... And then uh, it weighs two tons. It's also a superconductor. So that's it's just this new element. And I thought, okay, here we go, Scott Snyder. Maybe there's something in Batman 206, number 206. So I looked that up, nothing. Then I'm like, maybe you Detective really went that far. Well, this is what gets, this is what drives me nuts. It, this guy <laughs> writes these comics, and I, I think that I have to look into every fucking little thing. It's like I'm I'm doing research I don't need to do. I should be more looking up, you know, what a white lantern is, so I can I can tell Brandon. But instead, I'm fucking looking up Batman 206 because the goddamn guy is freaking the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> fucking drive me nuts this is what drives me nuts he makes me seem dumb that's i hate you scott snyder i hate you you make me dumb i can do that myself i don't need you doing that but yeah i also like it that they're they're going through this whole thing jerry powers to me has set up this whole thing okay i'm gonna walk him through this lit up gonna room step and, on and, here and jim gordon doesn't get what he, she's saying she, I'm firing you, Jim, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I did all this. I'm trying to fire your ass. He's, what? You can't be serious. And then they, they're like, again, this, it, they, she says, this devil pig scene was all over the news. Yes. What does that mean? What, what it, is she saying? Is it, was it a, he ended up having the suit come, and he got it. it what, what was so bad about it being in the news? He was fighting somebody. Yeah, he was fighting people. He didn't have a warrant. He didn't have any well, of that no, stuff. But they don't know that. When does Batman ever have a warrant? We, that, he, that's the big no, say, joke. This is Batman, though, working yeah, with the police department. Yeah, but they didn't say that. It just said the devil pig scene was all over the news. And what the scene must have been was him getting stabbed. Bloody Jim Gordon. Yeah, he was getting stabbed. What, really? So weird. I don't, I don't know. And, and then you go, and then that ends. She, he's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, it's on the paper. Batman back to Vigilante? Looks I, bad for his power CEO, it's Jerry so Powers. But she's basically like, we need new blood, and we need this, and these. there's better and bigger, like this Batmanium 206. Oh we didn't God, think it would happen. And it's just, again, speech, it's, it's things that happen in these books like this are, are so forced. To, like, people don't. Do these, you know what I mean? I do. I know exactly I, what you mean. I'm telling you, I heard they're going to fire you at the cardboard box factory on Wednesday, but instead of firing you, they're going to take you to an amusement park to show you that a roller coaster is a thing that has up and downs, just like your life, Eric, and then they're going to fire your ass. Do I get the ride, said roller coaster? Yes, you do. While you're riding it, they're like, you know, this... you like this roller coaster, there's ups and downs, and some things are fun and then scary. Well, you know Dude. what? You're fired. If I have to be fired, this actually sounds pretty sweet. You like it on a roller coaster? I'll tell them that because I'm going to suggest you. They're never going to fire me. I'm the Ferris Bueller of that place. They're going to fire anybody. Uh, But then, yeah, it switches off, and then you have the whole thing with uh, Daryl. Do you like the thing, the stuff with Daryl? No, fucking that shit is bullshit. Because Daryl shows like it's uh, no, just because it reminds you of that Batman Forty Four. It does. I know. Saying that we have Daryl who told Batman back in Batman Forty Four where to find Mister Bloom, yep. but do you know who he knows who he's a close family friend with? Oh, who? Duke Thomas. And who else? 
And who else? The kid that got killed. Oh, yeah, the kid that got killed. I don't yeah, care. Fuck that's, that kid's been dead for five years. Well, that was his cousin. I know. And Duke is a kid he grew up with, even though he looks a lot older. A lot older. And uh, Duke gives him the, the Mr. Bloom seed that he took from the rec center. All I get from this is that all black people hang out together in freaking I, Gotham. I, you know, I don't want to be uh, awful like you, Eric, but I put in this... Uh, Every it seems a bit racist that every black kid's connected here. Yeah, there's the three black kids in the the thing. The one died. The one's his cousin. The, the two are best friends. Yeah, it just seems odd. I'm telling you. And then hey, here's our other buddy, Luke Fox. <laughs> they just go down. Yeah. Hey, I have to call my second cousin, Cyborg. Oh, where's my godfather, Lucius? <laughs> Lucius. And they're like, oh, by the way, a guy used to babysit me. They he goes by Black Lightning. They're all there. The gang's all gang's all here, Eric. Uh, but yeah, then you get. I did like the part where um, Duke fucking wants, nonsense. Uh, he gives him the Robin badge. He wants him to be part of this Robin group. Yeah, uh, he needs a freaking intel guy. Yeah, I, I like it. He is I, using Daryl. Yeah, oh, he is. But I, I liked it. I, I thought it was good. And then they it kind of the the whole thing. Then we get back to uh, Bruce, and he has turned the um, all the. Joker's things. He has Props. the uh, he has the T Rex. He has the card. The only thing that I don't understand is these people are at this rec center. There's Jerry at the rec center. <laughs> I guess she has just shown up. She has a coffee thing. But it, 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 when is this going on and nobody sees it? Well, it's you also I mean? an I dream of genie crossover. Oh, and so he just says genie do it real he fast, does, and it happens. Uh, it's, so, it's so odd. Uh, but yeah, he's like, oh, you know what? And, and this is where, like you said, when you had first explained to me, I didn't agree with you. I thought, oh, I think Eric's going uh, a little off with the Bruce thinks of uh, Bruce has some Batman left in him. But right. then when he mentions, though, that the, the oh, the kids need trophies. And yeah. These are trophies. And I'm like, yeah, that's odd. He's starting to remember because some stuff. I'm sure none of these kids are still frightened from Endgame and they need to be reminded of that shit right in their face with a goddamn you know, like they, lipstick they had up where the kids were trying to bury it. And yeah. And, they're uh, terrified. And I guess uh, his job, whole Bruce. thing. Now his whole thing is, listen, the way to get over it is to make this a thing that they're proud of, Eric. They're you know, proud of their parents Okay, dying. that's like your father throwing you in the pool. Sink or swim, bitch. Yeah, my dad didn't even, why would, he wouldn't even take me to the pool. <laughs> Everybody has those stories. Like, my dad threw me in a, I wish my dad took me to the pool. My dad was a big fat, so he just stayed at home and yelled at me about wrestling in his underwear. And if he did go, he'd have to wear two T-shirts. Oh, jeez. And a sweatshirt. And while he was eating a hamburger. Uh, but, yeah, they have the whole this whole Jerry Powers thing. Uh, they're going to announce the resignation. They have this big gala. And uh, then Bloom attacks. And it's weird because Julia's like, you got to show that Batman's important. And you know what? It's great that I said that because now Bloom's attacking and you can. And he saves Jerry Powers as Bloom's uh, big airship that looks big like Black, Black Manor uh, busts in. And then pretty much Bloom just massacres everybody around. And he looks badass. He really does. He looks pretty crazy. The and biggest fucked it. up part, though, I've waited two months to find out the fate of goddamn Penguin. I don't have yeah, shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you haven't got the Penguin. Is my yet. Penguin dead? He's one of my favorite villains. First, we have Two Face blowing his goddamn head off in Batman yeah, and Robin. Yeah. And now we have the Penguin dead? This is fucking nonsense. Yeah. yeah Killing off I, all my. Yeah, look, I'm not going to trade Two Face and Penguin for a fucking Mr. Bloom. He might oh. be cool. Not doing it. I don't know. At that last panel with Mr. Bloom, I don't know. I might trade him for Two Face, sir. It's never a big Two Face fan. How dare you? Never a big Two Face fan. I love Two Face. I, I thought we were talking about you. You Two Face son of a bitch. Oh. Uh, what'd you give this? 
I give this a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I put and that's really for the notes. stuff with Bruce Wayne and the cliffhanger that promises epicness for the next issue. Yeah, I actually put. I'd probably go between a seven five and a seven nine. Yeah. I don't want to give it an eight, Eric. It's not an eight. But you don't want to make anybody angry nine. either. I don't like making people angry. I always go, what you do with Batman, I'll give you a little hint. When I used to review Batman, I'd go, okay, that's a six, seven. Oh, I think that's a six, five, nine. You're the worst. And done. That's what I'd say. And then I'd sit back and say, Scott Snyder's going to love me. He's up. Where's the retweets, Scott? You spent half the issue talking shit. I know. I, I did. Like, again, oh, they only, they only look at scores. I still, and I, if anybody uh, is a Scott <laughs> Snyder fan and they want to, I'll just point to one thing. Do you know what I'm going to point to that still angers me to this day? Mr. Freeze. Yep, Mr. Freeze's origin that he changed and then left just out there in the flapping in the wind. Ruined it. Yep, ruined it. All right. Yeah, 7 9 will go. That means 8-9, Eric. Always add that extra score for those Scott Snyder lovers to not kill us on our site. But we're going to go on to another book, and the next one is Superman, Lois and Clark, number one. Number one, Eric. It's a number one issue. With a bullet. With a bullet. Written by Dan Jerkins. Art by Lee Weeks, Scott Hanna, Brad Anderson, Joshua Cozine, and Troy Pateri. Yeah, I think that's the one I was talking to you about that has two letters. (laughs) <laughs> Two goddamn letters there. Any doubts I had going into this book were quickly put to rest as I realized quickly that this book can fit in the current continuity as in, and is, in fact, already my favorite Superman book on the shelves. Dan Jurgens makes sure that he gets everyone up to speed with some Convergence recap, a bit of intriguing crisis info, and some retroactive New 52 storytelling. Yep, everyone's favorite 90s Man of Steel has been with us all along just hiding in the shadows. It looks like the series will focus on that as well as Superman and Lois trying to right the wrongs from their timeline. And then there is a question of their demon spawn, John. Demon spawn, Eric. I really like where the series looks to be heading. I just wanted a little more bang from this first issue. So this is one I have no idea what you think of. You didn't tell me anything. You went dark. You didn't say anything. You were looking forward to it. What do you think? I love this goddamn issue. I knew it. I know it. I do. I love it so goddamn much. I'm telling you, when I tell you the, the score... It, it was really tough. I even said in my review, I usually don't talk about the review process in the actual review. Like, say, right. oh, but I said I was conflicted because I love the issue. I just think as a first issue or just an issue itself, uh, it didn't hit as hard as it could have. Um, but the characters I love, I love how they're portrayed. I love the dialogue. I love all that stuff. It just, it just was missing a little something. As I much guess. as I bitch about Starfire's book just being a day in the life of every yeah. goddamn well, issue. Well, that's what this is. You're right. I, no, I could have dealt with this. Yeah. Like, the whole thing, just like Saturday afternoon at the freaking uh, Kent slash White House. Oh, and again, there's some people, um, they probably put a little too much emphasis on, oh, these characters felt right. Or uh, you know what I mean? That's yeah, thrown yeah, yeah. around a lot by these other reviewers, Eric. We talk about Saved by the Bell. They talk about <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, these characters felt right on. They and did. where they are in the world here felt, feels right on. Everything. Yep. And that was why, that was the one thing. When I told you, we had heard, you know, this book obviously was announced a while ago. Yeah. Um, but we didn't hear a lot of info, and I, I don't know. Myself, I kind of stayed away from a little bit of the info. Uh, this was a book that I was really looking forward to and didn't want to get spoiled too much. And then I saw the thing come across on one of the sites and said, hey, you know what? This this goes on in the, the 
current continuity. And you, I'm telling you, I think you're exact word bullshit. Yeah. And you were mad. That doesn't make sense. That's ridiculous. I don't know what they're doing. We just thought it was going to be something out of continuity where it show what they did. You know when they. And it makes fully, it fully makes sense. Yeah, I, I take back that whole bullshit. Yeah, and now I that I've read it, yep. the only I, I have two problems. Uh, well, the one's a problem, and the other's a critique to it. Well, I don't even say it's a critique. Before we even get into that, because it's going to lead into this, is that I don't have any, any history with the pretty much with the '90s uh, Superman. Right. You do. Yes. This was one of your favorite things. So I'm going into it of uh, knowing a little. And not a ton. And again, even if I read the stuff now, uh, I've told you this about even like uh, movies and things like that. There, there's just something about being involved when it happened. You know, like I could go back and read all that Death of Superman, all that now, but not being there where I was waiting for it or, or doing it, it. You miss out on a, a bit of it and I'll never be able to get that. Right. But I do still, I love the way Superman himself is just portrayed. And it, because this came out in a time where I am so upset with the Superman <laughs> books, and I love Superman, uh, this actually makes it even more. But yeah, what did you have a problem with? Well, the problem is they talk about this whole book is how Superman's been behind the scenes doing all yeah. this stuff. You know, he doesn't want to come out and say he's Superman, so he's just been undercover to a mm -hmm. degree. But at the end, we find out he has like the Hank Henshaw is coming back on the what is the uh, I can't even think what the, the hell Ex um, Excalibur Excalibur. It's coming back on the Excalibur rocket like he did back in the original continuity of the pre Flashpoint. Yeah. And Superman wants to make sure that Hank Henshaw does not become the cyborg Superman and become this big villain like he was in their world. Yeah. Because Hank Henshaw goes on to blow up Coast City, and up until this point. I thought all of the Green Lantern continuity was still intact. So if Coast City was never blown up, how the hell did Hal Jordan become Parallax? Yeah, well, you're going to get these crazy back and forth. But again, does it happen? Like, is he out of time when they reset the thing after the crisis? Then that averted. It gets it gets wonky. All of the, it's no, I'm okay with all wonky. that. But I'm saying with him resetting it, then does everything reset at that no, point? No, I'm saying everything goes back to the way it is. They save the multiverse. Yep. And, uh, well, no, they didn't save the multiverse. They go and, uh, got rid of the multiverse that would be brought back later on by defeating the anti-monitor. Yeah. But then they went to the New 52. They they jumped over the Flashpoint and went right to the New 52 universe. Dude. And it worked for me. Well, here's what's weird about it. I'm, I'm going to go back to that part. They have it where they're talking about it. And when they're like, we it reset itself. I wish Barry, Kara, and Hal would have stayed. Yes. But they wanted to find their destinies elsewhere. I hope they find the happiness they're looking for. And they never say anything except maybe they just from that crisis, they just are there for that whole time. It's weird because they don't say like they went anywhere from there. They don't go on a portal. They're just standing there. And is it possible that that makes sense that they were just there this whole time then? They've been there before the new 50? It doesn't make sense. No, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't, that, but it, they never go through a portal to go anywhere. They're just they there. They can't because their timeline's already gone. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. I almost got the point where they just kind of waited around for shit to happen. I, I don't know. But, yeah, you're going to have wonky shit with, with something but like For this. the most part, it made to... sense to me. But the, except for the fact that we have to uh, – it took everything we had and more, but we did it. With the anti-monitor's defeat, time and the multiverse reset itself. Okay, so with the original crisis, it got rid of all the freaking – so the multiverse – we actually changed the crisis on Infinite Earth for this issue, so yeah. I was wrong originally. But um, Supergirl, 
being alive. I'm saying now I'm, I thought I had this all figured out before yeah, we started no, talking. It's all, no, it's, it's gone now. Crazy. So the it, crisis it get, never yeah. happened. Yeah, no, the crisis never happened. And I'm telling you, though, you're going to find bits and pieces where you can say, well, if that didn't happen, then this and that. Yeah, well, now it, I it really is crazy. Can. Yeah, it is crazy. I did like that in that whole thing that it was uh, Hal who made that portal and they jumped through. Yeah, and, well, that, but, that's good for me, yeah. yeah. But do you think that that was a way for them to say, okay, if this is a real big hit, we can have Supergirl, that Supergirl in a book like this, or Flash. Well, oh, that Supergirl is supposed to die during I crisis. I know, but she's not now. So, so was, so was uh, yeah, Flash. Or Flash. So can they have a book of what would happen if they survived? Because they, they really point out that they went to, they wanted to find their destinies elsewhere, and they jumped through a portal as if to say, if we need you later, we'll go see what those destinies are. Uh, we said we wanted a book, and I still do. I want a book about this, how they averted the crisis. Especially and, on their own. Yeah, and this is neat, the, the couple panels, but it, I'm surprised they didn't have a book first to show all this. Would have been pretty badass. So I'm guessing this the, the defeating the, uh, the anti-monitor actually just reset it to the current New 52 multiverse yeah, continuity. Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. And then that's when you know the New 52 started. They're there. Yeah. But it still does. A couple things still get wonky, but I think that's what they're saying. It just starts. That's what maybe that's what happened with the thing. They are the then, catalyst for the New 52. Yeah, we because now it was it's Flashpoint. Not Flashpoint. No. Now it's them. And, that, you know, you kind of get rid of Pandora that way, which is nice. And, you know, oh, stuff, stuff like that. Be funny if she was she in this issue. She never made any sense. You know what I mean? When they had all those number ones and she was in every number one. <laughs> Uh, in the new 52, it would be funny if all of a sudden we look and she's there. I'm like, I want to go back and find out what the original idea was for Pandora and how they were going to expand on that character because yeah. they never did. No, they didn't. It was like a, an idea. How does Pandora have was the power such a to big pick and thing choose with, to yeah. fucking hold the world together? It was together. such a big thing for the new 52 with her. And like I said, she was in every number one yeah. that started and it was supposed to be the big tie-in to everything. And yeah, they kind of got away from that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Then they show... Um, the dark side, the first dark side war, the uh, war, the I Justice League war. I did too. It just felt weird that Superman was there and just watched. It just I kind of like. I did like it. I like that they, like I said, retroactively, he's back on a building there. They kind of, they're, fighting, <laughs> they're there and they're cyborg and then it just gets closer and closer. He's just watching. Uh, it just seemed odd that he wouldn't get involved. Uh, but you get a, uh, a cool narration too from Lois. She's the one talking. She's like, I thought he'd get involved, but he didn't. And I like that. I like the fact that he's doing stuff behind the scenes. And in fact, in this point, after they show the crisis averted, he basically <laughs> he takes off his uh, cape and everything and puts it in a box. And he's like, we're going to have to be underground. And that's where you get the uh, the black and white suit. That you this might sound well. stupid to everybody, but one of the things I'm really looking forward to this is seeing throughout the different events that we've had where Superman where was, was in the there. background. I like, just want him just there Throne watching. of Atlantis. Yeah, he's just there. Huh? It's like he doesn't. And then there's a, a Doomed, the Doom story or freaking hell. And Forever he could, Evil. He could really help and he doesn't. <laughs> He's just, uh, eh, I don't want to get involved. Actually, I really want to see how he would have been in Forever Evil. Yeah, it would have been great. Oh, another problem, I, it's not a problem, like I said, I was going to say it's a critique, it's not even that. It's a nitpick, which this is something personally I would have liked. Mm -hmm. Here we finally have the son of Superman yep. and Lois Lane. Yep. It was like, this is the uh, Superboy Khan in this world is the clone of a future, a possible future son of Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah. And we finally have that character here, but he's too old now. Um, for where the story picks up, 
um, he would have already been taken and turned into a goddamn weapon into the future. Yeah. But uh, so do you think they're ever going to have as he do you think he'll become Superboy? No, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to have powers. He, he doesn't. They're trying to keep the whole Superman identity away from him. Right. And yeah, I don't think he will either. I it'd be cool. But no, yeah, he, no powers are going to manifest at some point. They you have think to. that he will? But yeah, I you really wouldn't have him this, without it. I really wanted this to be the link to the new 52 Superboy. Yeah, you're not getting it. Or... I'm not getting it. He's right, already yeah. too old to be taken by freaking. Uh, I can't even think of his goddamn name. Uh, Harvest. Harvest. Yeah. yeah and and uh, it might. I don't know. Maybe they'll just kind of read. You know, he's what? He was what supposed age to was get he? Four. Okay. Yeah. He's way way yeah, too old. He's it would have been cool if he could still. They could still do that. That would actually be a pretty cool thing for him to get taken and Superman trying to get him back and all that. Because like when his powers start manifesting, he gets sick. It's like his human genes and his Kryptonian genes start fighting each other, and they think he's going to die, and Harvest takes him. Okay. And, well, and, knows, cool. and knows how to cure him because they think he died. Well, you, you may not get that then, or you're no, not going to get what you that. want. It. But yeah, I uh, really hope what you will get is a weird thing where this Superman's uh, powers are starting to get a little wonky. It's all they, around the house now. They're Frick, fluctuating. The last issue of Supergirl, her powers were going. Yeah. Or actually went. Went, We got yeah, the truth, and now we got his powers. And I don't know that I like that. That's one thing that I don't like. I actually would have liked the fact that this book could have tied into the end of that story where he comes in and this Superman actually has his full powers. Right. But yeah, they're fluctuating. He obviously has more powers, <laughs> and he has mentioned that Superman at this point is in the truth deal because yes. his identity is gone. He's like, thank God I didn't let my identity out because of this. So he still has more powers than Superman. He's still flying around. But yeah, he they they twice they mentioned how you know I'm not as strong as I was or I don't understand. I I'm, just love the fact that you can't get away from the truth. I know I can't. It, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Uh, but yeah, then they have to again. It's it's Lois and Clark, so they have to have something for Lois. And her thing is that she is a author X. I hate that. Which is a weird name. Why can't Very it be weird. like Miss X or something like? Why can't she just have author a fucking X. regular pseudonym? Yeah, author X. But she goes with her latest uh, book, Eric. It's a little clandestine meeting in the alleyway, and somebody is peering from the rooftops, Eric. Inner so gang! It's going to ch- cause a lot of problems, yeah. Looks like inner gang. Uh, but then back to Superman. He's going to save Excalibur with Hank Henshaw and supposedly the rest of the crew in there. He does save somewhat the Excalibur, the spaceship, and opens up, and there's Hank Henshaw in there. And... He's like, everybody out before, no. And then there's Hank Henshaw. It's like, help me. <laughs> and he, where are the other? It's so weird. It's a weird scene. Like, he's like, where are the he others? Where's the rest wa- of the crew? He just doesn't want history to repeat itself. I guess. It's just odd that he's like, he's just so upset there. And like the cosmic radiation that affected him in the original, and that would have already gotten him at this point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we get a very odd ending where you go to another planet, and there's a mysterious woman who is trying to find the Oblivion Stone. It's gone, and she wants to get it. She's not going to stop until the stone's her. Next up, face-to-face with her gang, Eric. Who is this woman? Do you have did, any I'm any saying, ideas? how did you know it was a woman? I yeah, never even got that idea. Two things. She's got boobs in no, the she... last panel, and they call her mistress. 
Oh, I thought that. Okay, I see it now. Those and, are some titties. Yeah, I got fact, you. In fact, the boobs threw me off right away. I'm like, oh, I thought it was a guy. And I'm like, oh, boobs. And then the second time I read it, it's like the museum is sacred mistress. I'm like, okay. It, it I actually bad. looked at this completely wrong with my fucked up eyes. I thought that was a, a face inside of a hood. Yeah. No, no those are boobs those instead. Are boobs, so she cuts off the guy's head. She wants the Oblivion Stone, Eric. Uh, I have no idea what the Oblivion Stone is. I have no idea what the Oblivion Stone is. Again, I don't do research, Eric. I did do research. I looked all over the place, couldn't find anything. Yeah, all right. uh, I don't know that you're... It's a weird thing because I would tell you that you're supposed to think that maybe Hank Henshaw grabbed it, but why would he be... It wouldn't make sense. No, not in a distant star system. Who took the Oblivion Stone? I don't don't know. Why is that in the end? Also, I did a little bit of research because I could like uh, I couldn't remember if Hank Henshaw had been introduced in New Fifty Two. Okay, and he had, and I don't remember which book it was though. But uh, for him being on a ten year mission here, it doesn't make sense anymore. Well, yeah, if he was if he was introduced in the New Fifty Two. Oh, I think it was the Ravagers he might have been with. Okay, well they probably the Ravagers who read that, Eric. Jeez, didn't you do? I collected Ravagers? all those. Didn't you um? Review the first Ravagers as yes, I a did. Lost Boys review, where we review comics after they've been canceled. You yes, did, I did do that? Yeah, I, I think if he was in the Ravagers, nobody cares. So they're <laughs> just going to have him. But yeah, I actually, when I first read it, I didn't even, this is how dumb I am. I'm reading it and I'm like, 10 years, but wait a minute, the new 52 is only the five. And I'm like, I'm a dummy. He could have, you yeah. know, it, it, of course. Time existed sense. before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, 10 years. Be weird that if he left and then there was this uh, reboot and he's part of the old thing, so then he knows Superman because he was. I don't know. I'm it gonna, doesn't make sense. Gonna give myself a headache. <laughs> but yeah, I actually I really like this issue. I gave it a seven out of ten, even though I loved the art. I, I just wanted more. Uh, like I said, bang for my buck for the first issue. I wanted yeah. more of like I want. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. In fact, if I reviewed it right now, I probably would have given it an eight five. Yeah. That's how much I did like it, but I did give it a seven. I really enjoyed this issue, and honestly, I could have done without all that fucking distant star system shit with the Oblivion Stone. That actually yeah, ruined yeah. the whole experience for me because I don't want to deal with any of that. And it was weird because that's the very end. Exactly. And like all fired up, and then that happens. I'll tell you, I could do without uh, most of the John stuff. You know, him at oh, school I like and him. stuff like that. I like him. He's a little detective. He's finding out that his fucking daddy's Superman. That. I know, but it, it's just silly. I like it. I would have yeah. given this an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. All Even right. for all the stuff I bitched about with continuity here or there, or if it's not there, I liked this a lot. All right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I I kind of, it was more of a first edition. I'm going to tell you, maybe I was influenced by that Batman and Robin number one, The Eternal, last week. That was such a great first issue that I'm like, man, I really want to get fired up. And I do like it. It didn't get me fired up, though. Though I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And even with a 7, Eric, that's one of my favorite superman books already yeah because boy i'll go back to that i did not like that <laughs> i don't like the truth ever even in real life what do you think of that all right what do you want from me here i don't know you're a liar there you go thank you and what's your next book here i got justice league of america number four written by brian hitch with art by brian hitch daniel daniel henriquez alex sinclair and chris Oh my God, that's a name. Chris Eliopalos. Eliop. 
Kalos. He sounds yeah. he sounds Greek to me, Eric. Uh-huh. Uh, wait a minute, Justice League of America four. Shouldn't this be issue five? Oh, should it? Yes, it should. Oh, should it? Uh, is uh, does this have a monster variant cover? No, why it has a Green Lantern variant uh, cover? A Green Lantern variant? Why well, that's weird. But Jesus Green Lantern God. variants were in September, Eric. Yeah, this is pushback, man. What you want from yes, me? Yes, it was. Because uh, I was getting shit from Manship about telling him shit was coming out and it didn't. It's not me. <laughs> Rao is blessing the shit out of people in this one, brah. And it's up to our heroes to get hams to find out how damaged it <laughs> is, is people. What is this, Rick and Morty? <laughs> Holy moly. If any of you watch season 9 and 10 of Stargate SG-1, you'll know oh, the answer. What because, are you? Oh, my God. Because this, this story is just like our SG-1 team taking on the Ori. If you haven't seen it, well, you're a huge disappointment to me, but Rao is physically changing people's minds into loving him with this blessing. And as we see from Green Lantern's time on Krypton, 250,000 years in the past, Rao needs his devoted to keep him looking mad young, yo. All of this and nothing from Wonder Woman or Flash, and Aquaman is too busy watching his stories to care. Yeah, it's funny. I put I put in there, I'm reading this whole thing, and you had gone about uh, Aquaman, yeah. and I'm reading where the fuck is Flash and Wonder Woman? I got upset. <laughs> I actually want every member in each issue of this. So do and I. it got me upset a bit. Especially Flash. I want it more of Flash. Well, yeah, serious. He's back in 1961. He's in the 60s, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna Free form, love. He's going to form the Beatles, Flash. That's not how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this? There, I've been Tell on the me fence. something. I've been on the fence with this series from the beginning, but this issue actually got my attention by the horrifying... Sh- it, it horrified me. Just, it's a little girl bit. Remember this? Oh, yeah, yeah. This I'm like reading the book, and but it really got my attention when out of nowhere, a mother and father go to their little girl and start talking about how wonderful it is to be blessed by Rao. And she's like, I don't know, Daddy, Mommy. I'm scared. I see some girls in school, and they don't act the same no more. Yeah. Look, Daddy and Mommy, we've been having some problems from, lately. From the mouths of babes, Eric. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I used to beat your mother. Yeah, That's but no, we're fine now. So come on, grabs her, starts dragging her in the street as she's screaming like, oh my God, Brian Hitch just got real. What's weird is um, my kids read this issue and they're looking for Rao, Eric. They want me and Tanya <laughs> to visit Rao, always fighting. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, that scene kind of got me too. Seriously, that is, I'm telling you, I am always just looking for some kind of emotion because I want to feel again since I'm dead inside, Same and this here. actually gave me some goddamn emotion. Yeah, I really, I obviously, I've been reading this book as well. I don't reveal it on the site, but we talk right. about it on the podcast, and I've been, give or take, uh, like I said, I'll read it for the podcast, and then yeah. the minute that we talk about it, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm like, eh, because I don't, you know, you reveal it. Uh, this one, actually, I really liked. I sent you a message that I really liked it. Um, I like a bunch of things. They start off with Cyborg and his dad, and they're working on that thing. Did they mention before what they're working on for Batman? Yo, Batman gave him a bunch of plans before. So like, but look, they didn't really spell out what it was, did no, they? No, they, they were a bunch of different plans okay. that people have, like, he's put up, a lot of villains have put up, a way to stop Superman. Yeah, yeah. And they're, so they're, they're, they're working through the, how they're, like, they're going to do it. Yep, yeah, and uh, I don't trust uh, Victor's dad. You, why don't you trust anybody he's anymore? He's up to no good. He's, he's got fine. that blood. And and Victor has to tell him like a couple times, yo, dad, we're not using that blood. That's Superman's. He trusts us. We're not going to do. Yeah, but, th- but we could stop everything here. Jim, Jim, do you think that Silas Stone would do anything to hurt what his son yeah, thought yeah, of him? Yeah, yes. I, yeah, really. He wouldn't <laughs> do anything. He loves his son so much. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to uh, he's gonna betray them, the row, within three issues, Eric. Oh, that would he's, be terrible he if he fucking gonna, got all blessed up. To. He's going to do something crazy. He's probably going to get blessed up, and he's going to give them the... Not that the blood... Well, again, yeah, I think that it could cause some big troubles. 
But yeah, then I I don't know the, everything that's going on here in this book uh, seems a little odd. But again, when I think about it, it makes all sense because everybody's all whacked out with Rao. Yeah. But yeah, Batman's just in a hospital. He's giving MRIs to villains, freaking thugs, career criminal. It's funny. The lady walks in, the doctor. And she what wants you doing, guy? What are you doing? You you doing an MRI to see if you hit that guy bad enough? And it's kind of a funny line. It seemed weird, but again, she ain't got nothing else going on. I, uh, that's what you get. Then she's like, you know what? We shouldn't be doing this, but eh, I don't got a lot going on. And in fact, goes above and beyond. He just wants an MRI. They're gonna do DNA yeah, testing. Full workup. Full workup. And I want to know, Eric. What I put in my notes is whose insurance is paying for this? Because it certainly isn't our fucking cardboard box factory's insurance. Cause Absolutely we have, not. We have such shitty insurance. But really, is Batman paying for this? Is Are they just going to let it go? It's very odd to me. You well, know, hospitals have a lot of, there's a lot of red tape to go through there. Not anymore, because there's nobody yeah, coming there's in. There's nobody coming in, so they don't care. They they're got a big budget give, now. They're going to get free MRIs and DNA. We're Canada, baby. It just made me laugh. It was kind of an odd way to force into showing like finding out this like batman they're not gonna have an mri machine in the bat cave so he's got to go here and do it we got superman and cyber doing their own investigation with superman's blood and then we have batman doing his own thing so it's a kind of a cool idea to me i think it is i just think that they should i don't know would it have been weird for them to just have batman there and like talking to himself like i know i shouldn't be here but i'm gonna give this guy it's it's just a way it's just a way to explain what's going on uh, but you yeah, need she, that. like I said, he's going to give an MRI. She's going all out. DNA. She's going to test everything. But then you go to uh, Green Lantern. And I don't know about you, but I love this part. I really did love. I love the part with Green. And not much happens. It was my least favorite part. I love it. I love because that's where you get the idea. There's Rao. And yeah. it's funny, too, when he's taking the nap. <laughs> he, he runs into Rao. He's going to go visit Rao. It's thousands of years before what's happening. 250,000 years. 250,000 years. And Rao's an old man who likes to take naps, Eric. I, I Right there. I saw myself right there. Dude, I'm like, I'd I take a nap be, after work today. I, could, I did, too. I could be on that chair taking a nap myself. And he kind of seems out of it, too, which made me laugh. <laughs> he's a daffy old uh, yeah, man. Yes, he's just an old guy. But Behold, hey, our God. They're, ha- they're having, yeah, they're having a, a little bit of a uh, uh, civil war. On Krypton, Hal's there. He's gonna go and uh, have Hal help him uh, end this. And then you see what he does. He takes the li- life energy out of his uh, profits, profits, and that makes him young again. And I thought that's great. That shows you right there. Now we know. You you know that something like this with this yeah. many people involved, it's bad. I really like that, and I like that he's talking about the Green Lantern. I like all that. I really do like it. See, I hated it because. Here we got Hal Jordan. He's out of time yep. on Krypton. He knows that he has to be upset. Once he knows he's on Krypton, he knows he has to be out of time because Krypton's been destroyed. Yeah. We have this whole thing. I have to get back to my friends that are dealing with this big fucking crisis. Oh, wait. Before you do that, do you have time to help us with a civil war? No, I don't, fucko. This I, is not I, my sector. I actually think he's just already he's like, I, I don't have it. I, I'm stuck. He's and a dummy. Maybe, and again, though, he is a dummy. You say it all the time. He's a dummy. Shouldn't so, be a dummy. Yeah, you always say he's a dummy. The guy can't mix constructs. The big, best thing he can come up with is fucking fists. That's not a dummy. That's, not, that's a lack of imagination <laughs> he, And right he has there. a lack of imagination. He's thinking a plan he right just, now. He just witnessed what his best friend get like vanish in front of yeah. him. 
I think that what he's doing is he's got to go with the flow, see what's going on. He's getting the lay of the land. The goddamn ring's giving him nothing. He keeps nothing, asking yeah. questions. I don't even, that's what I'll tell you is bullshit. The ring's giving him nothing. I don't know why he's asking it. Everything he asks is like, I don't know. Look, and, Rao, you might be important to the story, but I'm going back to Oa. Fuck off. Yeah, well, he, he actually asked the ring if he can make a portal to Oa. No, he can't. So he's got to go with the flow. He's going to see what this Rao's up to and see what he can figure out. I don't know. No, I don't know what to give you. I really liked it. I did uh, not care for yeah, it. Yeah, then you get... Uh, it does move the story along because yeah, we does. find I, out why freaking Rao will have, like, be all, like, godlike yeah. and meet these devoted people and with I, blessing. I, I just like the way they did it by going back in time and this. And, again, you're going to get this whole thing where all this craziness is going to have to do with how could have probably ended it right away by just killing Rao. You know what I mean? And Paradox. And there's going to be that. Uh, yeah, and then you get, uh, you get old Aquaman. He's back on Mercy Reef, hanging out with Mara, and they're just having their hot cocoa. They don't. And yeah. He's just there. He's watching. Hey, watching the news about yeah. all this blessing. I, and like, like you said, I hey, think. Did you was, leave one of them prophets yeah. down there? Ah, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. They, you know the Atlanteans. They don't listen to people. Don't tell me my you, business. I'm yeah. king. He's yeah. And again, I get the idea that he's watching this row um, there on on the or a prophet, I guess it would be on right. the television, and he's pissed off because he's in the middle of watching General Hospital, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I want to get back to General Hospital. I have to see what uh, uh, Carly's up to, Eric. Is that what it is, Carly? That is one of the people. It's Carly and Sonny. How do you know that? Because my wife watches it. We get home right when it's on, oh, and I she's back into it. She was a big fan when she was growing up as a kid. And now she's back, so I get to see it. And it's funny because I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, is that Carly and Sonny? And she's like, how do you remember that? Because I'm telling you, I have not seen any of that for eight years. Uh, I don't like the new Carly, Eric. I and, didn't and know then, there was an old Carly. Well, the problem is, is probably this new Carly's probably been on for eight years. But So we go, and then uh, uh, the, the Stones have found out that uh, the Infinity Stones? No, no. The Stones, Victor and Silas. They have uh, found out that, yes, indeed, there is something wrong. With, not wrong, but something added in Superman's blood. It also matches up a bit to this uh, thug that Batman's MRIing, and his brain has kind of uh, changed. His DNA has these new You know markers. what it's like. What's it like, Eric? Oh, you know what it's like? It's like, it, I think it's like the Ani. No, no, no. It's like Angel Season 4 mm. when Angel was fighting Jasmine. Jasmine. And she was a god, and she like any anybody who looked upon her immediately fell in love oh, with her. Yeah, became devoted to her. Mm. Where, where's the crickets? It's like any story with a religion. I could probably find twenty million stories with this where a religion is supposed to be this, and it's not. Well, do your research, man. I don't care. I'm going to talk about this issue. I don't have to talk about things like General Hospital and the new freaking Carly. But you do anyway. Yes, I do. That's what makes us so special, Eric. But yeah, um, basically you find out that Superman has been, his DNA has been programmed to it's love Ralph. Right into him, yeah. And right you get, get the idea that Hal's going to be involved with this, Eric, and he's going to fuck everything up. Because <laughs> he's a dummy, like I told you. I, I don't uh, know, at this point it kind of seems like, oh, you know what, that would make sense then, because Rao has his his followers, but then he has the Argo City's freaking uh, yeah. warring against them. So if they win that, then he freaking blesses all of them. Yep. All of Krypton loves Rao. Yep, that's the, what happens. All of yeah. Krypton loves Rao. Because Hal was a big that. dummy. Because Hal is a dummy, and Hal's going to try to help him or something. But then uh, Superman, they're, they're up to... You just watch his vampire steal life force, and so now you're going to help him. That is right. And you go to the point where they're in... Uh, Superman's in the... Uh, Fortress. Fortress of Solitude and Raoul gets in. I don't. I. You like that he got in? I don't. Yeah. 
I he's a god. Yeah, I don't think he could get in. But yeah, Kryptonians he's in there. Can come in. He's in there and pissed. Yeah, I guess. I, I think he would have some sort of a stop, fail safe that it's just him. But Rao had his prophets bless the fortress. Oh, they blessed the fortress. They're all, <laughs> yeah, they're all in there, and they're like, oh, it would have been so much better if you believed. And again, there's a point where the doctor even says to Batman, "Listen, things are better now." Why? Why do you care? Why don't we go with it? And, and Batman's just like, "It's not free will, but you Damn don't want right. to do that." I'm not so sure. I think the world might be better. But then again, you will see that he's. That's why you had to. Well, that's ass. why you had to have that scene, or else I'd agree with her. I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't know." And in fact, they, maybe they sheep. can pick. Maybe they can pick some like hobos or something. He can get their life force, but everybody else is happier. So now you just want to use the homeless as a, like a means of nourishment. Yeah. Exactly. You're awful. I, I, uh, what, is, what else are they good for, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did in New York. Ask Reggie. They got those homeless off the streets, Eric. Sent them to freaking Alabama or something. I don't want to talk to you. I don't no. know what they did. No. Again, though, I You're do a like that. I do like that the doctor brought that up. And I do like the fact that Batman is just an asshole. Trust nobody. Again, everybody else is like, this rail's great. Of course Batman doesn't think so. He thinks not. something's up. If anybody's happy, Batman's pissed, and that's why I like that guy. Reminds <laughs> me of myself. Uh, but good old Aquaman. And again, what do you like better? Not seeing Flash or what we got of Aquaman? I uh, like the Aquaman yeah. better, bit, just because <laughs> well, it makes funny. me laugh. And also, if you remember in the, like, the first or second issue, the prophets were down in Atlantis, and yeah. Aquaman pish-poshed it and said he didn't believe yeah. in gods. You know what? There's no gods. Go There's talk no to my gods. people. I got yeah. my stories to watch. There's no gods. I got my stories. And what? The, the god of war Wonder Woman called? I don't believe in her. That's why she's not in this issue. He doesn't believe in her. No, what? she's stuck in an empty void that was once Olympus. Yeah. Yeah, actually, now that you remind me of that, I'm glad we didn't see that. <laughs> but I really wanted to see Flash. Yeah, uh, so did I. What did you give it? Eight out of ten. Yeah, it's funny. I, I yell and scream about it or whatever. I really did like it. I thought so it was fun, and it was the and story is finally get, getting somewhere. It's that, that I little see. girl, man, that really put it over yeah, the top. She gave the me the whole feels, scene. She? The feel made the book. I would have given an 8.5. I like the art. I like the story. I really like the Hal Jordan part that you didn't, but I like it because that's like seems to be the uh, the keystone to everything else. Right. And that's what it's going to go. And I think that Hal is a dummy and he's going to ruin things. And it makes fucking me, yelling at the book. Get it, out of there, Hal. It makes me laugh. You? I'm like, Hal, why are you helping him? He's a vampire. Yeah, 8.5 <laughs> I would have given it. But uh, the next issue I have is Batman Superman number 25, written by Greg Pak. Art by Cliff Richards, Beth Satello, and Rob Lee. And um, the thing with this, this is another one of those where the solicit said, uh, didn't say Cliff Richards. All of a sudden, he showed up on the book. And right. It, it actually threw me off a bit. But while this issue has a very odd beginning that feels like a forced way to get Batman in the book, this ended up being one of my favorite Batman-Superman issues in a while. Sure, it's not perfect and doesn't feel completely cohesive with last week's action comics, but having Clark using Batman's gadgets and teaming up with Batgirl was a lot of fun. Throw in a cool battle with Vandal Savage and a cliffhanger with Dick Grayson and Jason Todd joining the party, and this may rise in my rankings with Superman books very quickly. What do you think, Eric? I think that uh, this goes back to our discussion before with, I think it was the first Batman-Superman truth story. Okay. Where I think Greg Pak just wants to write Superman as a dick. Man, I... Right from the the get-go, Superman has this little, like, monologue going on Mm -hmm. in his head. And afterwards, like, who the hell needs Batman anyway? Fuck you, You know what's so funny with this? Because we're going to go back to what I said in that first goddamn Batman and Superman deal. (laughs) I think that Jim Gordon is an asshole. And we'll fight about it all podcast if you want. I don't, I, I'm telling you, I don't think Superman's a dick at all. Because really? you know what? 
Jim Gordon kicked him out of Gotham. He told him to get the hell out. So yeah. what the hell? He's taunting him. And the thing is, though, when do you ever have a thing where, hey, I don't care what you do, Clark. You get the fuck out of Gotham. <laughs> Next day, all right, team, you got one job. Fine, Clark Kent. <laughs> what? What? I'm telling you, because his name is on the book, they had to have him in somehow. And this is such a forced way. He, they, even uh, Julia calls him out. Like, yeah, you told him to get out, and he got. He's got out. He's that done. Really, that really was an unneeded part of this book. So we could have just started out with Superman going after the Dawn Command, yeah. and the way we have the Batman I aspect, just it's have, just the yeah, freaking Bat I family. I just think it's because, Bat, yeah, you didn't need this Batman, and he's a dick. But, yeah, Superman's kind of a dick to him as well. Um, no, not even that. I took it. After he's talking about all the stuff that he's rocking right now with his yeah. glider and his yeah. fucking headset, who who the hell needs Batman anyway? He's yeah. talking about Bruce in I, my no, mind. No, I think because he's saying, even says, but also uh, before I get there, do you remember what Daryl looked like in this issue? No. So weird. If you look at, I'm he, looking at him he, now. It, it's not very good. I think he looks like a woman. It's very weird. You think he looks like Lee from freaking Action Comics? Yeah, that's what he looks like. That's who I thought it was at first. I'm way Lee's there. Her arm's fine. All yeah, right. He, She's okay. And he's also, really scrawny in this. Also, yeah, he's very odd. Uh, art and a couple things are off. And when I told you about, like, sometimes Cliff Richards' art ends up looking very, like, plastic and yeah. like action figures. Glossy. Batman is definitely like that. Batman looks like a, an action figure. But also I like that they're there in this uh, – they look like they're in the blimp, correct? Yeah. And they're just sitting there watching Superman's Truth's Greatest Hits. You know what I mean? And, of course, it's like, there you go. You see the uh, the sun and the, the pun. It's all just ridiculous. And um, you get there. But what I think of what I was saying about this, he busts in. He hears them talking, which is odd, because they're standing next to each other. But it seems like they must be talking over an intercom thing to each other. Makes no sense. Superman's like, you still don't get it, do you? I belong in the skies, Batman. But he also says, like, you know, I don't need to tell you. We're not partners. You're yeah. not my partner. I don't have to answer to you. Blah, blah, blah. And that's when I think he said. When yeah, he, I, when I he get says you that, now. But for some it. reason, I read this earlier today, and I don't know if I just glanced over all that. Because actually, at first, I thought this was actually, like, a dialogue and not an inner monologue when I first read it. But then I read back, like, why the hell would he say that about Batman? They were buddies. No, and again, it's. I, think I guess it's Jim also, Gordon. Will I guess Jim Gordon will never be Batman to me. Yeah, and he's also he's like, uh, he's like, ah, uh, that wouldn't be very Superman of me, would it? And then Gordon comes back with nothing's very Superman of you, Kent. I think that really ticked him off. You know, you know what? What's that? That is a dick, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. That he kicked him out and then wants to know where he is. But you thankfully, know? we only get this small section of Gordon. The rest yeah. of the issue. Clark oh, is the dick. Yeah, well, he's kind of. I think that he's a dick only because he's he wants he doesn't want to hurt people. He wants to work alone. Uh, there's yeah. another you know what? bit. That's what an abusive husband say. Yes. I don't want to hurt you. That's right. I didn't mean to hurt you. You fell down the stairs and then hit that doorknob. That's Clark Kent is an abusive person. I don't. I just think he's trying to get shit. I know what you're saying. I'm but uh, also another weird thing. He's flying. Just happens to see a motorcycle uh, gang and looks. And then when I'm first reading it, he looks and he's like, oh, that person has a gun. Okay. And then you see a woman look up and I'm like, that really looks like Barbara Gordon. I'm like, I wonder. It's so stupid that they have to show her so that you, when she shows up later, you're not like, holy shit, where'd she come from? See, oh, yeah. I thought, she was hiding in the biker gang. I found it even odder that this armored truck that's carrying the Dawn Command yeah. is right around this biker gang. Yeah. Well, what's weird is I don't think they are. 
I actually think that it's a, it's a weird way they spelled it out that they did a bad thing with having these bikes. I think these bikes either came upon that and passed it. They're not part of it though, because they it even says. Oh, I know they're not a part yeah, of it. but it's, it's just, just weird. so weird yeah. that it's like, like they wouldn't react when they went by. It just looks like they're riding around. Yeah, it. they are. It looks like they're riding around. I actually thought at the beginning when I first read, I'm like, what are they riding? Like, uh, you know. They're riding shotgun on this thing. They're protecting it. I thought it was weird, but I do think they're riding around it. Well, yeah, Batgirl they... on this said she was keeping tabs on Clark, right? Yeah. Well, freaking, it's very convenient that this biker gang just happens to be around the Dawn Command that Clark is it, fo- it trying may, to find. I, I said in my review, and I even put in my notes, it's a very forced way to get Barbara involved. It, it is very forced. Uh, in the meantime, Clark's flying around in a glider that seems to be, he calls out that it's invisible. Uh, to like, yeah, that's bullshit. It's not. I think he's uh, full of. He's just. He doesn't even know. He hey, just, co- he's hey, making up got, shit. I got this Wayne Tech invisible guy. Where'd you get that? None of your business. I'm yeah. I'm telling you, he's like the invisible man who everybody can see. It's like uh, that happened in Soap. If you remember that show, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, what's his name? And he'd snap. And he's like, I'm invisible. <laughs> he wasn't. That's what I think. Clark just he makes up shit that he thinks the Bat Tech does. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's just a glider, Clark. It's not invisible. But he looks down. Uh, I actually like, again, we wanted we wanted him from that first issue of Batman Superman. We wanted him when he went into the Batcave. We wanted him to use the tech. Hell yeah. And now you have a, a reticle thing that's hooked up, and it's almost like he has X-ray vision again because he has the tech. And I really like that. I like that he went through the tech that Batman had and grabbed some shit that kind of gives his powers back to him. He can fly now in this. You know what I don't like? What's that? That Jim Gordon points out right in the beginning that he doesn't have heat vision anymore. He doesn't say that. He does. He says he's lost most of his super strength and heat vision. Most. Oh, he says, Kent can't fly. He's lost most of his strength. It's it's a cop-out. They, they say this because, you know, next issue, they're going to have them have super strength again. But, uh, yeah, they say most. And, again, if I, if I asked you, uh, what would be in a uh, zero to whatever Clark strength? You can never answer. So yeah. when you say most and then he, he don't know what he has, it, it's, they've never spelled Damn out. It. They, it's almost like they, they didn't want to uh, go full out. We mentioned this last week, I think, during Action Comics. Yes, they we never, did. They never went full out. He should not have a, one iota of a power, Eric. Uh, but they they just keep going back and forth. But in this no, issue... No, no supervision, but superhero. No. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's uh, setting uh, fire alarms and the sprinklers off with yeah. heat vision, but yet he's it's most. And it's, it's lame. It, it really is lame. Is. Uh, this Dawn Command, the big thing, he sees them, they're barbarians, and he, he scans them. He's like, oh, their weapons are ancient. They're not replicas. So, so weird. God, <laughs> I, I, li- I like the idea of it. But you already got that when that guy's saying he's hungry. Yeah. And they're like, you just thawed. You'll be hungry all the time for another month. Oh, what do you call them? Oh, burritos. That's enough for me. You didn't have to have them scan and have this thing of, are those reproductions? Negative, original. Makes no sense. Now, why, why would you ask that? We got the idea in this that these are, um, you know, ancient warriors that have been freaking yeah, they've cryogenically been, they've frozen. Yeah, cryogenically frozen by uh, Vandal, Vandal Savage, Savage for yes. later use. Which yes. doesn't make sense because you wouldn't have had the technology at the time to do that. I know. But <laughs> why would they still have the original weapons? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the original weapons that really are pieces of shit compared to anything modern. Not only that, though, 
You'd think that they would be riding horses then, but Vandal Savage took the time to teach them how to drive. Yeah, they're driving. Uh, they're driving, and they love burritos, though, Eric. Yeah, who doesn't? And even the guy, like, I'm looking, the one now, uh, they all seem to have the things that I don't. It's, it I hate the Dawn it's, Command. It's a weird way to really stress that these guys are ancient warriors. And Fucking you don't need nonsense. That. Again, they have a crossbow and a sword and a saber and an axe. Uh, it, when I see this, Up I, until I'm last Superman, ish- and I see this, I'm like, boy, those guys got some old-looking weapons. I wouldn't. Are those reproductions? Maybe I wonder. Do my research, but I really thought they were from Subterranea before. Yeah, I, well, the Dawn Command kind of was involved, and then you found out they were with Vandal Savage, obviously, when they stole that son yeah. at the end. So I get the idea. Does Ukar not have any people all I his think own? He, I think he planted them in, and they just became. I don't. I don't know. Again, that's what I get. That he there they were plants for him uh, for a while, and they, I don't like this. They book. <laughs> like they like old weapons. I I like it. I like this issue because it's some it's fun. But again, while we're talking about this, the fun to me doesn't start until uh, three quarters of the way. Yeah, well, Vandal Savage. But again, here's another thing I want to ask you. There's the Dawn Command. They're yeah. in the thing. He already says, "Oh Jesus Christ, they don't have the sun." I, I'm really looking for this artificial sun. He starts fighting these guys, right? Yeah. Beats the crap out of him. Why is he trying to take their armored vehicle away? What is he going to do with it? There's nothing in it. He's already said that they didn't have, and he's got this uh, robot bat copter comes down to take it away. Oh what? yeah, this and this whole thing. What's this he going to go and take it to the the chop shop? This is a helicopter. This is not a bat. There's no, nothing no, remotely bad about this. No, it's a helicopter. <laughs> it's very. Uh, why is he taking it away? I don't know what he wants with this armored vehicle. Is no he, idea. Is he going to study it? Is he going to find some burritos? I, you, I don't know. They were you, just in there going to their next location. You like this issue. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, because then it starts. Vandal Savage shows up. He starts beating the crap out of Superman. Uh, I'm tell, Again, they have a kind of a weird dialogue. Vandal Savage has some weird exclamations where he yells, Vandal Savage killed him about Superman. But I like the fact that Superman even says to himself, Man, something's wrong. This guy's a little stronger than he ever should And I'm so glad been. he did. Yeah. Because I'm reading this like, this is bullshit. Yeah. No, he's beating the crap out of him. And again, he's mostly powered, Eric. Mostly. <laughs> mostly depowered. It's either or. It's glass half full or half empty. But uh, Vandal Savage beating the crap out of him. Superman's like, man, he's stronger than I remember. Uh, stronger than he's ever been. Ever been. Uh, he goes to, to set him on fire in the meantime, in a distraction of Vandal Savage killing one of his men, who just <laughs> happened to, to bring him the freaking flamethrower. The incinerator. Uh, yeah, the incinerator. Uh, back row comes, saves him. They go up. They go back to the back cave. They're not supposed to be there, Eric. They're not supposed to be in Gotham. That that freaking Jim Gordon's an <laughs> asshole. Uh, but they're there. And in it, again, it's weird because I'm going to say more bad things, and I really did enjoy this issue to a point. But Batgirl puts together like one plus one and comes up with 18. Yes. This, this, this whole thing where they're trying to describe him, to me, it's there's Greg Pock and he's trying to explain to us all these things that are going to come together from the, the truth part and what's right. going on in this and make it uh, make sense. Doesn't make sense to me. Makes no. no sense. She basically is like, well, they have Vandal Savage. He's 3,000 years old. They, they have ancient weapons from these barbarians. Yeah, let's go to Siberia. I think that there's nuclear warheads there. Makes no sense. But I like the idea where she says, like, you, you got to understand. He's like, I, I, you don't deal with this. I have to go alone. Uh, 
it's dangerous for you. You know, I'm going to have to be the, I'm going to be like Batman. And she says, there's one little secret. Batman never worked alone. I like that. I really like that. And I like this part. They're in Siberia where they're digging up these old warheads. Vandal Savage shows up in one of those doors again. And uh, I said to you, it's like a hopper in Bugs Life or in uh, the Seventh Samurai. Same deal. He shows yeah. up. He starts yelling at these people who have families there. Listen, you better get the job done. Oh, we're trying our best. It's not safe. Whatever. You promised me uranium, yeah. you fucks. Yeah, you get the uranium in a week. You get seven days. I'm back and I'll kill everybody here, including your fucking son. And uh, he goes off. Superman's all pissed off. And Gordon mentions it at the beginning, and it, it still is true. The, the main truth about the truth, Eric, which I don't like. Did I mention that? Um, <laughs> is that Superman still thinks that he can just jump in and things. And also, I like to see this. There's one panel when they're looking. It looks like Superman's trying to take off his coat to show his Superman shirt again. <laughs> He's always trying to do that. And uh, it doesn't mean much anymore, Clark. Stop. Uh, but yeah, at the end, she they're like, we're going to go down there. We're going to make friends with these people. We're going to protect them. When uh, when Vandal Savage shows up there, we're going to teach them to fight him. I'm telling you, it's all those movies. Bugs Life, freaking yeah. even Unforgiven, all these things where a guy goes into ants. town and helps some ants. It's all the same. Uh, but yeah, then at the end, you're like, hey, I told you we don't do it alone. And out of nowhere, there's Grayson and Red Hood in the middle of Siberia. I don't know how they got there, but they're there. And it says continued to be continued with Grayson and Red Hood. And I'm telling you, the worst-looking Grayson I've ever oh, seen in my Christ. life. You've been yelling about this since Wednesday. I'm telling Wednesday. you, if this is what Grayson really looks like, Midnighter would have no parts of Mare. He's not a good-looking <laughs> fellow here. He just looks weird. I, I, everything about him is off. He's got huge ears. I don't Jerry O'Connell doesn't seem so bad now, does he? No, I'll go Jerry O'Connell. I don't know what this is. It's so weird. <laughs> I, li- I like the way Red Hood looks, though. Yeah. And again, in that last panel, love the way Batgirl looks. So I really do I. Do. I actually uh, like the way she looked throughout this. Even yeah, I'm not a huge too. fan of the new costume, but I like it here. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, but yeah, Dick Grayson looks terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was fun after ripping it apart this whole time. Uh, it might be the fact that I really really love that he's using the bat tech and right. i really like that the bat family's joining in with him because to me you've you've pretty much painted yourself in a corner that he can't really he's not going to deal with gordon and they right. did it again here so you need something with the batman and like you said earlier i'll go with the bat family as the batman part so of I. it i think it's great i really like that you did not need that gordon shit at all no it was stupid and uh i gave it a seven out of ten I would have given this a 5.5. 5.5? Jeez. Yeah. You are a tough man. Um, I did not care for the book. Okay. Well, let's, that was mostly nonsense. Let's continue with uh, another Bat Family book. A very heavy Bat Family books this week. Yes. Red Hood Arsenal number 5, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dennis Medry, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. Mm-hmm. It's time to take out Underbelly once and for all, and to do, and to do it, our heroes are going to have to work with the new Robo-Batman. Well, Red Hood will have to because Arsenal hightailed it. In this issue, we get the backstory of Underbelly, a briefly possessed Jason Todd, and an evil-destroying arrow. All of that, and Jason sees Bruce is alive, but with this issue's cliffhanger, it looks like Roy might have been killed. Yes. Boosh. Yes, indeed. I love this series, but this issue just was off to me. Uh, it was okay. I really I liked Roy a lot. Roy was barely um, in it. I know, but what he was in, I, I thought he was great. Even at the beginning, he's like, they're they're using that Sonic deal. Yeah. And uh, 
they're so covering excited. yeah they're covering he's like i gotta build one of these suits and i love jason's <laughs> i can't hear you but i'm certain you're saying something stupid oh i'm saying the, the interaction between jason and arsenal yeah. are always it's good always at good stuff. i just i like the uh i really do like the comedy relief of roy uh but i also like that a lot of times he does save the day yeah and so it's not just like bluster he really does save the day i hate jim gordon this issue where <laughs> I hate him with a passion because I don't know. At one point, I thought that the suit was going to open and a 65-year-old woman was going to come out. (laughs) When when have we ever seen him yell about, don't you give me that sass? What the hell is that? He's 45 years old. Oh, my God, he's a 45-year-old. Yeah, whatever they claim he is, I think he's one of the golden girls now. He's like, don't you sass me, young man. And then it keeps going, too. He's like, at one point... He's like, hey, son, I t- just I don't know what was going on. And then it, it ended with him making me cry because he did call Red Hood champ at that <laughs> one point. He's like, listen, champ, what is going yeah, on? Know. He is so the dialogue of Batman in this is awful. It yeah. is so bad. And again, he he they need to put him in. They But I, I wish the story wasn't in Gotham and didn't involve this Batman because it's just a bunch of nonsense. And and in fact, Batman goes back and forth with that points. You think he, he respects Red Hood, then he doesn't. It just, oh my God. See, actually, I love the fact that this takes place in Gotham. Yeah, Unfortunately, like we the have ba- the robo-Batman. Yeah, that's the for. problem. That's what I'm saying. And you get the whole thing where, like I said, he's Jason's like, I don't know. I don't think that's Bruce in there. Uh, yeah, no shit. I think if you showed up and it was Bruce, he would have told you. Hey, hey, Jason, it's me. He would have said something. Yeah. It's so stupid that he says that. I just, the whole thing with Batman in this, I, I hate. Well, for the most part of this whole robo-Batman thing throughout all the books, the dialogue for Batman's been terrible. Yeah. Well, again, you, you get the idea. It's like, there's Scott Liddell. He, you don't, he doesn't want this robo-Batman. He's forced to have him in, so he's got to make his dialogue. And it's, it's not, I don't think they got together to talk about the voice of Jim Gordon as right. Batman. So they get their own deal. You know, Scott Liddell, to me, thinks that Batman or Jim Gordon is a 70-year-old woman. It's a Stel Getty in there or something. I don't know what he thinks, but it, it's just off. And even even like some of the things, like one of his big lines is, "If you, listen here, boys, if you're not part of the if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem." It's awful. It's so stupid. But I like Roy. I really love Roy. And again, he, he's really he does have a great combo of those two together. Their their interaction yeah, is those is are perfect. Awesome. Uh, then you get now, it's a weird too where we get another bit of an origin of Underbelly. And I know that you really didn't like the one, the, the Not at all. pretentious Underbelly that you told me, where he, he tells you what no, he is. Not pretentious, presumptuous. <laughs> he, I think he's both. But, but if I could, uh, Underbelly comes out of nowhere. He's given his big backstory. We find out, though, he is from a psychic siphon. That Arkham Asylum created to lobotomize patients. That when Joker broke out with a bunch of the other, uh, you know, Rogues Gallery, which of Batman, was the, a scene that we loved when they were loved, all sitting together. Loved it together, in the last scene. Yeah, loved that it. Poor janitor opened up the door. Worst door to open up ever. Oh, everybody blew him away. And then he got Robocopped. Yeah, he totally got Robocopped. Yeah. <laughs> Peter yeah. Weller. Yeah, he got Peter Weller. And honestly, going back to Batman, if if Jim Gordon was Peter Weller in that scene, he would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, but anyway, he, he would have just got up and then went uh, and walked on a periodic table, did a little uh, tap dance. Underbelly's going off about the psychic siphon and how this thing that Joker stole 
was damaged during the fight, and then he was born through that. All the like the evil that was inside these patients that were lobotomized yeah. using this created this evil thought form. And he's been going around the world ever since, gathering freaking uh, like you know people's hatred and freaking uh, evil. Yeah. It's making him stronger and stronger. Jim Gordon says in this, I've been on Underbelly's trail for a while. How come this is the first we've heard of it? And Batman has um, never been here, on the goddamn here's the case. Thing. I actually put this. Um, this is my exact notes. Plus, he seems uh, Underbelly seems too involved in the country's crime because he's Seriously. everywhere to go unnoticed. And I put <clears throat> they made him too big to make sense. Seriously. If he was just this like black shadow that was in all the cities where yes you're there like he's always there he's always in the the shadows where where there's evil there's underbelly next thing shadow knows yeah they make him the god the godfather that now the criminals are going to him there is no way that he would have gone unnoticed there's no way they made scott liddell got too excited about this underbelly (laughs) and made him too much of a crazy villain here the presumptuous aspect, though, is that while he's giving this backstory, he's like, some might have thought I was that security guard that got killed. I'm like, who the fuck yes, was thinking uh, that? Maybe I, it never crossed my mind no. until he said it. I'm like, no, that doesn't even make any goddamn sense. No. So they show, then they show, again, he was everywhere. You know, Then he becomes, like I said, he's the godfather. At this yeah. point, they're coming to pay respects to him. He's eating fucking spaghetti <laughs> in a fucking Italian restaurant. They came to me for approval. Why, for favors. What, Batman would know about him. They, he would have tried to stay. It's just it, he made it too big. He didn't need to do that. I, I like the idea that Underbelly was this thing that was just the pure evil of, pe- of people's souls. He's like the shadower. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that he was just there. And now he is kind of, even if they made it now that he, he stepped up his game. He knows the evil that dwells in men's souls. He does know the evil that dwells in men's souls. And this is where he's stepping it up. Or, or Jason and them did, Jason and Roy did something that triggered this to make him a full embodiment. You could do it would have been that. nice. Nope. He's also like a, a Hollywood producer, Eric. He's everywhere. <laughs> he looks like a fucking bodyguard to somebody at the one scene. Yeah, yeah. He's just hanging out as a bodyguard. At a car. Yeah, it's so weird. But I, I did say, I sent you the thing. I like that uh, Roy gives a little meaning of life, Monty Python's meaning of life thing with Mr. Creosote. <laughs> I'm like reading it. He's like, you're one thin men away from an all-beef wall split. I'm like, he's talking about Mr. Creosote. <laughs> and I, I didn't uh, even pick up on that. I was that. like, holy crap, that's pretty funny. And Roy, I like Roy, but yeah, he hightails it out of there. I like that he hightails it out and doesn't even say. He's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> he gets the hell out of there. And then for some reason, you get the idea that that little distraction is what led to him being kind of possessed then because it's the next next deal it's right below yeah and that he was distracted by roy leaving and then that's when he gets possessed but again yeah. a, that's such a forced thing to show that roy, uh, jason is not evil it's even that i don't even know what they're going with there but there's actually been a lot of contention on the site with commenters about what this means yeah yeah like there's uh people are saying that it's because of his training with dukra and all this other stuff that he's able to overcome this mental yeah, like yeah, attack yeah, yeah other people are saying how it's oh, this proves that he's not the dark character he once was blah, i blah, think blah. that's all it does and i agree with that i'm saying though it's all bullshit because up until this point which was like what was it two panels three panels something like that yeah We've never seen the underbelly has the ability yeah, to again, possess I, people. Me and you were talking, and I, I, I actually just think that we haven't seen enough of underbelly. That this is just you could. Next thing you know, uh, three panels from this, he could fly away, and I, I, oh, we didn't know he flew. I just get the idea that he is the embodiment of pure evil, and 
when but you're around him, you kind of, if you are evil yourself, you it doesn't make sense get, to me not though, possessed, because... but more like uh, influenced by him to be the evil that you are. I, I just, again, I think it's just a goofy thing with Underbelly. I just don't think we've seen him enough to say what he is or isn't, and they're just adding shit in as you go. But I'm saying though, if this character is supposed to gain strength from the evil of men's souls, um, if he's possessing, it doesn't really make sense. So if he's making people do this evil thing, he's not really getting power off it. Then no, I don't even. I'm, again, I don't even know how much. I didn't even think that he even really said that he got power from it. He That's did why say my power blob. is limitless. But I think that it's more the the fact that when there's evil. It, it makes him manifest more. That's just, I don't, it's just like if, if there was a city Why where there is that was no evil. Blob in Detroit, yeah, and if, yeah, and Detroit, yeah. The worst and places if, in the world. Yeah. If he was, if you get to the place where he's that bodyguard, it's not that bad a place. He's just this guy. Uh, Hollywood, he's bad enough, but he's, you know, doing things. I don't know. It's like, it's a little back and forth, but yeah, I just get the idea that where there's pure evil, he is. And then the people who are evil are kind of influenced to become more evil. Not I, again. It's so it's weird. It's very odd. It's not I, that I'm not I'm not even saying what happened like with filler, Jason. Honestly. To me, it felt like Jason was around him. If he was pure evil, if his heart was evil, he would just be like he wouldn't be able to to hold it back. Right. And he does have some bad shit going on, Jason. But, yeah, he's because, had a bad past. but he's not. And he says, listen, you think I'm evil? No, I'm an ass. But I'm not pure evil and fuck you and shoots him in the foot. Hey, you got Take my dick, dick message. Shoots him, in the, shoots him in the fucking foot. Yeah, and, I didn't understand that either. No, and Why? Then, again, you had all this. Now, in this issue, we've gotten what appears to be a new power that we're just arguing about. Yes. We get more of a uh, origin story. And then out of nowhere, Red Hood just comes and shoots him with this magic arrow. Oh, Arsenal. Arsenal, I mean. Did I say yes. Red Hood? Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. And so to me, that's the more bullshit that you went through all this effort to, I, wasn't this, trick jan- arrow. I wasn't this janitor. And <laughs> I, pure evil, that's wherever that is. I grow powerful, and now I'm the godfather, and I'm that trick arrow done. He's done. What uh, happened, Arsenal? Well, you know that crowd dispersed arrow I had before? Well, I retooled it and thought about the way, like, this nerve gas that created him. I reversed it. Yeah. It's funny oh, because... Oh, did you, Arsenal? It's funny because I think when he left, he actually called up Barbara Gordon and said, Hey, can you give me some of that logic that you figured out to go to Siberia? And then Seriously. she said, Oh, wait a minute. You got this. You had this crowd disbursement arrow, and this guy, this underbelly, kind of looks like a bunch of guys together. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah use I saw that. he was talking out of many mouths. And, so, and yeah. you know what would really be good? Hook it up to a satellite. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this trick arrow somehow reverses the, the effects of Underbelly and erases Underbelly across the world. Yeah, yeah. to me, it's like uh, Scott Liddell's writing. He's like, <laughs> I, I really love Underbelly. I really like it. Yeah, we'll do this. He's got, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of getting bored with him. Ah, yeah. End. The end. Because, yeah, you get all this effort into showing what he is and all that. Just to end it with a trick arrow that hooks up to a satellite. But this I, is... I like when he was taught, like, yeah, I'm a genius. And I, again, I love, I love Roy. Yeah, I think so he's great, I. but yeah, it makes no sense. And then you have that, and then Batman again is like, yeah, hey. And oh, uh, one other thing I do want to mention. Earlier in the issue, Underbelly gets shot, right, with uh-huh. the arrow. He says, my body, my beautiful body, what's happening? Batman says, beautiful and that to to Jason is a joke. Yeah. He even says like, "Man, 
Bruce didn't have a sense of humor like that. What, why is that? Is that funny to you? Yeah, because he's, he's not beautiful. Yeah, but that's he's that's he's questioning him. He goes, "My beautiful body, beautiful." Yeah, but that's not that funny. That's not even something. It's not, not something even, that Batman would say. Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't have been thrown off if Batman said that. It would just be like what? It's so stupid. He's like, well, oh, and so he goes you just said what? Thing. That's being thrown no, off. I'm saying, no, I'm saying at Batman. That's basically what he's saying with beautiful. Like what? He beautiful. That does, yeah. And then Jason says, hey, there's someone for everyone. There's the joke. <laughs> and it just, it, I thought it was a stupid way to be like, oh, this isn't the real Batman. It was like such a throwaway stupidity, stupid line that it just threw me off. It was not funny and it didn't even seem that humorous to me. I don't even know why I really had a problem with it. But yeah, then they go and... Uh, Kiss me sexy Batman. Yeah, it's, that's, that shit like that throws me off. I just, I'm like, if you're going to make it a, a joke... Make it a joke. Make it something funny, not beautiful. It actually seems like you could be serious about that. Oh, I'm so be- beautiful. He's just confused, Eric. And I'm confused. I'm confused with that whole part. Now I really hate this issue. But then you see your Susie Sue. Yeah, the hell Susie name Sue is. action. And uh, at the end, you get the new, uh, the new team that's going to go after him. Uh, Hero Manifesto. You like Hero <laughs> Manifesto? Yeah, you got your nanobot fucking mimes. Yeah, well, you, I actually have the names of all of them, Eric. Do you? Yeah, where are they? It's uh, Sarah Fina, is the the girl who says it. The lady yes. Who says it. Susie Sue. Yeah. Lay Pal- Mimes and, and Palette. Yes. And Lay Mimes is actually a guy who's uh he morphs himself into uh, the two. He was one guy. I don't. Know, I read. I read this, and it doesn't even make sense to me because they have different colored hair. But that was what it said. I was reading up because. Well, they were like, nanobots before. Yeah, I was like Hero Manifesto. But yeah, there. That's Hero Manifesto. I really don't care about any of these characters except for Susie Sue. I want to know how the fuck she's still alive because yeah. re- last time we saw her, Red Hood put a goddamn bullet in her goddamn brain. Yeah. Well, then the issue proper ends with almost like an epilogue. Yeah, uh, actually, is- two because. Uh, yeah, Jason goes and sees Bruce, and I don't know. I didn't get much from that. I don't know. I This is not the strongest Red Hood Arsenal uh, issue. Yeah. I love the interaction between Jason and Bruce because yeah. it's like I'm saying. Bruce has no idea who he is. No, Jason he doesn't. doesn't uh, Jason has no idea how to react to this because he doesn't know if Bruce is playing an act, if he doesn't, yeah, if he's trying just to walk away from the life. He's just happy. As, oh, I'm telling you, this is where we really see that the darkness is gone because he's just so happy to see that Bruce yeah, is alive. Yeah, what's weird, though, is he, he says that, but in his face and all through this, there's never once that he even smiles. Bruce does. Jason yeah. doesn't. He's like, huh. And then he hugs him. It's very odd, but I'm telling you, I, I didn't mind the thing. Until, he's got to put in the, the legwork to get in that until painting, Until Jason man. walks away and you get the shadows of Batman. <laughs> That is I so, liked it. That's so hokey. That's my that's that my is, favorite part of the no, book. I thought that was ridiculous. That there's take care, kid, and his shadow is Batman. I thought that was so hokey. I like. I, I, I thought it was over the top hokey. But yeah, you have that, and uh, then it ends with Jason or Roy getting shot by Joker's daughter. Who I I was hoping nowhere. I was hoping Joker's daughter was gone there. I th- I was hoping she would never she see been. her we, again. We just saw Gordon arrest her. Yeah, in a few detective, issues of detective. detective beat the shit out of her too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, was sending her off, and she must have gotten out because here she is. And you know what? Is. I'm just happy as hell though that she's back because now we can see Red Hood and Arsenal beating the shit out of her. Yeah, some more. I don't know. She, after I mean, being a terrible character, what do you think happens there? Because it really does look like uh, Roy gets his head shot off. 
Honestly, this reminded me of that Convergence Titans issue where we yeah. see that it looks like Roy shot freaking Donna and uh, who else was there? So I think it was Starfire and Donna. Yeah, with remember, the, remember the that guns cliffhanger? To the side, the, yeah, side gun. But the thing is about this, there's actually blood flying up at Joker's daughter in that last bit. That makes me worry. There, <laughs> there is actually blood all over the place. Uh, so we'll see. She'll end up. She would have. She, she shot her foot or something. Or <laughs> it's so stupid. And I hate Joker's daughter, but so I do I, like the next issue. Red Hood and Arsenal scratched out. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, what'd you give it? I'm saying, well, something that I began with the series. Of, I bitched and bitched about Dennis Medry's art in the beginning. Oh of the yeah, series. yeah, yeah. And he has won me over. Each issue, his art has gotten better and better. And somebody said on the site, like I, you know how we look at the solicits and shit. Yeah. They're not always right. It looks like he's off this on after next issue. I tried to send him a message earlier. He never got back to me. I want to confirm this shit because I really want him on this book. I like yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. But uh, I don't have any information besides that. I, I do like it. The only thing I don't like actually is the um, is Roy, his face. Oh, I'm I, saying, I think it's a little off, but I love everything else. I I'm love... telling you, if you got them in their old costumes, everything would be fucking yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do like this this book. Uh, this issue, I, it was a little off. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah, I, I would have given it a six five. I, I did like it, but yeah, it's fun. It's always fun. Yeah. But uh, the Gordon part threw me off, and Underbelly's just ridiculous. And Underbelly's and, backstory and shit like that. Yeah, just to end with a trick arrow. Yeah, it just trick ends arrow. And then, uh, but the, do you think this new team that's going after him, the uh, Hero Manifesto, they seem like a lot of fun. They they are going to be fun. Yeah, so I, I hope it goes back to, you know, a fun book, whatever. But speaking of fun book, we're up on Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark's Other Side segment, Eric. What's he doing this week? He's doing Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Oh, that's cool. And I don't have, do you know anything about this book? I know I enjoyed the movie. Okay. I, I watched the movie yesterday. Nice. <laughs> I saw on and I watched a little of it. But I actually, I know you get mad at me, but I want to read the solicit of this just because I want your reaction to the Guardians of the Galaxy. It says, Peter Quill has abandoned the Guardians and his role and his role as uh, Star-Lord to be Emperor of the Spartax. Rocket didn't wait a single minute to take the reins and become team leader of Drax. Okay, Drax. Okay, gotcha. Groot. Mm-hmm. Venom. Okay. Kitty Pride. Okay. Who's going by Star Lady. And Star, new, really, Star Lady? Star Lady. It's a and, terrible name. And new guardian Ben Grimm, the ever-loving thing. And he's a new guardian. Yeah. they have. I think that sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a lot that's of fun. A, it's a really cool-sounding team. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but that's something. Uh, Ryan had told me he was going to do this. He was going to do the um, new Captain America number one. Now, is this the Flash Thompson Venom? I don't know. I don't know. It's Agent. I would Venom. think it would be. Yeah, yeah. That's that's okay. Flash Thompson. Then, then. That, there it is. You, you yeah. know me. I don't know. You've been reading comics all your life. You told me. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a cool team. Yeah, it does. And I said to him when he told me about it, he's like, "Oh, the team's this." Because I said I had heard that uh, Peter Quill had left. Right. And I said to him, "Oh, you know, Star Lord's not in it, right?" And he's like, "No, he's uh, King of the Emperor of the Spartax." But and then he told me the team, and I said, "Boy, that's that does sound like fun." And he said, "It's so much fun." And uh, he was going to do the new uh, Captain America. Right. Is it Sam Wilson? Yes. Yeah. And he said that that was a bunch of nonsense. And he was af- <laughs> he's afraid to talk about that because he actually thinks that it would end up being like you and Batman 44. <laughs> Oh, Jesus because Christ. there's a lot of people going, oh, it's very uh, topical and political. And see, he, there you guys go. Fucking well, everybody's no, afraid he to say something yeah. bad. No, he just said that he just he doesn't like it, so he's staying away. 
I don't know if he's doing it on his site over at Brightest Daycare, but uh, right. And you know what? He gets one book to pick on our uh, thing, and he wants to do something that he likes. Uh, I'm just talking about in general for oh, reviewing. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure he reviewed it, but he did not like it that much. So he's going to do Guardians of the Galaxy number one, and we're going to see how it is because it sounds like fun. All right, take it away, Ryan. <laughs> Dance off, bro! Me and you! Hello, Weird Science, and welcome back to the 35th installment of the Other Side segment here on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and I'm here to bring you the Guardians of the Galaxy number one from Brian Michael Bendis, Valerio Skitti, Richard Isinov, and VC's Corey Pettit, with cover art by Art Adams and Dave Stewart through Marvel Comics. In the wake of Secret Wars, you know, that event that hasn't ended yet, the Guardians of the Galaxy have a whole bunch of shaken up done to their lineup. First off, we get to meet newest team member, the ever-loving Thing. You may know him as Ben Grimm of the Fantastic Four, maybe? You know, that group that Marvel Comics wants nothing to do with, so they canceled their book and scattered their characters for the, to the four winds, and... Miraculously, one of them lands in Guardians, which is probably one of the bigger titles out there. Uh, He's a new member of the Guardians, and boy, is he loving it. Uh, Groot, Drax, and Rocket are all back in the lineup where they belong, but there's still one more major change. Um, You know, Agent Venom's still there, he's fine. Um, But the big one is Star-Lord, yes, that Star Lord man is a woman, and not just any woman, but Kitty Pride. Like what? That is so crazy. I can't even. I'm trying to even, and I can't even. Peter Quill is now the leader of the the Spartax people, so he's having a pretty tough go of things, being an unwitting monarch sort of stuck in the role of this bureaucrat when he's usually just so good at kind of being a jerk. Or, as other people put it, kind of an a-hole. The artwork in this book is great. The humor is absolutely on point. Um, Case in point, I thoroughly enjoyed the page uh, with the uh, grid of panels where Kitty is trying to non-verbally convey to Rocket that she wants him and the rest of the Guardians to take this strange artifact that they found all the way back across the galaxy to Spartax space to Peter. And as Kitty is making all these different faces and emoting all these different things, Rocket's just not getting it. And at the very end, we see Groot kind of tilt his head into the middle of a panel and just says, I am Groot. The way that he always does, and we don't know what he's actually saying, but all the other characters understand what he's saying, like Chewie and R2-D2 from Star Wars. And... Rocket reacts with a pretty emphatic, no! Uh, I just like the progression of the panels where Kitty is doing, just working so hard to try to get her point across, and her emotions are changing so vastly from panel to panel, and then the end just sort of being this sort of outburst back and forth from the characters. It was just a lot of fun. Then, as the Guardians show up on Spartax, Peter Quill is caught getting intimate 
though not of his own volition, mind you, with some weird pinky purple tentacle monster alien lady? Yikes. Not a good way for fiancé to catch you. No, sir. Uh, the issue then ends uh, with the unceremonious arrival of Gamora on Spartex. She just kind of crash lands and is all sorts of beat up and bloodied. Um, I'm still assuming that this is the Black Vortex-powered version of Gamora, uh, even though we don't really know for certain because we haven't ever really seen the Black Vortex Gamora get so thoroughly beat down like this before with the kind of power set that she has. And because with Secret Wars not over yet, we don't really know what the heck has happened. Uh, the arrival of a big bad uh, on the last page was a nice cliffhanger. I really can't wait to see what kind of fallout that comes uh, with this for the people of Spartax. You know, this is not the kind of thing that I'm sure happens to them very often, if at all. I doubt they'll react very well. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of collateral damage if the um, sort of, you know, caught in the crossfire situation like we saw in the Guardians of the Galaxy film is to be applied to this story. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be involved that don't want to be involved. Overall, this issue was just fun. Uh, I really liked the rejuvenating effect of adding the thing to their roster, uh, getting, getting Kitty Pride in there to take over for Peter Quill as sort of the, um, you know, the, the fun force, uh, leader of the book. Um, and this book, this first issue really feels like a nice and easy to access book. The accessibility hurdle for this first issue is pretty low at this point, um, uh, but as far as I can tell, uh, the Guardians Secret War series isn't even really required reading as of this, so you can just pick up this first issue and enjoy it. Since it is out before the end of Secret Wars, it does feel like it is its own standalone thing. We're not really left in the lurch. Not sure what's going to happen here, um, but uh, you can pick this up fresh and, and read it and enjoy it. Uh, again, I just enjoyed it. I felt like it was a romp. Uh, the artwork is really fun, has a good balance of the uh, character designs for the, the bigger hulking forms for characters like the Thing and Drax, but yet still can make Kitty Pride look like a normal cute girl. Uh, in my opinion, I think this book is definitely worth checking out, and even if Secret Wars isn't over yet... Um, this book is at least a, a friendly reminder that at least some of these characters make it out okay. Uh, as always, you can reach out to me at, uh, on Twitter at BDC Comics. Find my f uh, pages on Facebook, Google+, and Tumblr, as well as read any and all of my written reviews at my website, brightestdaycare.com. And if you have any suggestions for the other side segment or just want to reach out to me directly, you can email me at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And until next week, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, who's ready for a dance-off, you guys? Eric, you in? Jim? Reggie, I know you got some moves. Come on, man. And now, Eric, it's time for the Flash Reviews. Flash! Right, Eric, I'm going to start it off with what I always start off with, Injustice, Year 4, Number 24. 
This issue ends the year of the gods, and I couldn't be more disappointed. In a book that wears its over-the-top action on its sleeve, why would Brian Bucciolato end this phase with a whole bunch of nothing? Why, Eric? I have no idea. Why? You don't read this book. No. Why? The gods talk it out. Superman threatens everyone, and Batman is still looking for an army to fight his former best friend. His former bestie. While the idea of the multiverse and Lex's escaped experiment have me intrigued, I'd rather just pretend this year never happened, and I gave it a 4.8 out of 10. Next, we have Batmite number 5. Our Dark Might teams up with the Inferior 5 here to help them on their quest to retrieve the first episode of Galaxy Trek. But even with the Imped Crusaders' improvements on the team, Gridlock managed to get away with the episode. Batmite's adventures look to be on the, at an end, though, when the Fifth Dimensional Tribunal commands the Sentry Silent to be sent out to retrieve our pseudo-hero so he can be executed. Great artwork, but in all, not a horrible book, but not one that Reggie would cr- necessarily cross this street to get either. God damn, that was terrible. Yeah. Reggie gives this issue a 6.5 out of 10. What would you give it? I didn't read it. No, oh, you didn't read it. No, I went, Reggie, I went through Reggie's review. Oh, I looked Jesus at some stuff Christ. that he said. That then I, I looked lame. at. I read the end of the book because he didn't give away anything at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have a close connection with the Inferior Five. Well, here we go. Harley Quinn number twenty-one. While this book has been, uh, while this book has by far my favorite monster variant cover, uh, the issue was not anywhere near my favorite. While Harley heading to Hollywood and meeting up with Deadshot sounded like fun, this issue and the arc have really been anything but. There are plenty of over-the-top action, but the bloodshed just rubbed me the wrong way. Story of extortion and drug dealing ends here, and Harley is heading back to Brooklyn. Hopefully, Pamiata and Connor remember what made this book good in the first place and get back to the jokes and pop culture references. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't even like that, Eric, so I, I've lost interest in this book. Well, I get around to, when I get around to reviewing this issue, I'm telling you it'll be between a four and a five, <laughs> which is always my usual with their books. It just is not that good. Yeah. Uh, and then the last Flash review is Catwoman number 45. Genevieve Valentine continues kicking ass in this book, and while I think this issue deserves to be something other than a Flash review, it's not much for me to discuss with you if we did. Sure, the idea of Aiko taking over the Hesagawa crime family is cool, but it's nowhere near surprising, and the biggest thing in this issue turns out not to be. Of course, I'm talking about Catwoman killing Black Mask. In the end, it's the Penguin who uses everything that's happening for his own gain. And as we get closer to the new creative team, I'm enjoying the crap out of this run. The art and story are top-notch. And while I haven't reviewed it yet, this is easily an 8 out of 10, if not better. But Jim, I saw in Batman that the Penguin died. Possibly. Yeah, I, he didn't die in this. There's some, there was a couple, there's some weird things in all of this. Like even uh, Deadshot in Harley. And I know the Harley is kind of one of those that's out of the, con- you know what I mean? It's yeah. outside of continuity somewhat. But yeah, Deadshot's just running around. They're, they're on a team together, on Suicide Squad. They're beating the crap out of each other. Just some some things just always seem a little odd with books like that. But, you yeah. know what Palmiotti and Connor need to do? Start what? writing Harley like she's written in New Suicide Squad. Yeah, really. Well, that, they have to, they're one-trick ponies. We're going to talk about it when we get to Starfire. Sure uh, will. Yeah, because, boy, they go with one thing and they keep going. And I'm telling you, it gets old and it's not as funny. But, Eric, that is Flash Reviews. Ooh. All right, 
we're back for the final stretch, Eric. It's final home this stretch. is a weird. Well, this is a weird uh, way we're doing it this time, where we front ended the podcast and we're ending it with three books. We're top uh, heavy. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we have it at the front end. I like to say. Yeah, it's top heavy, and now we're at the bottom. And again, I'd like to say that it's not the bottom of the barrel, but two of these Next books week. are not my favorites. What's Next that? week, man, we need to have a power bottom. A power bottom? There's no yeah. such thing. Bullshit. There is no such I'll thing show as a you. power bottom. <laughs> I don't think I want to know that. I don't want to see it. And while you're going to talk the first book, I'm going to take another five-hour energy, Eric. Oh, Jesus Christ. So there. You go on with it. Constantine the Hellblazer, number five, written by Ming Doyle and James Tinian the fourth, or Tynan. Art by Scott Kowachuk. Isn't that, isn't that what Apache Chief says when he wants to grow Kowachuk? Kowachuk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Riley Rossmo, Ivan Placencia, and Tom Napolitano. What do you do when your ex comes back to town and she happens to be a tentacled-out vengeance monster? Well, you get her best friend, of course. I'd run. Well, at least you do here because her best friend happens to be the best sorcerer in England. Yeah. It turns out that John's old flame, Veronica, decided to travel... To go traveling after John and her split, but Ronnie decided instead of France, she'd check out a plane in between the living and the dead. And with no formal training on this practice, her soul was perverted and left and left her with only her anger towards John. <laughs> Reading's fun, isn't it, kids? No, it, it's fun. No, it's, it's a hard. quick it's a quick fix though. Say two sentences, burn a book, and Bob's your uncle. I dig this book, but I all the magical jibber jabber jabber and exposition of this book just totally less, left me wanting more. Yeah, this this issue was a little bit of uh, I don't know, not setup or filler, but a kind of. It's more like the story itself was say eight pages worth of story, and boy, it gets extended. It was and, really interesting in the first couple though, with like Gaz getting killed, the mon- yeah. the ghost. Oh yeah, thing. no, I love that. Yeah, and just put aside though to this fucking I'm your ex girlfriend monster, and I have vengeance, and I yeah. kill your ghosts. Yeah, I just again I said to you before we started this part, I don't have a lot to say about this book, and I really don't. I don't mind it. I liked it. But yeah, at the end of the day, after reading it, I, I just was kind of left like, oh, oh well, there's another issue. Uh, nothing that really grabbed me or, or whatnot. Well, the, be- uh, the beginning grabbed me because like when uh, we start up, we pick up where we left off last issue, where the Veronica monster is like all up on Constantine. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying to himself like through a monologue, how like uh, he just wants his ghosts to be safe. I'm like, you are full of shit. I Last know. issue, you just sacrificed all of them and we're, are, we're willing to sacrifice yourself to this monster because you're done. Life's too hard. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot it, like reading. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm looking through it now. And before it was a um, walking tour of wherever Constantine was, this yeah. kind of continues in the library a yeah, little. Yeah, we go to the library. And he's in the library a lot. We learn about the, the phases and the planes, like you said. And again, though, not much happens. He goes to Georgie, which was the the initial plan before anyway, and convinces her. And you get, you know, she doesn't want to help. She's kind of going, and then she We've already done this. And again, though, it's that he screws her over again, or, you know, screws everybody over when he does it. But yeah, he didn't tell her the whole story. She kind of gets forced. And then when it looks like (laughs) Georgie can save Veronica... Yeah, Constantine just ends it and kills her. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Go. If he, if she would have known the information that this was Veronica and she was stuck between worlds and her yeah. anger turned her into this monster, she is that good of a sorcerer. She could have pulled her back. She yeah. could have saved her soul, brought her back to the fucking uh, physical plane. But no, Constantine, here, this is a monster. Kill it. And is it just that he 
doesn't want to tell her. <laughs> you would I'm think honestly, that he would have told her. He she, he would know that she could help. Well, honestly, I'm telling you, in the last issue, he was ready to die. He didn't want to deal with this shit no yeah, more. Yeah. And once he realized that it's Veronica, he's like, I'm not allowed, about to let my ex get the better of me. Yeah, yeah. so basically Dead what bitch. you're saying is he just wanted to set her up, uh, using Georgie to set up to the point where he could get rid of her. Kill yeah, her. that's what it seems like. I'm telling you, it's like she's like, like I told you in the last uh, podcast that we talked about the last issue. Where it really felt like George, I mean, uh, Veronica was pregnant and Constantine didn't want any part of it. It's yeah. where she's come back now later on. Oh shit, she's fucking back. She's yeah. got a kid. She's How back. do I get he rid wants, of her? He wants, she wants child support. Yeah. He's like, nah, that's not happening. Boom. You know, that's nasty. Bro. I got a call up for Hey, um, yeah, your girlfriend here, she's kind of psycho. She says the kid's mine. Obviously not. Remember that's how much I, of a I get she more was? of it's like a psycho girlfriend that comes back and it's like, you know, you had some fun, but you've moved on. And she's yeah. like, back, hey, I'm back, buddy. No, no, no. I'm going to call Georgie. We'll get rid of you. Burn that book. But yeah, I, I, what else is there to say about it? I Other like the man, art. Um, it's just the magic. Uh, the art's great. We have Riley Rossmo back, and it says it's for layouts and finishes, and I yeah, don't yeah. know exactly what that means. Yeah, but uh, you definitely have Riley Rossmo all over this book, it feels like, and I dug that. Yeah, yeah. My guess finishes especially is that he looks over it and goes, hmm, that looks good. Well, and it's I'll, definitely his constant. But yeah, it definitely looks like it. So, yeah, I have a feeling that this issue uh, was kind of almost done. And then Qualchuk, is that who it was? Qualchuk. Yeah, Chuck, uh, did some, you know, they, they both worked on it half well, and half, maybe. I, I don't, don't know, know if it was it last means. month or what or the month before that, but I sent Riley Rossmo a message asking when he's going to be back on the book. And he had mm-hmm. some other obligations he had to finish first to get back on to yeah. here. I guess he finished early. Because he said not yeah. until issue six, yeah, but he got maybe, back in time to finish it up. Yeah, maybe he meant like fully, like he didn't want to take uh, possible credit over uh, Qualchuk to say like, oh yeah, I'm back. He'll be back, but uh, next next month, right? That's Riley Rossmo, number baby. six next month with Riley Rossmo. And again, um, yeah, I, I like this book. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's I, just this issue, and really the series in general up to now. It's one of those that I like, but I. I I want more. I want it to kick in. Well, the problem with books like this, because, like, you know me, I'm a huge paranormal fan. Mm-hmm. I, like, you know, I love magic and all that shit. But problems with I have with these books is that they get so, like, into their mumbo-jumbo yeah, and explanations and shit like that. It just... It's just so much to fucking comprehend and to try to think to yourself, is this really like, I'm yeah. saying, you can, you can explain anything away with magic. Yep. Yeah. And this yeah. is full of this. It's yeah. just exposition over exposition of how magic works and how you're going to do this to that. And it's just too much. Yeah, I have to admit, like you're saying, we start. I start reading it, and you're into it. I'm not yeah. that into this sort of thing. So when they start talking planes and phasing and stuff, I'm reading, but I'm like, hmm, you know, let's get on. It's just fucking, you know, made up. Well, I'm saying you can just fucking make up words and say, oh, this is this, this is yeah. that, this is, and like here, and like even at the end when we bring Georgie into it, her whole tactic is she says like uh, blood of skin and like chalk of bone. It's not that, but it's something close to that. Yeah, and yeah, that's what like, her magic words are over and over again. And yeah, she because says she repeats it, it then. Yeah, yeah, she keeps repeating it, and then I'm like, okay, I get it. She, <laughs> and if again, she's supposed to be this great sorcerer. She has one spell. I'm saying though, if anybody is uh, like who has any know of like how magic's supposed to work, like people are gonna give me shit. Like in real life though, oh, real but, life, like, Eric, real, you're talking. It's all about repetition, and it shows it here. Like the people like uh, Ming Doyle and uh, Tinian or Tynan, they have really done their homework, or they might be into it themselves. I was really into it when I was in like yeah, a teenager, yeah. early twenties. But is that like when it's you, all your dark poetry phase. No, I was actually uh, ordained was a priest witch back then. Oh, oh, a priest, a witch. Huh? Yes. 
Oh, but um, it's every, all about every episode. I hear something else that annoys me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the ordained witch priest. I'm, I'm also an Holy ordained minister. Molly. I want you to marry me as both. Fair enough. Please, I like the the witch. Jesus Christ, aren't you more a warlock? Isn't that the proper term? Are you going no, I was a priest witch. I was ordained oh, as a priest witch, huh? But anyway, this is I'm telling you, this is fucking you know whatever. How I many fifteen years ago? Yes, but. It's all about repetition. They're doing yeah. this here, but it's just kind of annoying. It's all the same well, thing over and over again. I'll tell and you then something. burn a book. Yeah, I'll tell you something. In my past, Eric, one time I put a dress on. No, that's another story. No, what this reminds me of. Yeah, really. What this reminds me of is I, I had mentioned my buddy Brett was mm-hmm. very into uh, martial arts. Right. And we would go to like a martial arts movie and you'd see Bloodsport. Take, for instance, one of yeah. the best movies I watched Kickbox, Kickboxer Kickboxer yesterday. Well, again, uh, Jean-Claude is not a, you know, he does a lot of crazy moves that's yeah. more gymnastics or whatever, but it looks good. So my buddy Brent would watch these movies and say, that's not real karate. Oh, you can't. That's not real martial arts. And then I'd watch these crazy things he had, boring as shit. Eric, there's a, and that's what I think of this. You're commending them for, you know, they they did their homework. They're getting it right. They're a repetition. That, to that, a degree. That. But actually reading that, it's not very good. No, it's so not. I, I get that, the, you know, give them kudos for uh, doing it in a more realistic way, but it doesn't come on the page uh, as well as it should. It's well, boring to me thing- and... The one thing that Brett has over me here is that kickboxing is a physical, it's legitimate thing. <laughs> People will say, like, magic's not real. No, but I'm telling you, he's like, like that. And... He was into the Gracie. Uh... The jiu-jitsu, yeah. which basically is choking people out. Not exciting to see in a movie. No. It works in real life. Yeah, it, you could probably choke somebody out a lot better than doing a roundhouse kick, Eric. But yeah, on the page or on the movie or whatever, yeah. uh, there's things that work and things that don't. And I'm telling you, the second time that she started with this, uh, it's iron to blood, chalk to bone. Yes. I, I had had enough. I actually, okay, I didn't even read the rest. of that. Let's move on. And I did move on, Eric. Uh, what did you give this? I or think will I, I have. This, I'm saying I haven't reviewed it, it yet. I'm probably going to read it again. But after the first reading to, for the podcast, I think I'll give it a six point eight out of ten. You son of a bitch! I really like the art in this. I loved having Riley Rossmo back, yeah. and uh, it finishes up the story. We can move on from now. I know that's not something to be happy about, but yeah. I like the idea about moving on here. Yeah. I don't know. I might give it a little bit less. I still like the story a lot. It just doesn't do much here. I was actually thinking about a six nine, but since you went six eight, I'm going seven. All right. I, lo- I love the art. And yes, and what? I don't know. Yeah, we're bit, actually, I can't go seven. It, there's not a lot it, that I'm happens. I'm telling you, it might go down to six, so that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. when you do this two weeks from now. Yeah. <laughs> you doing this one of these days? Yes, I, I, I plan on today? having all this finished up. Uh, maybe today. I think I, I'll finish Starfire today. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on to my next book, which is Justice League United number 14, which I actually reviewed uh, this morning. Written by Jeff Parker, art by Paul Pelletier, Rob Hunter, Jeremy Cox, and Steve Wands. I have been a fan of Jeff Parker's story since the switch of the DCU, but this issue may have been too much of a good thing. Sure. While I want to see the team work on fixing the anomaly going on in this war-torn French town, Jeff Parker seems to be more intent at throwing as many crazy characters at the readers as he can get away with. While I actually love the characters themselves, the story suffers under the weight of it all. Instead of breakers, the issue boils down to a fight for Stargirl's staff. I like Paul Pelletier's art, but I hope that Parker tightens the ship a bit next issue. Uh, again, I did like this issue enough. I like it. It's weird because this book, this issue is what we've wanted. Yeah. <laughs> we've been, oh man, this will be great. You could have the craziest characters. It goes a little bit too far for me, this issue, because it's more about uh, the characters and who you can surprise us with next than actually 
telling the story that uh, you're trying to get. They're supposed to be stopping these anomalies. Now, luckily, this book... Haven't even found the anomaly yet. I know, but that's what I'm saying. And the book is canceled. So this is pretty much the, the last of these big stories uh, that I think this ends next month, and then you'll have another issue to tie it all up. Right. But boy, they better get to it. They're not doing anything. Uh, and again, it seems to be like a ah, forget this anomaly. Look who I have, GI Zombie. And I fucking creature it starts, commandos. Yeah, it starts off right away, and the guy is there on the on the battlefield and has the staff through him. Yeah, and I'm reading it, and they're like, Heads I thought up. that was one of Sergeant Ro- Sergeant Rock's men. I did too, but then they said right into Jared, and I'm like, Jared, oh no, it's GI Zombie. See, I didn't, I no never read GI even, Zombie. Yeah, it's no reason to even say that name unless it was. So I was yeah. like, okay, it's GI Zombie. And then you get to the point. There's a Robot Man and Steel, which I <laughs> I guess are my favorite part of this, but in the, again, this issue, not enough happens at all yeah. with any of these for me to even say like, oh, you know what, that's pretty developed or that. And at the beginning, they're like, okay, uh, Robot Man says, okay, I'm flying. I didn't even know they were flying. I thought they were on the ground and planes were just flying above them. And then they get shot down by a laser. Did you like the fact that he's? It's more freaking uh, C-3PO and yeah. Chewbacca? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I actually put it in my in my. Uh, thing my review that we have cp3 and i crossed it up but robot man because it definitely is except that he doesn't warn steel that he's gonna get shot <laughs> and steel gets shot by a laser yeah. and then you have like this off panel thing got him these two are the highest tech guys i've seen here besides me and again i'm looking at it now i should have known it was omac is the the big thing because it is his font and the, the way he right he talks. i'm sorry i uh i haven't we haven't seen omac since Su- suicide squad uh, during Forever Evil, when him and uh, King Shark got shoved in what they call the toilet, which is kind of like a port dimensional, like you don't know where it goes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if this is saying this is where it went, this anomaly, because where's my fucking King Shark well, then? Well, here's the here's the thing about all this. You have this whole thing, and I was thinking about it uh, before this. You have this whole deal. Well, in fact, at the point where it's it, everything seems off, because if say this is going on right now in right. the current continuity. Uh, Vandal Savage is in the middle of kind of fighting against Batgirl in uh, Batman Superman that we talked earlier. Right. So that doesn't make sense. A lot of this doesn't make sense. Uh, you're throwing so many characters in that I don't think everything's going to make sense. But yeah, just grabbing Omac, I just think that Jeff Parker was sitting there and he's like, okay, we have a, a war out of time in a village. What characters can I have that would fight in a battlefield? Oh, Creature Commandos, G.I. Zombie, oh my, it's just that's throwing a, that's shit That's the out thing, there. though. All of those make sense for this town. Yeah, OMAC yeah. does not, because this is a Kevin Co. OMAC. Yeah, I, I don't think that. <coughs> like I said, I think that he's just throwing shit in there. I really right. do. I don't... And you have Vandal Savage. You yeah. get the part with Vandal Savage and Sergeant Rock. Yeah. And again, what happens there? Nothing. No, they no, go back to the cafe thing. where they started out. And basically, I said in my review, Sergeant Rock doesn't even seem angry anymore. He just yeah. – he's confused. He wants answers. <laughs> and he's asking. But then in the meantime, Batgirl is above and just throws a, a grenade down and grabs Vandal Savage. Off they go. Nothing happens. And I do like, though, that Vandal Savage starts talking. He's like, oh, he starts talking fancy talk, Eric. <laughs> Fancy, he's gonna, huh? and, he's and a who, fancy boy. He, he's talking like intelligent things and, and theories. Who is it who, who talks to him and understands? Four the eyes? Motherfucker with the glasses. 
stupid is that? Though it does kind of go with like the the 1950s or 1940s it really, deal. Yeah, it really does. It does, but it just made me laugh that it's oh, there's four eyes. Four eyes gets his fucking glasses. His glasses end up very much like yours at the end. <laughs> they are beat the shit. They're broken. From, from the time though, he off. would get white tape to freaking fix them. Like, oh me. yeah, he probably would. Uh, again, what I'm saying about this issue mainly is that you have so many characters in this now. That you you go switch you do the swipes to right. each scene without much happening at all because then you go to Star Girl. Star Wars. Yeah, it is. You go to Star Girl and Enemy Ace. What happens with them? They talk and then walk through the woods. The yeah, end. That's it. And that. But I I want to throw something at you and I just want to see that? what you think about this because okay. we have our main Justice League United characters here. They enter this place. It's out of. They're out of time. Everybody yeah. else is in this weird loop where they're fucking fighting over and over again. But our characters are outside of that. Yeah. When Enemy Ace disappears with Stargirl on the plane, yeah, they say. They why does she go that. with him? I don't know. It, it doesn't again, make sense to me. She should just be free-falling then when yeah, he disappears. It's just what what they claim. I, there's going to be no explanation of that. I just think it's poor storytelling, actually. <laughs> and uh, but, Well, of course, you want it to lead to this great scene where Enemy Ace gives her water. Well, and then they walk, and then they walk through the woods. Another great scene. Oh yeah, um, and they talk. You know how yeah. honorable he is. The only yeah. great, the last great battlefield of the air, and I will not fight on land unless I have to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enemy ace. And then he goes, and you he got goes, your wolf there. We're yeah. gonna go get some food. The wolf, uh, freaking maybe it's uh, a it's not relative George. Of no. George and Green Arrow. No, and then they go, and it's like he's basically, oh yeah, every time I go to this depot, it has my shit still, and I'll grab it then. I'll come back later for more. And uh, I think that. They really could have played up with the whole, you know, it's the German versus the American. But it's not. Uh, but I'm saying they could have played that up. They do a little. She, yeah. He's like, oh, you're American. I can tell from We're your British. crazy outfit. And uh, and uh, I think that they could have actually had a little bit of fun. Uh, Jeff Parker, he's a fun guy. Could have had some fun with the teenage girl against the, you know, talking with the noble German uh, oh, at least you had time. that. I thought you were going to say, at least they could have had like a Romeo and Juliet or Happy no, movie no, situation. No, no, I think that there could have been some funny little dialogue going where she says the one thing. She goes, she has a weird comment to him. Like, oh, like, ah, crap, I can't find it. It's just. The it, best it part is, from, from everything I know of teenage girls or like girls in their early 20s, they don't know shit about shit. I'm telling you, I'm not. If you if you happen to be that and you know some shit right now, yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the oh. people that Jim and I like talk to. They don't know anything. Yeah, so, I know. World War Two. Who did we fight for that? Um, who are you, German? <laughs> like she would. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, I wish I could find. I'm still looking for that thing that she she had some crazy like slang that she. Then she like OMG or some shit yeah, like something that. Something like that. Oh, I appreciate the baller aerial. Oh, the baller. And yeah. Like, what? But it, that was kind of funny, and I wish he would have reacted to that. But then we might have been in Star Girl territory here. Uh, or not Stargirl, freaking Starfire territory. Oh, right. Crazy talk. But yeah, really nothing much happens. And in fact, at the one point out of nowhere, it's like, okay, there's a lot of these crazy characters. Hey, Creature Commandos showed up. All right. And I love the Creature Commandos. And it's a great panel. It is. But it, I like it, seeing all the different ones. I wish they would have told yeah. me more about yeah, them. Yeah, it would have been cool with the placard with them. Because you got the Joe the Robot Man like yep. type creature commander. Yep. You got the vampire, which seemed really reminiscent of the one from Agents of Shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wolfman, which it was a different one. Wolfman and and Medusa. Uh, Medusa. Yep. The Bogman, which I want to see more of the Bogman. Yeah. And they you don't get much of them. You don't because, get anything. Because you have to go on again the most then. the most fun with the creature commandos is robot man's comparison yeah. between him and I joe like the other robot I man like that he's like you're like the uh, 
version 1.0. Yeah, I, I really prototype like of that. me before Chief got it right. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. But then you go back to Vandal Savage and Batgirl, nothing happens. They're just nothing. walking around, and a guy uh, actually Batgirl goes a little intense and hits the guy over the head with the the batarang, and then he steps on a a, a bomb and blows Bad up. Mind. Yeah, done. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then you have the Robot Man and Steel fighting the uh, what's it called? The creature commandos yep. trying to get the staff, and that's it. You have and then Omax shows up. The yeah. end. And then Omax shows up and shoots him again with a laser, and is like, "Hey!" And that that's it. It ends. And I'm telling you, I I said this wasn't filler, and it wasn't kind of set up. I don't know. It was just it, nothing. I'm telling you, it, like you said, it probably will never like come to pass. I want this to be the explanation of what happened to Omac. Yeah, I really that would be do. Great, but I, that's I, the only thing I'm looking forward to from this story. Yeah, but I, I get my King Shark back. I got excited. You know, I like the characters, and like you said, you have Omac. Maybe King Shark shows up next. Yeah, That'd Trish be cool if he Come actually on. showed up next ep- uh, next issue, and it explained that. It'd be kind of cool. But yeah. even he, even Omac, there, he's in this. Does not seem confused of being there at all. Nope. You know what I mean? He's there. He's just pissed because oh, you got technology as good as mine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack you. He doesn't even have really seem to have a reason to do anything that he's doing. He yeah. just wants to fight. He wants to kick ass. He looks cool. I, um, I do like the fact that the creature commandos believe that uh, Robot Man and Steel are both like uh, machine men from the Nazi camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, though, it's a lot of nonsense. Uh, I gave it a six point five out of 10 i like the art uh but even the art at points when things got really yeah. crazy it got a little confusing um but yeah it's a lot to throw at paul pelletier as well he's got all these characters but i think he did a great job with the the character work but yeah in, all in all this issue to me is it's it's a middle issue of this three-parter and you can tell that not much happens we're getting back to lemire territory here with because like when he was doing jlu it seemed like every issue just wanted to throw more and more characters in there with nothing really going on and yeah. we're getting back to that with this it feels like yeah i i don't know i just and that was not, annoying. I wasn't as into it as I was hoping. Or if you would have told me beforehand, and I think I had seen the Creature Commandos were going to be involved, but if you yeah. said to me, there's going to be the Creature Commandos and G.I. Zombie and Omac, and I'd be like, you know what? That sounds pretty freaking Nobody awesome. Nobody's happy to see G.I. Zombie. I know. Actually, I'd rather see him here. Than yeah, than you know what? That's the best part. Book. Because this is all we wanted the G.I. Zombie title to be. Yeah, this is Never exactly what it. we wanted. If, if G.I. Zombie, if the actual G.I. Zombie book that uh, Palmiotti and Gray wrote would have involved him with the creature commandos going through time and yeah, kicking just ass. Yeah, different wars. Boy, I think I would have loved that. Hell yeah. But, yeah, uh, what would you have given it? I don't know. I'm thinking I want to go somewhere around a 6, but maybe yeah. a 5.5 even really, at times. But I don't know. I um, just want to see more of the story. I want to see how these anomalies are going to get fixed and what's going on we don't even know what it is now we got anomalies all over the world the world's just gonna yeah. be doomed because it's over well even at the one point it seemed like star girl okay she's on to something she wants to see where and and freaking uh enemy asa i don't do reconnaissance <laughs> you son of a bitch i'm not giving you information we, yeah, we almost got to the point where we're gonna get some info you damn german you kraut jerk hey What's next? Next, we got Starfire number five, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, Hi-Fi, and Tom Napolitano. Tom Napolitano. Oh, God, I can't talk. Yes. An- another day in the life of Coriander, where the most interesting thing to go down is the beginning and the cliffhanger. Where we see Starfire getting familiar with Soren Hook, our resident bad guy of the book. 
In between that, though, we have boobs hanging out, misunderstandings and talking to dolphins, and some cocktail parties, I guess. Remember when Starfire was fun and not just silly and annoying, Jim? Uh, no. Now you don't. <laughs> and <laughs> this isn't reminding me of that either. Uh, people began using that term Batgirl and to be talk about what DC's doing with all of their yeah. books. Yeah. Right now, all I'm waiting for is people to start saying freaking Harley. Because Connor and Pagliotti have this one trick thing that they do. They're like, you know, jokes and sexiness. And for this book, that's Harley. And then for this book, we have sexiness and misunderstandings equal hilarity. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not laughing anymore. Yeah, I, I kind of got to chuck with the first issue, but... That's about it. Yeah, I'm not laughing either. I don't like it. It's a lot of the same thing over and over again. And the jokes don't hit. They're not, you know, are they hilarious? Oh. Uh, these are more visual. Like you said, you told me this beforehand during the week, and it's more like, hey, can you see it with the naked eye? And then we get an eye there covering its privates because it's naked. Uh, hilarious, Eric. Hilarious. Uh, or just... like the, the big joke for this book is when uh, Atlee says to Starfire how she's been up Stella's butt since she got here. Yeah. I was, what? I would never, blah, blah, blah. And this goes on. Yeah, when Even when on, Stella, any... Stella comes back later on. I heard you said I was up your butt and blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. like, shut the fuck uh, up every, already. Everything, it just, you just shake your head. And it, I don't know. She, like you said, you told me this during uh, this week of work. And I think it sums everything up. This this woman is a princess who is an ambassador as well. Yeah. She has got she's a diplomat. She's gone to she talk has, like yes. she's gone as a diplomat to free slaves on like a freaking intergalactic fucking underground railroad. And here she just this crazy. She just, talks to other alien races. She yes. has talked to I'm telling you, she has had to freaking communicate with so many different alien races in her time that she should not be this idi- like idiotic when she comes to a place where she's lived for at least at least three years. I would yeah. even say longer than yeah, that. It seems like she's getting dumber every time you see her. She, it, this story actually just diminishes the character for anyone who's been reading the DC reboot, the New 52, yeah. and people who've been reading longer than that. I'm just saying the reboot because this is what we've had. We've had yeah. her in Red Hood and the Outlaws. We've had her like in relationship before that. with uh, She's talked about her relationship with Nightwing. Yep. And, you know, then Jason a little bit, I guess, and Roy, and now she's just fucking been around. She's done shit. She's talked to people. Stop acting like a goddamn retard. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. And, and again, I'll tell you right now, I'm looking, and people like it. People I know. People like this book. In fact, uh, I don't get it. Uh, it even got a 9.5 by a guy on uh, Comic Roundup, Comicosity, our man Matt Centauri Griffin. <laughs> he loves it. But uh, this is not, I, you, you had the problem where people are like, oh, She's over-sexualized, and this isn't? No, it's completely. Tits hanging out, and they're explaining, oh, you got to cover those because those control men. Oh, you mean these? (laughs) 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 It's so stupid. And then, you know, the whole point she got. I I actually prefer you telling me about the book than reading it. I I really, (laughs) really like that little bit of, uh, (laughs) I don't have that loaded up. Uh, I really like the part with that doctor. That actually interests me. What, Soren Hook? Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because uh, we get no, his backstory finally with that cancer. Yeah, I really like that. That actually, to me, that's a really neat idea, though, why he killed that guy. I'll never know. Well, that, that's supposed to be Stella's uh, brother, Saul. Okay. The freaking uh, National, not National Guard, the freaking uh, Coast Guard. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it is at least, but freaking, it's weird because we've had this Soren Hook character in the background. He's killed a bunch of people on a ship. By it looks like yeah, he takes Soren. control of their mind and makes them kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, from this backstory we were given here, he's a guy who can absorb cancer and started dying of cancer himself. Yeah. And again, it even says where um, uh, Mark is talking to him. He's like, oh, the, the, you're absorbing this cancer, but this tumor you have, and it's starting to make you feel do this and that and the other thing. So it's a way out of saying, yeah. like, he hasn't been bad all along. But I really like that part with him with the little girl. Uh, again, I love it. Yeah, it was great. It's a I tragic really villain. That. Yeah, and I really like that. Uh, but then you go right back to Starfire, and she, and again, there—that's the part. She's on a date with him, and she touches him and, and can see what he did somehow. Yeah, and uh, then she, but even then, she's like, "I think he might have killed somebody." <laughs> Ooh, I, I think I have my job interview. Let me show my boobs. I, I just. And I, then we go to the job interview. You're not qualified this, but I learn really fast. No, see, it doesn't go like this. Then she goes and jumps into a dolphin tank to find out what's wrong with the dolphin by making out with it and learning yep. the dolphin language. Makes out with it. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I'm just language. like, what? What am I reading? And it's yeah. like. Get me back to Soren Hook. Get me and back again, to something. And she's like, oh, you know what? I just talked to the dolphin, and she misses her mate. I, okay, uh, call, the, call the loony bin. Not only that, exactly. Yeah, out of here. They are uh, all I, about it. I pity like, oh, the my people, God, really? I pity the people who he said were uh, fucking <laughs> marine we're biologists yeah. that do not get the job because this woman makes out. And again, though she, the whole thing is ridiculous. She walks around, her hair is on fire. I just... It's so stupid. Everything is. Now, do you stupid. remember? Was the plan after that to release her back into the wild, or find her mate and put the mate in captivity? I was hoping they were going to release her, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I have it's, to look back. God damn it! I'm no, I looking can't at it right now. She's just dancing around. I think they want to release her, but yeah, I, I'd like to see they release her and then a killer whale comes and eats her. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh Jesus Christ! And then there's you know a lot of shit about drinking. And yeah. again, I, I'm starting to did, lose. Did you like that cocktail party? Did oh. you like that? Oh, it was awesome. All the interesting conversation going on there? Yeah, it was great with all those drinks and, the, you know, you're a party pooper and, hey, this We're going to go to Subterranea and yeah, do I this. Heard, and... I heard you were making out with a fish. Whatever. I'm telling you, man, fucking, up until this point, the only thing I've really liked about this book are the side characters. I yeah. think they're really good characters. They're fun. They're dealing with this fucking nonsense alien. And they have to take it seriously. And I've liked everyone here. Here they have nothing to do. No, uh, I, there's nothing. I really don't understand how people would enjoy this book. There's nothing going on. This, again, I did that Harley and the Flash review. I'm reading that. And even that, it's like they get one or two things and they just, they pound them into the ground. And now we're going to get another Harley book that they're doing. And it's all the same. Yeah. There's nothing that... It sells, though, Eric. I don't understand. All you people out there who like this, I don't understand. Well, the only thing I can understand is Emmanuel Lupacino kills it. Oh, the art. High Fi's colors I, are fucking yep. fantastic. I, I don't even – I have two notes for this. I put I've had enough of the dumb act. Uh, Palmiani and Connor are one-trick pony, and I said I love this art so much. And Emmanuel Lupacino was on that end Supergirl. of Star, uh, Supergirl, which I loved. I love so her I. art. And it's almost like you're – and it's it fits this book great. And I'm saying it even fits the shitty story. Great, it really does. Uh, I wish she wasn't wasted on this book. I and wish this is these are the book. best colors that Hi-Fi does at DC. Yeah, yeah, they are great. Again, you have it's a very colorful book, and yeah. it's that's great. But yeah, the story just is so throwaway and stupid, and everything. Again, I'm looking at, I, I'm paging through, and I'm like, I like this. Do you think I'll get the job if it was a strip joint? 
Uh. And then when she goes to the job, she's doing the interview. I swear to God, she was going to go under that freaking desk and start giving <laughs> that guy a blowski because he's like, oh, and she, I'll do anything. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like the setup <laughs> to 90% of all the porn anybody's ever done. Like, oh, and you shall. It's like she's either there for a better grade, yeah. a babysitter. Who knows? I don't know what's going on there. It's just ridiculous. Um, that's about all I got for this book, everybody. Yeah, I don't have much either. There's I nothing really going on in this book. There's nothing to talk about except for how much it fucking just kills the character in my mind. Yeah, it does. I, I just, it, I don't understand why people are really enjoying this. And again, maybe people say, listen, I like a little goofy book. Yeah. Uh, after all the other big things and there's not enough of it. But really, I, I it's not even that I'm yelling for a story. I, it's the character. It just, she is so annoying. And I, it's bad that you're like, oh, Starfire. I like Starfire. I don't know how you could like this. I'm telling you, I used to say back uh, before how she, whenever I read this book, I hear the Starfire character from the Teen Titans Go uh, yeah. cartoon series. And it's not even, I don't even hear that anymore because I'm just so annoyed. Yeah, I actually the still dialogue. hear that just because that seems to be their kind of like, okay, people like that cartoon series, but we'll make it a little more adult and then we'll kill. Everybody will love it. I, I really think that it's it's not very good. I think I would give this. I actually wrote down here a six out of ten, but after like talking about it here, it's probably gonna be a five point five. Yeah, I think I give just it a because, five because of how much I like the art, though. Yeah, I really love the art, uh, but yeah, it's pretty much down. And the I, I for me. really do like the Soren Hook stuff at yeah. the beginning. The beginning and the cliffhanger both got me intrigued. Mm. It's just the entire rest of the book is god awful. Yeah, I just like I said, I could I could take it or leave it. If if this was something that. You know, again, we were last asked by Chisango a while back, hey, if you weren't doing things, uh, the site or the podcast, what books would you drop with? And this would, I would never buy Definitely. this. Definitely, yeah, I would, I would never, never buy, buy this. this. except for that we have to for this goddamn <laughs> podcast, Eric. God damn it, I don't want to buy this book anymore. Uh, but it's probably going to go on for a while. But that's it, Eric. That is the that end is of it. the podcast. We had a lot of books, uh, a lot of fun, Eric, a lot of fun talking to you. Actually, it was, no. I, uh, I had some fun when I heard. Build me up to be happy. In the I, my favorite part is learning that you were a witch. That was my favorite part. That was at the end it was there. Like two thousand two, man. Damn. Two thousand two. Yeah. So were you still wearing that trench coat, trying to piss people off? It's a formal off? coat, and if it was cold, yes. Oh Jesus! What were you still in high school when you were a witch? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Could you, oh, yeah, that was Columbine the, with the trench coat. Yeah. Well, some reason I was, was a formal I was coat equating God, that to uh, 9-11. I think you probably put a turban on if you were still in college or high school then. You what jerk. the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's the end of the podcast. Nobody lasts this long, Eric. We can say whatever <laughs> we want. It's just me and you there. I might even do a rain dance. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. What is your pick of the week? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm telling you, this uh. is a down week. Fuck. Do you have any, any picks? I would. I didn't even think about it, though, before we even talked about it. No. Definitely not Earth 2. No. Um, How about Batman? I guess it would have to be Batman, but I'm, I'm saying more Justice League of America. Even though I was down on the book a bit for the yep. overall story, uh, Brian Hitch did his best with that scene with the little girl to fucking grab a hold of my attention and yep. keep it. That's my pick of the week as well. I really? Liked it. I, yeah, I, I said I would I would have given it about an 8.5 somewhere around there. I really liked it. I liked where it was going, and unlike you, I liked the how part. So I was into that. But you want to hear what we're going to be doing next week? Yes. Next week, we're going to do Batman and Robin Eternal, number three. Uh, Reggie on the site will be doing Batman Arkham Knight Genesis. Oh, no, fuck that three. noise. Batman Eternal, number two, is my uh, Oh, you did? Week. Yeah, I, it was down for me. I yeah, didn't not like me. that issue as I much. loved it. Yeah, I liked JLA. 
Um, but yeah, also uh, Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number three will be on the site. We will not be discussing that on the podcast. Absolutely not. So, yeah, Bizarro number five. Oh God, yeah. do we have to talk about that? Uh, maybe that'll be. A I really don't like that book. We'll see. Uh, Black Canary number five. Hopefully more goes on. I've really it's like enjoyed it. It's been a it. while since we talked about it that. Has. I really enjoy that book, but it's getting to the point where I need a little more. Yeah. Uh, your favorite book of all time, Dr. Fate number five. God damn it. Doomed number five, Eric. I can get by some Doom. And Doomed, I read the solicit for that, and it looks like it's going to be the uh, much-anticipated battle of uh, Doom versus Alpha Centaurian. Actually, that sounds fun to me. Yeah, so we'll do that. Uh, Joel will be doing Gotham Academy number 11, as far as I know on the site, and that'll okay. be a flash review then. <laughs> uh, we have more fun. Green Lantern Lost Army, Eric, God number five. God damn it! Yes, it, this is a weird week. Um, Justice League number 45. All right. Out of nowhere. Somebody uh, get like behind. One every other week we're going to have Justice League, it seems. <laughs> uh, here, it's picking up for you, because then we have Martian Manhunter number five. I love and that I'm book so you, much. Awesome cover. I don't know if you've seen the cover. No, I haven't. Uh, Martian Manhunter, it's uh, Mr. Biscuits in a plane, and all the people in the plane besides him are all the white Martians. <laughs> that awesome. sounds amazing. so cool. Um, Secret Six number seven, which uh, Reggie, I think, is going to do the review of that. Cool. Uh, Superman Wonder Woman number 22, which uh, got me because the cover on that, it looked like when I just was passing by, it looked like Wonder Woman was a yellow lantern. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on? It's not what it is. You know what, uh, though? Uh, out of all the truth stuff right now, I think that's what I'm most interested in, to see how really? we pick up after the last uh, yeah. uh, issue. Well, actually, I'll tell you, of all these, I've, I've really been interested each week of seeing how they do pick up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that continues uh, liking as much as I did like uh, Batman Superman. I liked it enough, more than the truth story. Right. Uh, Teen Titans number 12. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Teen Titans number 12, Eric. I used to really want, like that book. You want book. that book back? No. You want it back for a review? Tony, I will take that book back once Will Pfeiffer is off it. Okay, how about this one? Titans Hunt number one. I'm really looking forward to this, even though it's not what I want it to be. Mike Hunt number one. <laughs> Titans Hunt, that just, it does, to me that sounds like a punchline or something. It really does. Uh, I actually want to talk about this for a second, because okay. Titans Hunt, we have this Lois and Clark book that takes place after Convergence. This mm-hmm. feels like that as well, with the, yeah. like, you know, this uh, Telos and the Lois Clark book, yeah. they all, like, are off of Convergence. Yep. That's why I really think eventually we're going to see a Supergirl or a uh, Flash. I don't know that they'd have a Parallax Howl book. That amazing. seems odd. But yeah, it would be. But I, I, I have a feeling that maybe. What happened if they had a Flash Supergirl team up book? That'd be odd. That'd be really cool though. Yeah, but especially I think, these old characters. I think they're gonna see how these books kind of go. And I think Lois and Clark's gonna like kill. Yeah, I, I hope so. I actually think it will too, only because people want their old Superman back, and but I'm, they're not getting any of the, that. The thing with the Titans hunt though is that we left the uh, Teen Titans and Convergence at a weird point um, because. They were transported away to another world where there was only one lone star in the mm-hmm. sky, and we never got any conclusion to that. It was, it's very odd because I want this to be the continuing story of that, but I, I don't know. think it will be. You're the lone star in my sky. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. And then the, uh, the week ends with uh, the last book. It's yours, Wonder Woman, number 45. Last and- issue I didn't care for, but I've been liking the story enough. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, with the fates dead and Donna Troy uh, still on the run, Wonder Woman must confront the sins of her past, Eric. That does not sound fun. <laughs> I, I remember reading that. I'm like, that didn't say anything. <laughs> it's like the same old crap. 
Uh, but yeah, you, you have a weird week, I think. You have like two of your favorite books and then a lot of nonsense. It really sucks, too, because to get me pumped up for reviews, I like to like uh, review a book last before I go to yeah. bed at night, so I'm like really pumped up the next day to start. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have enough for that to happen Yeah, here. well, my this is my weird week where, like I said, or we said, doomed. We like uh, doomed it, enough, though. I like it enough, but again, it's even Black Canary. Uh, you look at my yeah. reviews and my scores are big, but it's not something that gets me pumped. So, yeah, I'm not really pumped up uh for the kind of like constantine for me yeah yeah that you you like the book but yeah it's nothing crazy uh but we'll see i'll have uh batman and robin eternal number three that i, can I see. always look I forward hope, to that i hope that rebounds i now you loved it that was your book of the week but yes. to me uh, the second issue was a little down i'm waiting to see what this goes and i'm just going to click this real quick because i didn't even write these down i've just clicked i just want to see who is on it it looks like it is uh written by tim seeley all right yeah, so we'll get that again. So, we got any art? Uh, art by Paul Pelletier. So it's at least you stay consistent there. Yeah. So that's good because they uh, obviously now it shows uh, Tynan and um, Tony Daniel were like that big jump in the beginning. Yeah, to really to get hit you young. really excited. Yeah, now we're going to get a bunch. Of, I think Steve Orlando's coming up, you know, our favorite Midnighter. Uh, his his dialogue better be tasty. And uh, Genevieve Valentine's one of them. It's a weird one because uh, even that, just though Steve Orlando and Genevieve Valentine are so new on the scene of DC yeah. uh, that it's they're really letting these other guys. It's not like the heavy hitters that was in Eternal, if you right. Me. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But that's it, Eric. That, that is, is it. That is the podcast. I don't know. You have anything else to say? Not at all. My kids are at the uh, Halloween parade right now. And the only thing, we are recording this part uh, on Sunday, the second day. And all I have to say is I was going to tell you, freaking, I go to bed last night. We finished up our part last night, what, at 2? Something like that. 2 a.m. I, I go to bed. Uh, it took me a little bit to go to bed. I finally fall asleep. And my freaking son has an alarm set for 4.30. Why on Sunday does he have an alarm set for 4.30? I was so Did mad. Did you hit him? Oh, I was going to. I And he didn't turn it off. I had to go to his room, turn off this stupid alarm. Oh, it was the one day that I can sleep in. Yeah. Nope. So I did my uh, JLU. I'm going to go off and do some reviews, probably watch some football. And anybody who's an Eagle fan out there, that we, we love you then. And they're playing tomorrow night, Monday yeah, was- night. That's why we said we'd do this on Sunday afternoon. I don't care about football. We got the Steelers Green Bay th- uh, today, right? Uh, no. I no? forget who they're playing. No, I actually Steelers are playing the Cardinals. I saw oh. it before I came up here. Uh, I know. Um, yeah, I forget who Green Bay plays. I think they play San Diego. I'm the fuck. Oh, that's what yeah, it was. I think it is. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go watch some football. Do a little uh, reviews. Edit this podcast. I got a lot on my plate, my man. But yeah, uh, this was fun. <laughs> I am editor in chief, Eric. Editor in chief. Who are you? Showrunner Eric Stake. All you, right. you okay over there? <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Uh, you finish it off, Eric. Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there he is.